insight, analysis, and interviews regarding the Winnipeg Jets, the Manitoba Moose, and all around the NHL, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve Hockey Show starts now. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. And for all of those joining us live, wherever you're joining us live, good evening and welcome to the Illegal Curve Hockey Show NHL 2023 draft coverage. It's not Saturday, but this is the legal curve. I'm Dave Manuk. He's Ezzy Ginsberg. You ended your evening, hopefully, with me last night. You're starting your evening with me tonight. And of course, we've got Ezzy, my main man, in uh, in house down below, and he is ready to go. Draft house. Good to be back. House. Sorry, I couldn't join you boys last night. Obviously, it was a uh... Uh, you know, uh, you know, somewhat uh, late pop-up show because you had yeah. Kenny and Rennie going at, I think, 4.30. We went uh, live at, I believe it was 9 o'clock, so I'm sorry I couldn't join you guys. It was dealing with, uh, you know, a sick kid at home, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, what a crazy, uh, you know, day yesterday with all of the news coming out and then obviously, you know, the, the deal finally being announced that Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, was going to the king. So, you know, Dave, you did some amazing work on the website. You guys did the pop-up show, but it's all about the draft now, right? The Jets have the 18th overall pick for now. There always might be a trade. Uh, and obviously, the Chicago Blackhawks are going to be on the clock pretty soon. We know who they're going to take, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but it's awesome. You know, we've been covering every single draft since 2011 in St. Paul when the Winnipeg NHL franchise didn't even have a name. And, of course, it was uh, Mark Chipman that went up there and announced that the team name was going to be the Jets. Uh, so it's always fun. We always go long. Usually the draft shows are about four and a half hours. Uh, Huss and Remus are going to pop on live from Nashville in about 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, they've, they've been doing a great job all week long on Winnipeg Sports Talk. They had over 1,100 people listening live uh, on Tuesday, which was pretty crazy. Um, and yeah, we're, we're happy that everybody's joining us and uh, it's going to be an exciting night. Well, as you you've you've touched on it, this these aren't short shows. These aren't our little pop up shows. Our our little pop up. I convinced Drew. I know the chat was happy. I convinced Drew to to go an extra half an hour. We went an hour and a half. That's going to look like child's play compared to what we do tonight. But I got to tell you, every year, whether you and I are on the road at the draft or whether we're here in Winnipeg covering uh, it from on a remote position. It's my favorite time of the year. It's absolutely the best time of the year, especially when there's lots of Jets news going on. As that's when things get to the next level and, and things get even more exciting and, and look, we'll get your thoughts because you know, people in the chat heard my thoughts last night. They heard Drew's thoughts uh, as well. We'll get your thoughts on the big trade that broke yesterday afternoon, which sent Pierre-Luc Dubois to the LA Kings for Gabe Velarde, Rasmus Campari, Alex Ayafalo, and a 2024, ironically enough, second rounder via the Montreal Canadiens, for, to the Winnipeg Jets. So what were your initial reactions? What were your initial takeaways? And has that adjusted now that you've had 24 hours to sit on it? It hasn't adjusted a lot, Dave, but initially when the, when the trade, the, the trade was formally announced as opposed to, you know, just the insiders <laughs> letting us know, you know, we, we knew that Gabe Velarde and Alex Iafalo were, were, were coming to the Jets, right? We knew that. What initially surprised me were two things that the Jets didn't have to include any other players, right? We heard Jansen Harkins uh, from Kenny Weeb, right? Yeah. And, you know, Logan Stanley's name was out there. Vili Hainala's name was out there. Logan Stanley more so than, than Vili Hainala. But mm -hmm. I was initially surprised that it was only Pierre-Luc Dubois going to the Kings. Yeah. And then the, the second part that I was surprised about was the inclusion of the second-round pick, right? Because I think everybody assumed, um, you know, there could be a third player 
coming to the Jets. But if that second round pick turns into anything, um, then that's just a bonus for the Jets, right? So I think Chevy did really well here. I don't think there are many people in the hockey world, many Jets fans, um, you know, you know, that are unhappy with the return. When you consider that, you know, Chevy was limited in the teams that he could deal with, right? It's not like Chevy was talking to 12 different teams. Right. You know that it was really two teams, maybe, maybe a third team, but it was Montreal and, and LA all along. And I, I'm with you, Dave. It is funny that that was originally the Montreal Canadiens pick, right? Uh, so I, I think Chevy did really well here. I think Gabe Velarde is going to fit in really nicely into the top six, most likely on the right wing. Maybe he'll play a little bit of center. We talked about th- this on Saturday's show. You know, he was drafted as a as a center out of the Windsor Spitfires, uh, yeah. but he's played mainly wing at the NHL level. So most likely he's going to play on the wing in the Jets' top six. And then when you're talking about I- I- Alex Iafallo, you know, he's a guy that could easily fit in, you know, on the wing on your third line, right? Mm-hmm. What is that third line going to look like? You know, is it going to be Adam Lowry, Morgan Barron, Alex Iafallo? It's possible. Iafallo is a left winger, of course, as opposed to Velarde, who's a right winger. But the Jets have options, right? Like Iafallo is a guy that could easily fit into your top six. So there's a lot of question marks in terms of who's going to be the second line center. Uh, for some people, there are some question marks who's going to be the first line center, right? Because there's always the chance that Mark Shifley is traded, being in the last year of his contract, right? But when you look at it, the sum of the parts are really nice, right, Dave? And a guy like Rasmus Kupari, you know, I don't know enough about him. I've watched him a little bit, you know, when I've watched the LA Kings play the Jets or other teams. But I think Kupari, you know, his ceiling at the NHL level, I think, is probably, you know, a third line guy. So Mm -hmm. he end up playing a lot for the Jets next year. It's possible, but it'll probably be on, you know, in a fourth line role. But if he's able to chip in, you know, 10 goals and 20 points on your fourth line, you know, that's pretty good. Or maybe it's on the third line, right? So I think when you look at the sum of the parts, Chevy did really well here because obviously Dubois had no interest in signing long-term. Now, in terms of, you know, how I like this trade long-term, I mean, I don't like it as much. But also, if Pierre-Luc Dubois doesn't turn into that 75 to 85-point player, the LA Kings aren't going to like this trade long-term either because they just signed him to the, you know, eight-year, $8.5 million a year contract. So the reason why you sign that contract is because you you think he's going to become, excuse me, a 75 to 85 point player. So I really like the move for the Jets. Well, Gary Bettman's on the on the screen. Of course, we're not going to show the screen. We don't have the TV rights, so we're not going to be showing. You're not here to watch that. You're here just to listen to Ezzy and I blab a little bit. And Big Daddy's taking a little uh, a little water as he's having a bit of a coughing attack. Now, Gary Bettman's Sorry on the about screen. That, Dave, I'm good now. No, that's good, but he's on the screen, but he's smart. He brought David Poyle with him. So what he does is he says, okay, I know I'm going to get booed in Nashville, but if I bring David Poyle with me, then maybe I'll be less likely to be booed. We'll see if that happens. We're not sure. Uh, Like I said, I'm listening to what Az has to say. But Az, I mean, look, I think the one of the things that that we've heard from a lot of guys today, and and you're right, in terms of um, Gabe Velarde, he was on, uh, we did the zoom at 10 30 this morning. And then he was on jets at noon with Cam and, and Jim. And he basically talked about whether he was asked whether he feels more comfortable as a center or as a winger. And he talked about, you know, learning under Todd McClellan and being kind of McClellan sounded like he was hard on him, but it sounded like it worked. It sounded like he came up. He was, you were, like you said, he was drafted as a center, but because they had a lot of center depth and they put him on the wing and also because he would say, like I was, he said today in his answer, I didn't score a lot. And as a result, you know, I would get down on myself and da 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 da. Well, more importantly, 
while we uh, are, are blabbering about the trade, we'll bring in some guys from straight from Nashville if they're ready to give me the thumbs up, guys from Nashville, if you're ready to go. And then we'll uh, is that a thumbs up? I can't even tell from us. That looked more than a little, little different. I think we than got a little up. Winnipeg sports talk coming in. We here. got some Winnipeg sports talk joining the show straight from Nashville. So let's bring them on. They are Andrew Hustler Patterson and Michael Remus. Here we go to the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Fellas, what is going on? Greetings from uh, Boys. at the uh, beautiful Bridgestone Arena. Um, yeah, draft just getting underway. Gary Bettman greeting greeting the fans as he always does. And uh, yeah, looking forward to what should be an interesting uh, interesting night. How are you guys? We're doing, We're doing good. It. I think everybody watching wants to know if Remus uh, w- w- took the scooter over to Bridgestone <laughs> Arena or if you guys just walk. Because a lot of people are talking about that scooter that Remus has been seen riding on Broadway. <laughs> I wanted to take the scooter, but I had to carry a tripod and a backpack. I told Hustler to hop on with me. He wasn't. He wanted to go doubles. I'm like, like, want to do doubles? Wasn't sure. It was maybe too early. Hopefully later tonight we can try doubles. (laughs) Yes, the scooter. Sometimes, you know, you need to really maybe speed up your trip home. And uh, he did that last night, uh, scooting off into the night. Did the wave nearly wiped oh, out, but okay. um, that he, he was made it. that was really hard. Go, taking one hand off and trying to wave harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I wanted it on the video. Boys, give it give us some of the flavor. I mean, you're you're there. Things are finally happening in Jetsland. They finally made the big trade. You guys had a massive crowd on the show yesterday and today. People are are locked in. So give us a flavor being in Nashville and what you're seeing and hearing. Uh, you know, with respect to the draft in general, but also specifically to the Jets. Yeah, well, I mean, first off, I mean, uh, you know, downtown Nashville obviously is uh, an incredible spot to bring people together. Uh, bars have been crazy, but you really have felt that. Um, it was a big, big NHL event. And uh, I mean, listen, you know, there's not a huge Winnipeg contingent here, but uh, Marat's here, uh, Sean Reynolds, of course, uh, and tons of anticipation as to, I don't need to tell you guys, I mean, we've been talking about this. In fact, in some ways, the PLD situation has been the gift that's kept on giving shows like ours for a long time. Um, but as far as the trade went down, I mean, you know, it seemed like it was inching closer over the first couple of days, finally happened yesterday. Um, so now we move on. We heard from Kevin Sheveldayoff. I'm not sure if you guys have seen and or heard his uh, comments from uh, from earlier today. Um, you know, get ready to, to see what happens at the draft. Um, but, you know, first big um, tick off the to-do list of moving Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, we are hearing, though, it doesn't seem like there's a ton of traction about Connor Hellebuck or especially Mark Shifley from the guys we've talked about it. I don't know. Personally, I think that's a little surprising considering what is and what isn't available on the free agent market. But as we've seen, Dave, and as I mean, some of the trades that have been made so far, I mean, pretty significant players going with teams, maintaining 50 percent of the salary and not getting much back. Uh, the market's in a strange place right now. So, uh, listen, they got something done. I thought pretty good return. We've been referring to Chevy as the escape artist here coming out of these situations, looking pretty good overall, but uh, intriguing to see what happens tonight, both with the pick and potentially more moves. Although I can't tell you that uh, we're sitting on eggshells waiting for it to happen based on our conversations with a number of the insiders that have been kicking around Nashville. So Hush, just sticking with, with Connor Hellebuck and, and Blake Wheeler, because obviously, you know, you guys have been talking mainly focused on Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, since you guys arrived in Nashville, and for good reason, because he was eventually moved. But when you're talking about Blake Wheeler, I mean, I'm sure you guys are getting texts of of people showing you the for sale sign 
for his house on Wellington Crescent. And, you know, people are, are seeing him crossing the border and, you know, hanging out with the, uh, the Bufflins and everything like that. Are you surprised, Huss, that we haven't already heard the buyout from Wheeler? Or, you know, is that something that, you know, we should expect to happen after the draft? And as a second part of that, going back to Hellebuck, do you think the, the big, the, the main reason why, you know, those rumors have quieted it down is because of the fact that some teams are scared off that, you know, he wants in that nine to $10 million a year range for his next contract. Yeah. First off on Wheeler. I mean, uh, I, I think if anything, I mean, they're holding out that, you know, if there's an opportunity to trade him and, you know, eat half and pay four point whatever million, as opposed to eating five and a half and spreading it over the next two years, that's preferable. But I mean, I think the smart money and is highly likely that at some point before the 30th, we'll hear that Blake Wheeler's been brought out. I don't think there's any doubt that he is finished with the Winnipeg Jets and they're moving on in a different direction. And that has been pretty much confirmed by just about everyone in the known with connections to the Winnipeg Jets and, and Kevin Shevel day off. Um, as far as Hellebuck goes as, you know, the goalie market is weird. I mean, listen, you know me, I'm a huge Hellebuck backer. I think the guy's a workhorse. One of the best goalies in the national hockey league has huge value and can help you win a lot of hockey games and challenge for a championship. I'm not sure whether, you know, Aiden Hill came off of number three or four on the Vegas Golden Knights depth chart and went on that crazy run, whether that's, um, you know, with the cap only going up one year and, and people realizing that the the commitment on an extension to Connor Hellebuck is going to be significant. We've heard Jersey is a team that, you know, makes a lot of sense for a landing spot. Well, they just dropped 8.8 for eight years on Timo Meyer. So, you do wonder how the numbers work. I mean, is there demand for Hellebuck around the league? I mean, absolutely. Would most teams love to have him as their goalie? Yeah. Um, but I don't think anyone's willing to pay the Winnipeg Jets price just to get him on a on one year at just over $6 million. And uh, I do think that that price tag is um, somewhat intimidating to uh, a number of teams around the league. Huss, just to, to jump in here before, before Dave talks, I don't think we're going to see a repeat of last year when you were on the show and uh, there's there's no mystery about who's about to be taken first overall. Kyle Davidson's on the podium right now, so I think there's not going to be as much drama as there was last year. Now, yeah, before yeah. Be- before we even get into the pick, Huss, we got to talk about Kyle Davidson's random encounter in Nashville. <laughs> that is, I don't know if people haven't seen it yet, but th- that was probably, and the fact that he went with it, Reem, you must have loved that. Yeah. Like, honestly, I lost my mind. I was watching it. I saw it come through my Twitter feed, and I was like, how cool is this GM that he's willing to just play along and play ball? And these guys have no idea they're actually asking the GM of a hockey team. And if you haven't seen it, we've tweeted. I've tweeted it out. I'll tweet it up from the Illegal Curve account. They were showing it when Kyle just before Kyle Davidson and the Chicago Blackhawks went up. But what did you guys think of that? Because I thought it was amazing. Yeah, I think that just shows uh, you know how hockey has really taken over in Nashville. You know, everywhere you go, you see you don't know who you're going to run into. So Kyle and you Davis- don't know who the hell the people are. Yeah, you don't. You don't know. <laughs> Reem, I know that you liked uh, that. Michael Roosevelt reference when he said that I was oh, like Remus is gonna love that reference. You know that I my ears perked up. What on, about Johnny Oduya? Yeah, Johnny yes. Brian, man. Brian Bickle. I mean, those are all Chicago legends. So for him to go along and say with a straight face, no, it was not rigged. And if you watch the process, it 100 percent was not, but he went along with it, had some fun, and I think he got gained a lot of new fans uh, there because I don't think he had too many fans last year when he was trading everyone away. Unbelievable. <laughs> As you can see, uh, Connor Bedard's uh, walking up to the podium and uh, shaking hands with uh, one Gary Bettman. Uh, but yeah, just quickly back to the Kyle Davidson thing. I mean, an all-time hilarious 
bit of content um, and credit to him for kind of rolling with it. I'm Kyle yeah. from Chicago. Somehow I don't think that we would have had, oh, I'm Kevin from Winnipeg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if uh, he managed to hit Chevy, but uh, hey, listen, uh, Davidson's kind of a, a younger guy. And listen, he should be in a damn good mood right now because uh, mm-hmm. he just picked the next superstar of the National Hockey League, Connor Bedard, who's on the podium right now here in Nashville. So, boys, yeah. obviously, you know, it's going to be all about Connor Bedard, uh, you know, not not just until uh, Anaheim makes their pick at, at second overall, but Connor Bedard is going to be the talk for weeks and months to come, right? You're going to start to see fans projecting how many points he's going to get. Uh, I think he's going to get 110. Just kidding. But uh, just wanted to go back to what it's been like for you guys this week, because obviously I, I remember, uh, well, Remus obviously remembers that 2011 draft in St. Paul and us, the last draft I think we were at together was 2017 in, in Chicago, when of course the Jets took Christian Veselainen, uh, what was it, the 23rd overall pick. But what's it been like for you boys to be in Nashville and with all the attention around the Jets and, and specifically the, the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade? Well, I mean, listen, the, the days leading up to the Doobie trade was uh, was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, you know, everyone, whenever we were talking to people, they had as many questions for us as we did for them, to be honest with you, having followed it and being close to the market. And having Winnipeg is one of the most intriguing teams going in. I will tell you, as it is better to be here in the rink. It's a little bit of a history of our draft trips. Um, we had normally done the shows from the draft floor, that year, for some reason, I guess it was some Sportsnet TSN beef, but once TSN was the broadcaster, sorry, Sportsnet had the broadcast rights, they decided they didn't want the TSN stations, even if they were the official teams, to be on the draft floor. In fact, you couldn't even broadcast live from the arena. So I had to do the afternoon show, go on a five-minute break, grab a Diet Pepsi, and you and I talked nonstop for five hours on the first round in a basically a closet in a Chicago hotel room. It was me, you, and Adam Toy, and it was it was three lonely men in that Chicago hotel room. Let me tell you, at least that pizza was good, and we had Edmonds jump on five minutes an hour. That was what we could have, but um, a little bit different. And listen, I mean, it's great to get back here. I mean, you guys know. I mean, the draft is such a cool event. Um, you know, whether you're a fan, whether you're in the media, whether you're working for the team, it, in a lot of ways, it is a a convention of the National Hockey League at every level, and. I mean, obviously doing what we do, you know, we've got great guests, get a chance to see people in person, maybe have a drink with them at some point. Um, it's been a, it's been a heck of a lot of fun. But adding to it all has been the intrigue around the hockey club that we cover the most, the Winnipeg Jets, starting off with that big deal yesterday. And although, as I said, things are sort of quiet right now and I, I, I'm not really expecting anything based on what we've heard. Things can change pretty quickly uh, uh, here and especially just quickly to mention Shifley. It's quite crazy that things are so quiet on him considering the season that he had, the price that he, you know, is going to be due for a contract next year. Um, I mean, we've talked a lot about the Boston Bruins. I mean, the word is here that they're progressing as if Bergeron and Krejci are both not coming back. And, of course, they made that move for, um, you know, trading, essentially giving Taylor Hall to the Chicago Blackhawks. So it's just part of the strange trade market right now. And uh, I'm going to be really interesting to see whether we see any picks moved because of the demand for you know some of the uh, these top prospects that are up on the board right now, and obviously once we get to eighteen, uh, who the Winnipeg Jets have is their first round pick. Boys, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I want to sorry, go you go ahead, and I'll tell you what I was gonna say. After. Hey, you know, as we went to the draft in 2011, the biggest change for me is uh, the technology here. I don't think there was streaming video 
uh, back in 2011. Like we were just doing audio and sending that in. So, um, you know, all this stuff with cameras and, you know, fast internet. Uh, to me, I, I'm noticing that that the most. Remo taking advantage of the opportunity to wear this beautiful suit for yeah. half apparel. I yeah, had to suit. Come on, it's a draft. Yeah. Well, more importantly, I, what I was going to say is I want to jump through that screen, go behind you guys, go to the Pepsi uh, machine and grab some cherry Pepsi, if you don't mind, because uh, right now I'm drinking a cherry Pepsi Max, which is okay, but it's not quite the cherry Pepsi in the U.S. of A. But no, I, I, you know, guys, you guys love the uh, the press box food. As soon as this is done, we are jumping over to a beautiful spread of Nashville barbecue, as you can Ooh. see right there. You can smell it. Um, I don't know if you guys can. But yeah. We're hungry, but you know, because we are such fans of yours and pals, we figured we can't jump on. Hey, I didn't want to have barbecue all over my face when we came <laughs> in. Nature streaming video, uh, but definitely wanted to jump on with you guys as you uh, do it. Are you guys just going to kick it? Basically, have a bit of a watch party throughout the first oh, round. Yeah, this is what we're doing. We're just going to keep it rolling. For we did a we did a pop up yesterday. We went about an hour and a half, and uh, and now we're just going to do. Probably about four or five hours. Uh, talk to you guys. We're going to talk to. Drew? Where's Drew? Drew's Drew's at a family uh, event that he is a prior family commitment that is taking him out. So, uh, unfortunately, last year he did. When he last year, you got to go for five hours on round. Yes. One. Well, I know Drew. I, I that's what I said. I was shocked he didn't actually get it moved because the idea of Drew not having this much mic time must actually kill him. <laughs> yeah, so, we were, and Remus, we were okay with Drew taking the night off. There was no, it's not like we were like, no, 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 Drew, we really need you. We really need you. We were like, okay, good. More mic time for us. <laughs> no, but guys, seriously, like, I mean, I was being serious, but like your reaction. I mean, we, we've been hearing from Kevin Shevel Day off today and you're, you're right. I heard the uh, media availability at one point. I'm not joking. In his answer, I don't know if you guys were there, but his response to the question as to whether he felt his team is still in a championship form was the most rambling answer I've ever heard him give. And it didn't make any sense. It was kind of like, I, I just didn't know what he was saying. I was like the coaches and the squiggling and this, and I was like, okay, that's not, I, I don't really understand. It's an easy answer. Yeah. Either yes or no, but he went on you know, and on listen, and on. Dave, remember when Facebook started and you could have your status as it's complicated. That's <laughs> like we just hear it's complicated right yeah, now. They yeah. Um, but again, no one's playing a game for the next little while. I think they do have some options, um, but it's quite clear that I mean, I think they still believe they don't want to waste these years of Morrissey, of Kyle Connor, of Nikolai Ehlers. Um, they can, as of right now, Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck are still Winnipeg Jets, and that's a big part of it, too. I mean, I think everyone's got their own take on whether the Winnipeg Jets should, you know, maybe make more of a commitment to the future with some of these players right now, but um, that hasn't happened. Um, and I think all things considered, it, with that being their their goal, whether you want to call it, whether they believe they're a championship contender or not right now, um, they got a bunch of pretty interesting... Whoa, whoa. Off the board. The Anaheim Ducks are on the board, and they went off the board. The Ducks Leo Carlson. Just- whoa, what were the odds on that? Dude, that was like plus 800 for sure. Wow. wow. Surprising. Wow. I think most people thought Adam Fantilli was going here, right, boys? I think so everybody thought that. Maybe there is a little bit more. And that's what Craig Button talked about, right? He said the fun's going to start after the first overall pick. Oh, my that God. That is surprising. Stunner. I don't think we've talked to one person that did not think that Fantilli was a lock. And as you know, I don't mind to uh, check out the odds boards on our favorite betting <laughs> site every now and then. And I don't you wonder, boys, way. right? Like you, you guys, you know, know the numbers that that Fantilli put up with the University of Michigan. But you wonder if 
one of the reasons why um, you know they were scared off is maybe that he's going to spend one more year at the University of Michigan. I'm not, I'm not sure what you guys uh, heard talking to to Ryan Kennedy and and Stephen Ellis and and others, but we I thought there was still a chance Fantilli was going to go pro next year. Listen, no one even talked about that. They just said he's a lock at number two, and they'd be stunned, mm-hmm. which we all are right now, if uh, <laughs> if he didn't go number two. And I had to tell you, you know who's fired up right now? It ought to be Yarmo. Because, Yarmo uh, Kukalainen. The guy, he, of course, famously took PLD. Uh, I think they blew the internet out there. There's action happening here. I think Hustle will be back in a second, though. I think they blew out the internet. The, the, people are so excited about Pat Verbeek going off the beaten trail that it blew out the internet for Winnipeg Sports Talk in uh, in Nashville. Well, the thing, Dave, yes, Dave, oh, you there you go. Hustle's back. back. Yeah. They're back. Well, yeah, the internet here is touch, touch and go, touch and go. But I think <laughs> yeah, you you're, right. good. Uh, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. The internet. Everyone is tweeting. Holy bleep! Right yeah. now, uh, everywhere just, around. Us. Yeah, well, and, and, wide, Le- and you guys know. I mean, it's not like Leo Carlson is a is a schlub. He's a good player too. He's got the size. He just I don't think has the what most scouts think is the offensive upside that Adam Fantilli has. Right? Like all the scouts say that if it wasn't for Connor Bedard, Fantilli would go number one, which is Captain Obvious, right? But Obviously, uh, yeah, that's a funny, funny comment from uh, Spencey right there. But uh, Leo Carlson's going to be a really good NHLer. But yeah, I, I think we're all shocked that it wasn't Fantilli there. That uh, is a you know what? That's what makes the draft cool. Uh, I just I'm just pissed off. I didn't bet on Carlson. That would have been huge. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Though I mean, and that's what we heard about Pat Verbeek. Pat Verbeek, you know, with buddies with Steve Eiserman, and and they said that he was going to be willing to you know be his own man and do whatever he wanted that he thought would make be the best for his team. So a uh, little bit unexpected, but yeah, there you go. That's the first shocker of the draft. You know, here's a, here's just a, a quick little tidbit. I had a great chat yesterday off air um, in the hotel with Shane Malloy, um, who of course is working, uh, I believe Sirius XM NHL radio with their draft coverage tonight. And he has hockey prospect radio, brilliant guy. And he was speaking about the traditionally the best drafting and developing teams in the national hockey league. And uh, he said Anaheim is in is top three, uh, and the Kings as well top three, which is one of the reasons why he was sort of surprised. Uh, you know, of the value of that second round pick that they gave up to Winnipeg in the Dubois trade. Um, and I, I can't remember the guy that is sort of in charge of all of their scouting and you know that area for Anaheim, but he spoke incredibly high of him. And he said that he he would imagine Fantilli was a lock, but then he said something that was interesting to me. You never know. Uh, about the Pat Verbeek effect now that they've got someone new sort of running. The show, and, um, you know, Dunkster. Oh, did we, cut out, did we cut out there? Yeah, I think we did cut out. Are we back? You guys are back. You're back. Yeah, you boys are back. You're good. It got, it, it elongated and, you a little bit and then boom, you were right back. All right. Excellent. So, um, so as I said, I mean, listen, Pat Verbeek's put his stamp on it. I mean, he's the GM. He gets that final say. But uh, that'll be a pick that'll probably be talked about for a long time, much like the Dubois selection uh, back a few years ago with uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. And it's like you said, Huss. I mean, now Yarmo Kekalainen has a pretty easy choice. But then again, I go back to last year when we had Huss on, and we I think we had you on for the first five picks. And then Shane Wright slipped a fourth to the Seattle Kraken, right? But you would have to think that, uh, I mean, Fantilli's not going to slip uh, to number four. 
But I mean, stranger things have happened. But you, yeah, you'd have to think that Yarmo's going to go up there very quickly and take Fantilli. Listen, I would think the one possibility, though, is if they are really enamored in Michkov. Michkov is the most been the most intriguing um, draft prospect. Just you know, obviously, he hasn't been here. He showed up this week, met with a number of teams. Um, you know, I've always been asking a lot of people if a guy was from you know Medicine Hat or Mississauga instead of Moscow, where would he be mm-hmm. picked? And a lot of people have thought that he would have been right there for the second pick. So um, it was thought all along, though, that Columbus would be deciding between Will Smith and Leo Carlson looking for that big center. All of a sudden, Van Tilly's on the board. Um, so if it's not Mitchkov, I can't imagine it's not Adam Fantilli. Well, then the question becomes, and you guys have been talking to all the experts and all the, you've had a lot of people on your shows leading up to the draft. So the question I have for you boys is, and I know we've got a lot of picks before now and when the jets actually make a draft pick, but what is your, what is your feeling? Do you have a feeling? Have you gotten a kind of a consensus as to who you think the jets could be taking the 18th overall? I mean, I don't know what you remember. I mean, to me, it's, uh, I mean, and this has been usually the case for so long. I mean, there's so, I mean, look at the mock drafts. It's a different guy every time. I mean, so much of it dependent is on who is there. And then, you know, when we think about the Winnipeg Jets and their, um, you know, their history, um, mm-hmm. you know, they, there's certain guys that they like, but often with Perfetti, with Kyle, and, uh, we've seen that drop, uh, some guys drop into their laps. So, I wouldn't even want to uh, want to. I mean, if uh, was it Moore, Alvin Moore, I believe from uh, the U.S. Uh, national development team. If he's mm-hmm. there, I think he's a player that the Jets would love to get. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a pretty good chance he's picked before. I saw his over unders at 14 and a half right now. So yeah. Um, you know, there'll be a player who will probably be saying, "Wow, can't believe he was available." But that often happens in this case when you're picking in the middle of the first round. Well, the Columbus Blue Jackets are picking right now with the third overall pick. So uh, and they went with. Adam Fantilli, Adam Patrick Fantilli. Liney, Pat Liney and Johnny Gaudreau will probably be wow. pumped about that pick. Uh, man, that's uh, that is a, a nice little. And who knows? Maybe Carlson will turn into this superstar, and we'll be saying all along. But you know, as far as we'll... I think Hutz froze a little bit there, but I, I think what he's saying is that I think both. See, both... Get... <laughs> yeah, there you go. Both uh, Columbus and Anaheim are going to get really good players there. You're absolutely right, Huss. I mean, this this draft is so deep, and I don't think you saw two mock drafts that were the same in terms of the picks around 18, right? Like, it's the same thing goes for picks 16 or 22 or, or anything like that. We know that this is one of the deeper drafts maybe since 2015, right? So I think you're right, Oliver Moore. I mean, there's Braden Yager, Nate Danielson on the Wheat Kings, like, maybe if Tom Villander, the Swedish defenseman, if he's available, uh, maybe the Jets go with him, right? Like it, it's, it's, you, it's, it's going to be, you know, really difficult to predict it. Now it's going to be even more uh, difficult to predict it when we get to pick 15 or, or 16. Right. Um, but obviously they're going to get a really good player at 18th overall. I mean, listen, I saw, I I've seen, uh, you know, Ryan Leonard connected to Montreal all week long and, I saw some rankings today that had Ryan Leonard 18. I mean, the bottom line is there's a ton of great players in this draft. I think, you know, even at 18, the Winnipeg Jets are going to get someone good. And depending on what other teams do, you know, they might have a guy that, you know, they have, you know, ranked in their top 10 or top eight that all of a sudden is there at 18 and they run to the podium and pick them. Yeah. And that's what Mark Hillier, the Jets director of amateur scouting said in the, in the interview media availability, he said, look, if there's someone who's nine to 11 on our draft board, and we get to pick him at 18, you're right, Huss, that's exactly the, the attitude. We'll run up there, and we're going to try and get him because that's what they want to do, and that's what they've been able to do. And it was interesting. I thought, I don't know if you guys heard his comments about 
you know, location, geography, because he was asked by Murat whether, you know, picking someone from the WHL. And he said, look, I, I you know, if, if we go with best player available, but if the, if there's, if it's a tie, then we obviously may me make an effort to take a Manitoban, but you can just see that there's an, obviously an effort. And he goes, look, there's no conspiracy theory for a long time. We've taken guys out of the U S national program. We're taking guys out of Finland. You know, I mean, obviously people would like to see them take some, uh, there's some very good, and I don't have to tell Mr. Hockey Manitoba to my uh, right or left, how many good Manitobans there are that could potentially be drafted. But there's a well, lot of good players that they're going to get uh, right. a shot at with that 18th overall pick. And the, the guy, Hassan Reem, that I was, that I kept talking to Dave about in terms of, you know, how deep this draft is, is Zach Benson, right? Like we saw him so much with the Winnipeg Ice. What did he have? 98 points yeah. during the regular season. And then he added, uh, I forget exactly how many he had during the playoffs, but he obviously added a bunch of the playoffs. Zach Benson, most scouts have kind of, you know, in that five to eight range. And then you look at some of the mock drafts and some mock drafts have Benson going 10th overall, 11th overall, like what, from what I've seen. Um, and obviously I'm not an amateur scout, but like you would think that in most draft years, Benson would be a lock to go fourth or fifth overall, but it's possible with, you know, as, as Huss mentioned, like, Matt Mitchkov is the big mystery. Like he could go fourth overall. He could end up going to eighth overall to Washington. That's what we've heard. And I'm sure you guys talked to all of the, the scouts like Ryan Kennedy. And um, uh, we talked about Stephen Ellis. You guys had on you. Obviously you guys had more people on during the week. Mitchkov's not going to go past eight. I don't think. Ellis just walked by us. Actually. I looked over and did the, there was like the wide eye. Oh, <laughs> You know, one of those uh, after uh, after the Carlson and Fantilli uh, swap of the pick. So, uh, Mitchkoff, Will Smith, um, you know, those both players, I mean, both sort of consensus top five guys. Mm-hmm. The question is whether uh, someone's going to jump on Mitchkoff or will he, whether he will drop potentially to Philly or – I mean, I think everyone assumes that if he's there for Washington with their history of Russian players, they'll be doing that running to the podium and if they can get Boys, I just wanted to quickly – I know you guys got to bounce soon and, uh, you know, hit up that uh, media meal, but – there's there you guys are at the draft in Nashville. There hasn't been any talk that Will Smith might go up there and slap Gary Bettman, right? Like we're not gonna see anything like that. <laughs> I was waiting for a Will Smith slap joke as uh, nicely done to, to pop that one in there. Had to get that in there. Oh, no doubt. Well, boys, we appreciate you guys joining on and, and foregoing the BBQ. Uh, even though you could smell it, you could smell it. It's so close, so tantalizing. So we appreciate you guys jumping on with us and uh and we, you know, you know, kudos to what you're doing in Nashville. Uh, great crowds on the show, and of course, um, what you do any every day, Monday through Friday, from one to three. I appreciate it, fellas. And uh, imagine you guys will have a big day on Saturday with free agency. So uh, certainly, we'll be looking forward to seeing what you guys are doing. And uh, uh, we'll uh, be back on uh, on Friday, hopefully, in one piece. After but tomorrow <laughs> should be a great show for us, starting at one um, central going to be here in the morning we'll get a ton of draft reaction from a number of folks day two as you guys know is a little more chill we'll have more time to uh, get people reaction mm-hmm. to tonight trades and whatnot so we should have a packed show before a pretty hectic travel day tomorrow evening to uh, get back in time to uh, bang it out on wst on friday but uh thanks for having us and uh enjoy the rest of the first round start it off with a bang Started off with a bang. That's that's a good way of putting it. All right, there they go. Hustler and Thanks, Remo. Boys. Thanks, boys, for joining us today on our Illegal Curve draft coverage. Ezzy, back to you and I. No more. San Jose is moving up. There's Mike Greer. Yeah, Mike Greer. Love Looks it. like he could still play. He's ready to go. Love Mike the, Greer's a hockey player. The pick Loved is in, the Oilers. Just in case you were wondering, the pick is in. 
So we'll uh, we'll find out who San Jose Mike Greer and the San Jose Sharks will be selecting. Is this Will Smith here, Dave, or is this Matvey Mitchkov? I don't know. I I, I really don't know. Um, let's ask the crowd. I mean, guys, everybody in the chat is here for a reason. You're not, not just Ezzy and I. You guys let us know who you think is going to be selected fourth overall. I mean, or, by... or Zach Benson. Like, I don't, is it out of the realm of possibility Benson goes fourth overall? I, I mean, I, maybe I'm higher on Benson than others, but I, well, you I mean, probably he's a really be skilled player. You know, oh. hundred points for the ice. Maybe the only, the only, the only, the only hesitation would be his size because, to be honest with you, like the kid's got a motor. He's aggressive. He wants the puck. I don't know if you saw that. There's that, um, there's that uh, clip of him in, playing against uh, Saskatoon where he literally came from the D, the offensive zone, went into the neutral zone, took the puck off a, a bigger guy, fired back into the Saskatoon zone, and scored a beauty goal. So the kid's got a motor. He's got a determination to win. And but you're right. I mean, we watch we watch a lot of Zach Benson, so we're probably a little bit biased in that regard. But I suspect that, uh, I mean, he's definitely a top 10 pick. I don't think he's going to fall out of the top 10, but I think he's probably in that 7 to 10 range, which means yeah, he's probably possible. getting picked. I, I, he, which means Will, he's getting picked right now. Well, Will Smith is, is I, I would say, if I was throwing some money down with our friends uh, you know, at Betway, I'd yep. say Will Smith here. I mean, 104 points in 52 games with the U.S. National Development Program. Um, Will Smith is going to be a very good NHL player. Love to see Patty Marlowe making the pick here, and I believe believe it's Will Smith, right? Uh, yes. I, well, I mean, I don't know. I haven't flashed the name up. So I'm, I'm sitting there and I, 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 I'm going to, I'm not going to pretend that I know who that is exactly. I just, it's just some sort of 17 year old kid has. So I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to say they haven't, they haven't flashed it on the TV that I'm watching. So we'll see if it's, uh, does it say Will Smith? Well, I, I don't know. Like I, I can see the player. I just don't know if that's, Will that's what Smith I mean. They or, haven't, they haven't, they haven't shown his Zach name. Benson. No, it's definitely not Zach Benson. I know what Zach Benson looks like. I believe it's uh, Will Smith, fourth overall. Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, it's Will Smith. There we go. And, he, and he's an incredible player, right? I think all – I mean, we knew that it was going to be – obviously, we didn't know Carlson was going to go second overall, but we knew it was going to be, you know, in that order, Connor Bedard, uh, Adam Fantilli, and Leo Carlson. And then most scouts had Will Smith kind of fourth, fifth, sixth overall. Yeah. So, I mean, this is – I mean, they have it up on the screen right now, right? Like, he was yeah. the MVP of the 2012 U18 World Championship. I mean, this guy's going to be an excellent player. He's going to go to college next year, right? He's not going to go right into the NHL. But, I mean, for a team in San Jose, let's be honest, one of the worst teams in the NHL last year, Eric Carlson could be on the move. But Will Smith, I mean, that's the type of player that you build your team around, right? He's that skilled. No, you're absolutely right, As I was just answering the chat because people think we're, we're very delayed. We're, it's not that we're delayed. We're seeing this in real time. It's just that uh, – or maybe we are delayed, As Who knows? We're We're – we're, well, we're we, might, to... we might be we're delayed we're definitely delayed a, a little bit on the uh on the broadcast um yeah and, and the pick is obviously coming in a little bit quicker in nashville but i just wasn't sure i don't know what these guys look like <laughs> enough to know if that was uh, uh will yes. smith right but will smith is obviously not uh i mean he's he's uh what is he five eleven six feet he's not the tallest guy no. um so none i thought these, it was none, not, most generally I, I knew it wasn't matt vane mitchkov put it that way there you go well, no, I'm for the record. I'm not watching on YouTube, folks. I'm watching on the. Uh, I'm watching on. Yeah, we my, got Sportsnet on here. Yeah, so uh, we, we're good in that regard. I'm watching on my phone as he's watching on the television in front of him. He's got a nice little setup set as he up in a nice little man cave in the uh, on the main floor. But um, anyways, yeah. So let's let's maybe do a little while they're while they're doing some Will Smith talking. We'll uh, we'll do some fresh Jets talk, and we'll get back to the Jets a little bit because. Again, like I said, we talked about it with Hustler and, and Remo a little bit. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was the comments from Kevin Sheveldayoff. I'm not going to ask you if you heard them, but I thought the, the comments from Kevin Sheveldayoff 
were quite interesting today, basically saying, again, it's it could be posturing, and I always caution, I always say take it with a grain of salt because you don't know, but this these are, I'm just going to read you some of the comments from him. On Wheeler, we're looking at all of our options with Blake, and buyout is one of the options that we are looking at. But sometimes you can get creative in this game as well. You're looking at all the different options before you make your final decision. Translation, please, Pittsburgh, take him for a pick. Please. And uh, and we'll t- retain 50%. On Shifley and Hellebuck, he said, Helly and Shife are big parts of our franchise. But for us right now, our focus is their wi- But And then he said a few other things about uh, you know having conversations with other GMs. But for us right now, our focus is their Winnipeg Jets, and we're looking forward to moving forward with them. And then he w- at the end of his uh, media availability, he was asked if he's comfortable starting the season with 55 and 37 on his team, despite the fact they'd have expiring contracts. And he said... He reiterated that they are Winnipeg Jets. We'll look at everything that comes to us, but that doesn't mean we're jumping at anything. He did say that he spoke to Shifley's representatives over the course of the last couple of days and told them, look, we're listening, but obviously it's got to make sense for the Jets because these are good players. These players can help us win. So what do you hear? When you hear that, I'll put it to the chat. I'll put it to Ez. I mean, I hear those words from the Jets general manager. And again, remember, I was on record as saying, that I didn't think that the Jets were going to trade. I thought they were going to extend Mark Shifley. Um, but it seems like Connor Hellebuck, I, I guess the offers aren't great. So they're just kind of holding. Right. And and we talked about it with Hassan Remus, right? Like we know the Blake Wheeler buyout slash trade is coming in the next seven days, right? The 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 buyout window uh, is the, the buyout window ends June 30th, right? If I'm not mistaken. So he can be traded, but we expect him to not be a member of the Winnipeg Jets next season in terms of Connor Hellebuck. I mean, we know that he doesn't plan on signing long-term that was reported. Uh, what was that Dave? Three or four weeks ago at this point. Right. I'm not that surprised that Connor Hell the trade chatter. I'm I, sorry. I'm kind of pivoting here a little bit away from Chevy's comments and just going to Connor Hellebuck here. But if you look at, and, and Craig button and Ryan Rashog had a piece on TSN about the, and we posted it on illegalcurve.com, So you can go check it out. Uh, or if you saw it on tsn.ca, right? We obviously would prefer you go to illegalcurve.com, right? But um, when you talk about, you know, whether it's the New Jersey Devils or the Ottawa Senators or the Buffalo Sabres, uh, who else am I, am I missing here? The Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, the Pittsburgh Penguins, if you think about it, make the most sense because they're in win-now mode. They just don't have the assets. Like, I went through their entire roster, and I mean, I just don't see Chevy trading Connor Hellebuck for, you know, Ricard Raquel. Or, or Brian Rust, or, you know, one of their defensemen, right? So Carey Price, I see here, Dave, is uh, walking up to the podium here with Jeff Gorton and and Kent Hughes. So we're going to get the Montreal Canadiens' fifth overall pick probably in about 60 seconds or so. Really curious to see if they go with Matt Vemichkov because they did talk to him um, at the draft, I believe, uh, two days ago or, mm-hmm. or three days ago. So we could see Matt Vemichkov go here. Um, obviously there's a lot of other good players here. We talked about Zach Benson. Um, I mean, we could play speculation station about who they're going to go with here, but I think Matt Faye Mitchkov is, is the guy that a lot of Habs fans are expecting, but just getting back to Hellebuck, I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult in that sense to, to make a move because you're going to have to give up a really good player, right? Like who would the devils be given up? Like they're not giving up Jack Hughes or Nico Hischier. They're certainly not going to be giving up Timo Meyer, who they just signed. And then when you talk about the Ottawa senators, I mean, who's coming back to the jets, I don't think the Sens are trading Jake Sanderson. I don't think they're trading Brady Kachuk or, or Tim Stutzla, right? So it, it's kind of hard to, to see the obvious choice. And that has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, the, the Jets aren't limited here in teams that they can talk to like they were with Dubois, Dubois right, Dave? But clearly, you know, you know, Chevy didn't say a lot there. 
but clearly yeah. more moves are, are coming. I have no idea if Connor Hellebuck's going to be traded, you know, in the next week or two weeks, or if he starts the year on the Jets, but certainly Blake Wheeler is not going to be part of, of the Jets next year. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Jets acquired Gabe Velarde, because he's a right winger and, you know, he replaces Wheeler in the top six. Yeah. And it looks like the pick is in, as they say, for, uh, for, you know, is that, I couldn't tell. I mean, again, remember we can't listen to the, the, the audio. So, um, we don't see, uh, I can't hear what happened with Carey Price, but I saw Carey Price had a little bit of a, a, a confusing moment as he, as they were making the pick. So, uh, Reinbacher, that's who they took with the, uh, was that the fifth overall pick now as I think that was fifth, fifth overall, right. Yeah. Right. Reinbacher, uh, Austrian. Yeah. Yeah. Austrian so, defenseman. Yeah. We talked yeah. to Craig Button on Saturday. Is show that Orville? Is that Orville's kid? <laughs> yeah, that's a funny one. I don't know, Dave. I do have some popcorn here that you supplied me as one of my snacks. You also put out some Twizzlers here for me on the draft table. But yep. um, that's a bit of a surprise, right? Because, um, you know, obviously Matvey Mitchkov is going to go somewhere in the top 10. It could be sixth overall, uh, could be seventh overall. Um, but Reinbacker, I think a lot of scouts thought was the best uh, defenseman available in the draft. Played in the Swiss League. You know, he's got some good size at 6'2". Uh, right-handed defensemen, as we know, are, are harder, harder to develop, you know, top four right-handed defensemen. So um, when you think about the Habs and some of their high-end prospects, right, like Slavkovsky, who obviously they took first overall last year, um, and they've got Caden Gooley in the system, uh, right, good uh, WHL defenseman uh, who's going to play uh, his first full year in the NHL most likely next year with the Habs. So you've got Caden Gooley there, and now you've got David Reinbacher there, um, who I think, um, you know, is just, considered a good overall two-way defenseman he's obviously got tons of skill so a little bit surprising but we expected Reinbacher to go somewhere you know in the top 10 or 12 so not not that surprising Dave in that sense and then the and then he, the the Habs are now flipping him to the Jets for Pierre-Luc Dubois oh wait because the Jets could use a right shot defenseman um this is the illegal curve draft show a special edition that we do once every year it's one of our favorite shows of the year you are listening to Ezra Ginsberg. I am Dave Manuk. I'm hosting for Drew Mandel, who is off partying or whatever he's doing. He's missing the best show of the year, and we're okay with that because that just means more time for Big Dad, D, and myself. So make sure you smash that like button because that's what I ask you to do when you come on our show and you join us and be part of the conversation. We appreciate you spending your Wednesday night with us. Hopefully you've been on IllegalCurve.com, your home for all of hockey in Manitoba because let me tell you, We've got lots on there. I've put. In, I've been. I was up till two in the morning last night, folks, posting and and tweeting and Instagramming and everything else. So there's lots on the website uh, yesterday, and then we started all over again today. So um, we will see. It's a long, slow climb as in the draft order for the Jets, who are picking in that 18th spot. We'll be uh, here with you all night long. Hopefully, we'll have the Jets draft pick um, on after he has his opportunity to speak to the media who are in attendance in Nashville. Then he'll jump on with us, we hope. And then, so hopefully you'll stay tuned for that. And uh, we're going to be here all night long. And we'll be talking about the draft. And so who's up next, Desi? We've got the, got the Arizona Coyotes at Coyotes. sixth overall. And uh, followed by that, you've got the Philadelphia Flyers at seven. And right. you remember, Dave, there were rumors that the Philadelphia Flyers might be offering. Uh, they've got a, a a second pick in the first round. I believe it's... Right. 22, 22nd overall. Yeah. So yeah. four spots after the Jets. So apparently there was a rumor that the Flyers might trade the seventh overall pick and the 22nd overall pick to take Mitchkov 
at, at fifth overall. So it's going to be really interesting, you know, sorry to, you know, fixate on, on Mitchkov here, but no, you know, it's some, good. some scouts think he's the second most skilled player in the entire draft above Leo Carlson and Adam Fantilli. Obviously, you know, nobody's touching Connor Bedard's skill level. He's right. expected to score a hundred points uh, several times in his NHL career. Um, but you wonder here where the Arizona, Arizona, Arizona Coyotes go here because, you know, another player, Dalibor Dvorsky, who's a really talented Slovak center, you know, he's on the board. Oliver Moore, obviously, who we've talked about. I mean, you know, he's a guy that, you know, some Jets fans are hoping that, you know, he might slip to 18th overall. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Zach Benson is a guy that we still expect to go in the top 10. So that's what we've talked about so much, right? Like, it's really hard um, to predict right now, you know, mm-hmm. who a team like the Philadelphia Flyers is going to go, pardon me, the Arizona Coyotes are going to go with. And then obviously you've got the Flyers at seventh overall, followed by the Capitals. That's been, you know, the scuttlebutt from the draft that there's no way that the the Capitals will pass up on Matvey Mitchkoff if he's available there at uh, at eighth overall. But, um, you know, look at, I mean, just reading, uh, you know, we have the future considerations draft guide here, Dave. Um, yeah. You know, they're, they're talking about, you know, when you're talking about David Reinbacher, back to him at who the Habs just took at fifth overall, yeah. Um, you know, he's not he's not a guy that's going to step right into the NHL, and he's certainly not like in the same class as you know some of the other top defensemen that have been taken at, at first overall, Rasmus Dahlin, Owen Power. But I mean, he's got an excellent shot, and you know, he's got great size. That's why we talked about him being kind of that two way defender. And they, if if you think he's going to be a top two or top four defenseman. And he ends up turning out to be that. And so does Caden Gooley. I mean, then the Habs obviously have a great player here, right? But I think some Habs fans might not like this pick because it's not as sexy as as Matt Vay-Mitchkov, who obviously, you know, has the potential to be kind of that 80 to 100 point guy at the NHL level. Well, and, and you know, the interesting thing is, again, depending on your organizational perspective, if you weren't expecting to compete for another two or three years, and obviously Mitchkov isn't going to be available for three more years, as he. I mean, that you have to figure out what your organizational window is. And so for me, that's why I was a little surprised with Montreal because nobody anticipates Montreal and Jets fans are going to be happy for that. I think, I think Jets fans are done with the Habs fans. I think that they, uh, this, 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 this um, Dubois situation has soured, uh, you know, maybe a lot of parents who are uh, born Habs fans or were Habs fans uh, after the Jets left. It's one thing, but I think people are done with the Habs and, 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 you know, offering a bag of, a bag of peanuts, a stale bag of peanuts. Too as he, not a fresh bag of peanuts, a stale bag of peanuts. Oh, there's nothing coyotes, worse than stale peanuts. The coyotes at the board, so we'll we'll get that one up when it when it's announced. But I think you know it's interesting that I it, to me the I would have thought a team like Montreal would take a chance because that could go within their development window, and then you have a chance to get a guy on his ELC when he's 21, 22 years old, ready to go. It's gonna be a he's gonna be a real good professional. So I, I was a little bit surprised that uh, that they didn't go that route because of the plan. But you're right. I mean, if you have a guy who you think is going to become a a top defender in the NHL, then you, we saw with the Vegas Golden Knights. It's one of the things that folk, folks here in Winnipeg have been lamenting is that big defense. So we'll see what happens. This the pick is in. People can uh, tell us who it was at the uh, for the Phoenix Phoenix Arizona Coyotes. Or what are they called now? The Glendale Coyotes or the Mullet the, Coyotes, two, Tempe, the, Tempe Coyotes, the Tucson Coyotes, Scotts, Scottsdale Coyotes. Yeah, Tucson, Maricopa County. I have no idea. Um, not going to be in Arizona for very long. Coyotes. Let's let's. Simashev, um, as he it was Simashev. I think that's a pretty big surprise as well, right? 
if you look at the consolidated rankings, um, yeah. which obviously takes all um, all rankings, I don't think he was even in the top 10. Um, just looking at future considerations right now, I think they had him, was it, um, just checking right now, Dave, I don't even think he was in their top 15. So yeah. give me a second and I'll try to find a, a scouting report on him. But um, he is obviously a Russian player. Uh, kind of funny that they go with him over uh, Matt Faye Mitchkov, but he had 10 points in 29 games in the Russian Junior League last year. Um, and he played a little bit in the KHL as well, 18 games. There you go. Okay, as we're not quite into our first hour of the broadcast, but we haven't even taken a break yet. Now, Drew and I didn't take a break yesterday, and Drew is rather proud of that. But you know what? Drew's not on the show. Drew's not the host of the show. So Ezzy and I are going to take a little break. We're going to come back as who's up next, who's picking next. So we'll uh, give people a little uh, little update as to who's going to be the next team on the clock. I think yeah, you said so Philly. The seventh overall pick is Philly. Yep. And then yeah. you've got Washington, number eight. Uh, Detroit's got the ninth overall pick. And then the St. Louis Blues round out the top ten. Alrighty, we're going to go to some commercials to uh, thank our sponsors and take a little break. And as you know, I'll be back in a few minutes. You've been listening to the Illegal Curve Draft Show. Keeping Winnipeg laughing for over 30 years. Rumors, Canada's longest running comedy club. Bringing you the biggest laughs from the best comedians on the planet. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, Jon Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the greats, and all the up-and-comers too. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party. Even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. Hi, Ez. A strange question for you. But why are you lying on the ground being crushed by a piano? Well, Drew, I definitely tried to carry this baby grand piano down the stairs by myself, and somehow I failed miserably. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. That was a silly question on my part. My apologies. Would you like me to call Rolly's Transfer Moving and Storage to help you move the piano? They are the most experienced piano moving company in Winnipeg, after all. Yes, please call Rollies and hurry. This piano is very, very heavy. Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage offers stress-free residential moving services while taking great care of your personal belongings, including your piano. At Rollies, no job is too big or too small. For more information, visit Rollies.com. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. Hey, Drew. Ezzy, whoa, what a smile. Yeah, I got my crowns done at Linden Market Dental Center, and they whiten my teeth. I see. They're so bright that every time I smile, they go, We have hockey tonight. Do you have a mouth guard to protect those pearly whites? I sure do. Whoa, they even ting through the mouth guard. Linden Market Dental Center covers all your dental needs, from restorative to cosmetic dentistry, and will fit you with a sports guard for that active lifestyle. 877 Waverly. See LindenMarketDental.com. Boston Pizza harnessed Fanalytics to help optimize no-look dipping. Ooh, making adjustments so you can stay focused on the game. 
the playoffs at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve Draft Show. I'm Dave Manuk. He's Ezzy Ginsberg. We are with you all night long on the uh, broadcast, talking about the Winnipeg Jets, who are drafting in 18th right now. Well, not right now, but they'll be drafting in 18th. We just uh, the was that the sixth overall, seventh overall. I've already lost track. As yeah, Arizona uh, just drafted. Uh, sixth overall. Yeah. But you know, the interesting thing with Arizona, given the fact that, and again, obviously if that's your player, that's your player. Dmitry Simashev. Yes. And by the if- way, uh, just a little, uh, you know, bef- before we went to break there, Dmitry Simashev is obviously, you know, as off the board as they come, you know, yeah. we were talking about our, our friends at future considerations, FC hockey, they had them uh, at 24th overall. And then I was taking a look at uh, Craig buttons last uh, draft list. Here we go here. Simashev, hold on, let me go down the list here. I don't even know if you had him in the in the top 20. Yeah. Pardon me, top 30. I can't find him at all. Wow. Wow. But I mean, if you if okay, so as let's go through the logic here. If that's your case and you have a very good sense that I mean that's if most draft boards don't have them, and obviously public versus private the team ones are are, are could be different, but don't you think it's a bit unusual that you wouldn't have traded down? Like if you're the Coyotes, why not trade down? Especially even if you knew Philadelphia wanted to trade up, and they well, were think so- of all the good players that are still there, right? Like you've got Matvey Mitchkov, you've got Dalibor Dvorsky. We mentioned a really good Swedish center, um, or pardon me, I don't know. No, I think he's Slovakian who played in Sweden. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Leonard, U.S. National Development Program. Matthew Wood, Gabe Perot, who also played for the U.S. National Development Program. Uh, Philly uh, Keith Jones is up on the podium right now, Dave. Uh, yep. So we're going to get the Philly pick in in seconds here. You wonder if if it's going to be Mitchkov here, maybe Zach Benson, maybe Gabe Perot. Uh, the way things are going, they might they might go completely off the board um, because when it comes to uh, Dmitry Simashev, he was a guy that I, I I wasn't even my radar for the first 20, 25 picks. So that's why I mean that's not good asset management to me. And again, we don't know what other teams' boards could look like, and you don't want to have and him. Is, and this is Arizona we're talking about here, so. Yeah, I know. Like, it's just, it's, I don't know. I, I'm just a little surprised that you wouldn't have tried to take advantage of that. If you're planning on going that far off the board, then to me, that would have made an opportunity. That would have been an opportunity to to secure some more draft capital. So, sorry, I mean, Dave, I just to, sorry to cut in. Sure. Craig Button had Dmitry Simashev 49th overall. Wow. I repeat, well, 49th overall on his last uh, Craigslist, and he went sixth overall. So, that's maybe one of the biggest. <laughs> I mean, it kind of reminds you of Moritz Sider, uh, sixth overall. But the thing is, Moritz Sider was supposed to be a top 20 pick that year. I mean, most scouts had Simashev going kind of late first round, mid second round. Well, Joe, our our good friend Joe from Winnipeg had a a funny joke. He said... And Matt Fainichkov goes to Philly, by the way, Dave. I know. I was going to say that in a second. But you didn't let me finish my first thought, which was... and So you're not just cutting off me. You're cutting off Joe from Winnipeg, Ed, because it's his point I'm making. But I was... He said that uh, he... Well, let me put it on the board. So you can you can read it in, in its glory and then laugh. But he had a good one. He goes, I bet you Arizona picked the wrong Russian by mistake and instead meant Mitchkoff instead That's of, uh, what was his name? Who did they take in? Um, I've already forgotten. I was going to say Slipashev or something like that. Uh, Dmitry, but, Dmitry Simashev, Russian Simashev. defenseman. But anyways, the point is that uh, the Philadelphia Left Flyers just taught Mitchkoff. And so the uh, Philadelphia Flyers will have him sometime down the line but you know i think that's a good plan i like i like i respect what daniel Breer and the i guess the new brain trust in philadelphia are doing because really as he what they've decided is we stink we know we stink 
We're not going to be good. We're the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever did suck. And the fact of the matter is that we're better off trading away some of these players, recouping assets. And 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 he's saying, listen, our, our window is not going to be next year or maybe even the year after, but we're going to be ready to go when this guy is like they have a plan. And what he's doing is he's putting his plan into place. And I think when you draft a player like this, you're saying to the organ, you're saying to the fan base, listen, we're not going to be good this year. We're not going to be good next year, but we're planning on competing, you know, two, three, four years down the line. So be ready for that. But you're going to have to bear with us until that time takes. And, take, and we had Craig comes Button on. on the show Saturday and, and Drew asked him about Mitchkov and Button said that, you know, there isn't as much risk as some people think, right? Most NHL prospects or, or most NHL players don't mm-hmm. really establish themselves until that kind of 21 to 23 year old range, right? Yep. Look at Mark Shifley. I mean, look at Josh Morrissey. There, there's there's a long list of players. Look at Cole Perfetti's 21 years old. He's still trying to establish himself, right? Exactly. So I think Matvey Mitchkov, I mean, we've all seen the, the you know, the highlight reels. He pulled the, the you know, the Michigan in the Russian league. Like, and you look at Danny Briere, right? Like, what was Danny Briere known for, right? Being a skilled playmaker, goal scorer, right? And you're right, Dave. Like, he's putting his stamp on this team, right? Like, they know they're not going to be very good next year. So this isn't the draft pick that you make to help your team in the next two or three years. It's a, a pick that you make to help your team three to five years from now when you hope that, you know, the rebuild um, is coming to an end and you're starting to now compete for playoff spots on an annual basis, right? So I like this move, and it's what we talked about at the beginning of the show, right? We didn't think that Matvey Mishkov was going to go past seventh or eighth overall because you heard that the Washington Capitals, with their track record of of drafting and developing Russian players, obviously with Alex Ovechkin and Evgeny Kuznetsov being at the top of that list, right? Um, so I, I think this is a really good pick for for Philadelphia. And look, at, I, I, I think that you know just because the guy's going to be under contract for three years, and no, they're not going to be able to to break him out of that contract. That's a three-year contract he's going to play in Russia. Um, but you're going to get a really good player, and you have to think of a guy like Kirill Kaprizov, or you have to think of a guy like Artemi Panarin, right? Or as, mm-hmm. as David Zirk said, remember the Jets drafted Timu Solani in 1980, what was it, 1987? And they didn't get him until yeah, 87 or 88. Yeah. And then he I didn't was, come over oh, until 92, 93, right, Dave? So it was, I think yeah, it was 88. I mean, but I think the point that, is, and he didn't because he had to do his Finnish army service, right? So the, the point is that it's not it's not unheard of. And look at how good Timu Solani was when he was ready to come over as. So I think you see that. And again, like you just said, Kirill Kaprizov, if you want a more recent example, and look what he was able to do with Minnesota. Absolutely. And, you know, we've got Washington who's on the clock right now. Um, and obviously, you know, they're disappointed that they're, they're not going to get to take Mitchkov, but there's a lot of good players uh, that are going to be available. Just like there's going to be a lot of good players available for the Jets at 18th overall uh, and for Philadelphia when they make their next pick at 22nd overall. Craig Button said it, Dave. Um, you know, this is a, a draft that is deep, you know, 25 to 30 players, right? Yeah. It's one of the yeah. strongest drafts um, ever, really. And it's probably the strongest draft since 2015. And we know who went uh, first and second overall in, in 2015, right? So um, I think it's a really strong pick. And, I, and I, I'm still scratching my head at what Arizona did. No, I know. I, I think we all are. And, and I, I don't think that they made the wrong uh, selection. I mean, it's, as much as everybody wants to make a joke about uh, I think they made the wrong decision. I think that that was a pick that they could have had. But again, I mean, this is us speculating. We don't know what you hear. And again, they could have heard that you know, two or three teams were in on him. And and again, they're the ones who have the scouts 
watching these players. So, I mean, I know it's easy to, to, to rip these teams and to make fun of them and say, Hey, you know, but look, Arizona very easily could have known that Washington and maybe not Washington, but like Philadelphia or one of these teams was in on him, right? They may have had scouts there. So again, it's easy to throw your hands up and go, well, what the hell is, is this team thinking? But I think there's a little bit more to it. There's a little more involved. And again, your scouting department, first of all, none of these scouting departments get everything right. The Jets don't get everything right. There's a lot of players who never pan out, uh, you know, as so, so it's not, it's not a, it's not a exact science, but the fact of the matter is, you know, folks spend their entire year preparing for this, you know, and Mark Hill, you talked about it. It's, you do the Ivan Halenka in August. And now he's already, as soon as this is done, he's going to the Ivan Halenka, you know, getting ready for that next Ivan Halenka. So I, I think it's one of those situations where you got to give them a little bit of latitude. I, I just don't like the, I, I, to me, I think they could have made some more, they could have had some more draft capital as a result. I know Arizona has a lot. I think maybe as, as he's, their problem is Arizona's really good at securing dead contracts. Maybe they're not so good at getting prospects, but they're really good at securing dead money. So they yeah, were just exactly. like, what, what are we supposed to do? We don't know what we're supposed to do. Anyway, well, if they want to come full capital, they, they can take Blake Wheeler's uh, half of Blake Wheeler's contract if they want. But um, Washington's about to make their pick, Dave. They're on. No, they took the it. Leonard. There you go. I believe they took, I, I believe they did. That's what, that's what Matthew Thompson is telling us. David Zirk is saying Leonard would be, would be a good pick. So maybe, well, it says that he's been selected. I can't, I can't see. It kind of looks like Jansen Harkins, actually, this kid. I don't know who he is, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll know in a second. Yeah. It's Ryan Leonard confirmed. Ryan Leonard. Okay. There we yeah, go. Ryan Leonard from the U S national development program here. Uh, we talked about him. Uh, the line was Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, and Gabe Perot, if I'm not mistaken. And Craig Button on our show said that uh, Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, and Gabe Perot was the best line that he saw uh, this year. So Ryan Leonard, he's not a he's not a big player. Um, I think he's 5'11", uh, 6 feet, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but really talented player. Um, and, you know, I, I think, you know, at uh, eighth overall, Washington got a really good player there. Well, and, and again... You know, I was going to say, as he, you know, we're talking about Mitchkov for the Capitals, but the reality is, if you're the Capitals with an aging Alexander Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom and 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 TJ Oshie, John Carlson, you've got an an aging core over there in Washington. And again, I don't know how soon these guys are in terms of getting into an NHL lineup, but maybe you're anticipating or hoping you're going to have someone who could turn the corner a little bit sooner than Mitchkov to get into that window of helping them out right now, because they still, I mean, again, with that group are kind of in win now mode, are they not? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They are. And, you know, Ovechkin's going to score a goal number 894 and 895, a couple seasons from now, he's not going to do it next year, uh, Mm -hmm. but a couple of seasons from now, he's going to do it. And you're absolutely right. I mean, Washington, it's going to be three or four years from now before they start to rebuild Dave. Um, right. and you know, just looking at uh, the scouting report again, we keep uh, referencing our friends at FC hockey. Uh, you know, if you look at the, the scouting report, it's all about skill, high hockey IQ, uh, versatile shot. He's going to go to Boston college, which I, if I'm not mistaken, Will Smith is also going to go to Boston college. So I, I mean, it so, seems yeah. like every year, you know, the best players go to university of Michigan, university of Minnesota, uh, Boston college, obviously, you know, university of North Dakota hasn't, uh, been as successful but for many years you know they were getting the top prospects if you think about you know Travis Zajac and and Jonathan Taves, Zach Parise, TJ Oshie you, you know all the names the good players UND's had Tucker Pullman shout out to yep. the, the former Jet um Colson so Pullman. Think Ryan, 
Yeah, Ryan Leonard, um, as we talked about, he's a, he's a winger. You know, he's not huge, um, but he's just a guy, I think, that's an overall great player who makes a lot of good plays and uh, scored the game-winning goal at the U18s um, and also is, is, is a pretty good defensive player. So he's a, a player that a lot of scouts think projects as a first-line winger, but even if he projects as a second-line winger, um, you know, for the Washington Capitals, that's going to be a, a great draft pick. So, um, again, you've still got Zach Benson on the board, Dave. Uh, I think he's going to go, if he doesn't go ninth overall, um, who's got the ninth overall pick? Is it the the Red Wings? Red Wings are up now. Yeah, the Red Wings have the ninth overall pick. And I've got, uh, maybe I'm a little bit higher on Benson, but I keep bringing him up. But, uh, you, know, you know, there's still a lot of good players uh, available right now. We talked about Matthew Wood. Um, who also, uh, I believe, do you play for or maybe University of Connecticut or the U.S. National Development Program? Um, Edward Saleh, who I believe is Czech, um, and he is supposed to go uh, somewhere in the top 12 or, or top 15. Uh, so it's going to be interesting, but we're getting closer to the Jets pick here. Um, nine picks away from the Jets. Going a little quicker, Dave, than in previous I, years, actually. I was just going to say, as you know, this is this is traditionally a much longer process, and it feels like it's more streamlined. I don't know if the teams had a uh, a meeting in advance, but it seems like, you know, well, I think also it's there hasn't been a trade, right? We haven't heard Gary go, there's a trade to announce. So I think part of the reason why there's, uh, you know, and, and even even if you notice, and, and you know this from from watching this for many years or being there, Oftentimes teams will pause, right? They have an opportunity. They don't have to go right up as soon as it's their pick. You see them make a phone call. You see them having conversations as to whether they're going to make a trade or not make a trade. So it, that hasn't taken place, right? We haven't seen that happen so far tonight, uh, at least from what I've seen. So I think it's an, a, a real interesting draft right now and the way it's kind of playing itself out. And yeah, you're right. As At 18, the Jets are definitely going to be getting uh, a quality player. And, and whether it's, you know, uh, uh, Danielson, a Jaeger, uh, an Oliver Moore, uh, who knows? And we know that Rutger McGordy was, was, like I said, he was on Jets at noon the other day. Uh, he's big, uh, well-connected. He's actually in Nashville. He'll be in Winnipeg next week, as will um, Brad Lambert for the development camp, which gets underway on July 4th to the 8th at Hockey for All Center. So if you're interested in seeing the Jets of tomorrow next week, you can go to the Hockey All Brawl Center. We'll have that schedule up on a little site called LegalCurve.com. Steve Eisman walking up to the podium. And as the Detroit Red Wings have made some very good picks. Oh, Manuk's yes. Antlers are here. What's up, Manuk's Antlers? And, you know, Edward Sally, I think I'm pronouncing that name right. Uh, we talked about him. He's Czech, uh, good size, uh, really good player, uh, good shot, skilled player. Another guy that we talked to Craig Button about on Saturday, Saturday was Axel Sandin Pelika. Yeah, uh, a guy that Craig Button had fifth overall on his final rankings. Other scouts had him kind of going in that tel- ten to twelve range. So it'll be interesting to see if they go with the Swedish defenseman because we know that you know the of the long list of great Swedish players. I think there's a guy named what was it Nicholas Lids Lidstrom? Nicholas yeah. Lidstrom, I think was his yeah. name, right? He was pretty yeah. good. Um, I'd say he's the second best uh, defenseman after Bobby Orr and uh, Moritz Sider, the German defenseman who they took several years back. It'll be interesting to see who they go with here. Uh, we'll find out who Stevie Y is going to go with. Uh, Colby Barlow is another guy. We talked about Matthew Wood. Um, and another guy, Zach Benson. Is this going to be the, the no, pick? No, it wasn't Benson. Benson goes? It was definitely not Benson because I know that I, I know Benson's face. And Matthew Thompson says Danielson. Oh, Nate Danielson, as he Brandon Wheat King. Yep. And I know that uh, Wheat, the Wheat King's owner, um, 
I forget the first name. Last name is Jacobson. The Brandon Weekings owner is in uh, in Nashville for the draft, obviously because of Nate Danielson. I think his first name is Jacob. Uh, no, I believe that's his son. No, I'm joking. Or is it Jackson? Jackson Jacobson's his son. I'm he was drafted Jacob, by Jacobs, the Jacob Jacobson. Uh, <laughs> the, the owner of the of the Weekings is there, but uh, yeah, Nate Danielson goes ninth overall. Uh, 78 points last year uh, for Nate Danielson. Really talented player. He's not from Manitoba. Uh, I believe he's from Alberta, Dave, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Yeah. Um, Red, Car- Red Deer, Carson Bjarnison is from Carberry. He's expected to go somewhere in that kind of 20 to 28, 30th overall range. Can end up going in the second round. But uh, Nate Danielson. That's right, by the way, is he from Red Deer? Being, yeah, there you go. So I knew I knew it was uh, it was a little f- more west of us here in, in Winnipeg. So Nate Danielson was going to say, in addition to Dubin having some great ginger flow there, as he's yep. walking up to the podium, shaking Gary Bettman's hand, he's going to shake Stevie Wise's hand in a second. Um, but Nate Danielson, um, you know, is a really talented player. Maybe went a little bit um, earlier, but I mean, when you're talking about a center with some some decent size, lots of skill, goal scoring ability, and he's got some grit to his game, right? He's a guy that the scouting reports I've read um, is a guy that's pretty tenacious on the forecheck. Um, so the, the the wings most likely are going to have uh, a really good NHL there player in Nate Danielson. I just didn't read my my private note to him where I said, "As I'm just going to send some tweets out." So you got to keep got to keep rolling. I didn't want to do this 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 move motion. Sorry, there. Dave. I was on another browser. I didn't see that. <laughs> I can keep talking about Nate Danielson if you want. Please do. I didn't, didn't didn't see him. Didn't see him play a ton, uh, obviously, but I know he was one of the top players for the Weekings. We mentioned uh, put up 78 points for the Brandon Weekings this past year um, and just adds to you know a great stable of prospects there in Detroit. I mean, this Detroit Red Wings team is going to be a team that, uh, you know... Is... As, can you hear me right now? You can? Oh, I can't hear. That's really weird. I can't hear you. I can hear I you. Know. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay. Whew. I was a little bit bizarre. Someone was, yeah, everyone who was, I was, I muted or was as he muted. Someone was muted and I couldn't hear you. And all of a sudden I was like, what is going on right now? I thought I was hearing something. Anyways, I'm back. I got the tweet out. It was very, it was a very good tweet guys. Very important. Very important. More importantly, not as important as you smashing that like button here on the illegal curve draft show to let Ezzy and I know that you're uh, loving this show. And I haven't checked as, because I asked everyone after the end of last night's show, if they'd go on our, iTunes or wherever you can leave comments on podcasts and drop a comment on the illegal curve podcast. It doesn't have to be a positive comment. Those are the comments I prefer because I don't want negative ones, but you know, regardless, if you want to give constructive criticism, maybe send me an email. Let me know. I had someone else recently just constructively criticized me, not in a bad way, just gave some, some suggestions. I said, that's fine. But you know, if you're going to be able to leave a comment on our, uh, on our iTunes and let us know, rate us as course. And, and give us some uh, give us some love. Smash that like button and make sure again. If I can ask you, if you're not already, make sure you're subscribing to the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Uh, even if you're not going to be one of the chatters, we would like it for you to be able to be on the show. You can you can like I said, you don't have to chat, but it's always helpful if you're subscribed and letting uh, us know that you enjoy what we are able to do. And that's what we get. We get that positive reinforcement when we see our subscription numbers go up. We went over five thousand. Of Saturday show as, and now we're approaching 5,100. So we're we're climbing. We're still climbing ever more, and we appreciate everybody's support here on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, Illegal Curve Post Game Show. And as quickly, because it's on a commercial break right now, so I'm going to ask you a question. The schedule came out. How beautiful is the schedule? The fact that it came out and the Jets are playing the LA Kings 
for the third game of the season. So Pierre-Luc Dubois will be in Winnipeg. It's the second home game. First game, of course, against Paul Maurice and the Florida Panthers. The first home game, sorry. The first home game, first game period, so the season opener will be in Calgary on the road. But the first home game will be against Florida Panthers. And then two days later, Pierre-Luc Dubois and the LA Kings come to town. Yeah, pretty awesome. The Jets get to see Paul Maurice, Matthew Kachuk, AL early in the season. And then the Jets get to see the new Pierre-Luc Dubois on the LA Kings. So you got to like that. Just wanted to go back, Dave, to what I was talking about before with Nate Danielson. So it's Jared Jacobson. Sorry, I couldn't remember his first name. He's the owner of the Wee Kings who obviously bought the team from, from Kelly McCrimmon, who obviously is now the GM of the Vegas Golden Knight. Uh, Knights won a Stanley Cup. St. Louis Blues are going to get up to the podium here. Uh, and make the 10th overall pick. Just wanted to to read a scouting report for those who are a little bit more uh, curious about Nate Danielson. He's a plug-and-play center who excels in all three zones, displaying smooth and fluid skating and quick decision-making with the puck. He supports his defenders both in battles and as a low-outlet option below the hash marks, effectively separating opponents from the puck into the defensive and neutral zones. Danielson is known for his active stick in defending using pokes and strong stick lifts and his wingspan, which deters attackers he has drawn interest for his size poise and finesse in stick handling and passing so that just tells you i mean he's a he's a real skilled player um even though we thought he was going to kind of go in more of that 12 to 18 range um obviously the red wings like what they saw from from nate danielson uh, with his time in the wheat kings and, and they snatched him up and i think the blues the blues did just make their pick as he they went 10th overall and they took Dvorsky, I think is what uh, Matthew Thompson, who's been very helpful. Shelly also. So they're telling us Dvorsky at 10 to the St. Louis Blues. There was uh, Doug Armstrong didn't take any hesitation. He went up there. He didn't allow anybody else to make that selection. He's like, I got this. He went right up to that podium. So as we're flying along here, I mean, we're already through 10 picks. It's 720. I mean, this could be the fastest show in the history of the Illegal Curve uh, hockey show. And we've done a lot of these since we've been in business. But uh, yeah, so there you go. Dvorsky going to the St. Louis Blues, 10th overall. What can you tell us about that? And again, as folks are noticing in the chat, this means guys like Perot, Benson, Moore are starting to slide and becoming more and more. And that's what Mark Hillier talked about. They're guys that they have at 9, 10, 11, or they're at 18. You're going to watch him sprint to that podium to make that selection for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, and what's got to stand out to you too as well is that only a couple of defensemen, or no, was it three defensemen have gone so far? Uh, in in the top 10. Axel Sandin Pelica, a guy who we talked to Craig Button a lot about on Saturday's show. He's still available there. Um, Dvorsky is a guy who was ranked uh, as high as seventh overall by some scouts. Um, and what stands out, and, and this isn't going to surprise a lot of people, uh, highly skilled, versatile, has an elite shot, uh, high hockey IQ, great vision. Uh, I'm reading the scouting report here. Also exhibits strong puck protection skills. He's aggressive on the forecheck tenacious and digging for pucks sounds like he'd be a, a great winnipeg jet by the way if he was available at 18th overall uh says that Dvorsky's speed and acceleration still need improvement but he's got an ex exceptional understanding of the game and ability to make the right play in all situations um and he has the ability to contribute uh at the nhl level on the power play so obviously you know the st louis blues are a team that have been you know active in, in the trade market kevin hayes former winnipeg jet is now reunited with his friend Tori Krug in uh, St. Louis. And now well, they've got now. a really, yeah, exactly for now. Um, so they've got a really talented player there um, in Dvorsky, who's uh, obviously got some good size at six foot one. 
Uh, he's a center. I'm not sure if he projects as a center or a winger at the NHL level. Um, but you're right, Dave. I mean, there's a, a lot of good players that are still left, and that's what we expected. That is exactly what we expected. Uh, Tom Vielander, Swedish defenseman, is another guy who you expect to kind of go in the next four or five picks here. Uh, Colby Barlow from the Ontario Hockey League, left winger. He's another guy. Caleb Ritchie, uh, the Oshawa Generals. But I, I wonder here, you know, if if Zach Benson goes in the next two or three picks. And again, yeah, Todd, Todd you know, believes he, that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, if Zach Benson goes, you know, past thirteenth or fourteenth overall, uh, then the Winnipeg Jets, I think, are going to be licking their their lips here because he's such a talented player who's obviously not going to be playing in Winnipeg, unfortunately, because of the move to um, Washington State with the Wild, uh, Wenatchee. Um, but where yeah, do you announce it? I, Where do you announce you're taking? If you're taking Zach Benson, do you say from the Winnipeg Ice or do you say the Wenatchee Wild? I think you've got to say Wenatchee Wild, Dave. I mean, I think, you know, if you say the Winnipeg Ice, I mean, the Winnipeg Ice have moved. They no longer exist. I know mean, it's it's weird to say that, yeah. um, but they're they're no longer uh, playing in Winnipeg. So I think well, we, got, we, got a little, we got a little breaking news. It's not of the hockey variety, and I threw it up on the board, but I want to just give a special shout out to the Illegal Curve intern. She's the intern, not just for us, but also for Winnipeg Sports Talk, Kenny and Rennie, and all the Winnipeg Sports Podcasts. But Bailey graduated today, so uh, congratulations to Bailey the official intern is coming up. God, big things coming up. So congratulations to Bailey on the, on the uh, graduation. Uh, enjoy your summer, but the legal curve isn't going anywhere. And like I said, that schedule came out as he 82 games with us on the post game show. We got Saturday shows till at least the end of July. Remember free agency. I mean, this is the crazy thing about this, this seat, this schedule right now. We've got the draft right now till tomorrow. Then you got free agency on Saturday. And then, sorry, the Canucks are going to be up there, the 11th over pick, the team with the 11th overall pick. And then after that, you've got development camp. You've got, again, the free agency's kind of peters out till about the middle of July. And we're going to keep on going. We're going to keep on rolling until at least the end of July. And then we take off August and we'll be back the first week of, or the second week, I guess, second weekend of September um with our rebirth illegal curve hockey show and then of course the post game show gets going in october but it looks like uh rutherford and company are getting up to the podium right now to uh i almost said jeremy uh rutherford but i was like no that's not i was thinking st louis jeremy rutherford jim rutherford and the uh, vancouver canucks are heading up to the podium with the is oliver moore an option here dave is is gabe perot an option. Well, of course there are options, but you know what I mean? Is that going to be the selection, right? We talked about Zach Benson. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to watch him? You you just have to go a little bit south uh mm-hmm. to Wenatchee, right? To I always to love by the way, as I always love when they have the name bar on the back of the jersey. Like when the team has the confidence yeah. and you know, they're you're like like Philadelphia didn't have Mitch Goff because I'm assuming they thought he was gone before, but you just always I always watch to see if the name bar is actually on the back. What is with the pick is in? I feel like I'm watching like Maury Povich right now. Like it's like it's like the results are in. Well, now it's by the way, speaking of as a complete aside, a buddy of mine sent me a thing. Apparently, Maury Povich is now doing home pregnancy tests. That's <laughs> the amazing. results are in. I don't know if it's real or not, but he sent it to me and I started howling. So yeah, whether that's Anyways. real or not, that's amazing. But uh yeah. yeah, Dave, I'm gonna I'm just gonna wait uh for the Patrick Alvin and the Canucks to make the pick. Could be Oliver Moore, could be Zach Benson, could be Gabe Perot, could be not something- Zach Benson. I can tell you right now, it's not Zach Benson. Look, he looks uh, like a European kid. So I'm going to guess he's, uh, I don't know. Edward Saleh, we talked about. 
Why is the chat not helping us out? Come on, chat. You guys are ahead of us. Ezzy and I are behind. Well, we don't know yet. I, I mean, I, it's amazing. Kind of weird that they're not posting it on well, the... They don't, they don't post the name. Oh, it's Will, it's uh, Wall, Willander. Willander. Okay, Tom yeah. Willander we talked about. Yeah. Swedish defenseman. Uh, I believe he's right shot, Dave, because we talked to Craig Button about him. Um, just pull up his report here. I believe he's a right shot defenseman. But he was one of the top defensemen um, projected to go. I think he was... Most scouts had him as the third or fourth best defenseman. Yeah. So I think that makes a lot of a lot of sense. And obviously, let's be honest, the Canucks aren't very strong on defense. Obviously, right. Quinn Hughes is is uh, one of the I'd say a top twenty defensemen in the NHL. But after that, they just bought out Oliver Ekman Larson, right? So kind of funny they they buy out one Swedish defenseman, then they draft another Swedish defenseman. Uh, but Tom Willander, I think, based on what Craig Button was telling us on Saturday's show. I think um, his maybe his offensive upside isn't as strong, but he's a guy that's a, a really excellent uh, defenseman, and I think uh, most scouts believe he'll be a top four, even top two defenseman at the NHL level. So I think that's a that's a safe pick for the Canucks at number eleven. Well, again, like it, it really is fascinating to watch. I mean, it's amazing as, and we prepare for the draft, but we don't do what, what scouts do. And we don't do what a lot of these prospect experts do, but it, it really is amazing to watch the way this first round plays out. Because again, teams have to evaluate what is it that they need? You know, are you going for the best player available? Are you going for uh organizational need? And of course, most, most would go with best player available, but there are some very good players that potentially could fall to the Winnipeg Jets with just what is it five more picks left uh i think or before the jets pick or six more picks before the arizona is up next dave at at number 12 at 12 yeah uh and then you've got buffalo 13 pittsburgh nashville calgary detroit gets another pick and then winnipeg at 18 there you go all right well you know what we're going to be joined very soon and by very soon i mean right away by mr jet setting himself scotty billick of the winnipeg sun he is going to join us to talk about all things Winnipeg Jets here on this special edition of the Illegal Curve NHL draft coverage brought to you by our friends at Betway. So let's bring Scott in without further ado. Scott, how art thou? It's good. Is my mic better? Like, does my mic work? Can you hear me? It is okay. good. Crystal clear. There were some Scotty. issues. I, yeah, there's some issues I, earlier. So I just have your back, Scott. I didn't do. I didn't. It's not like I tweeted it at you. I no, I no. I, you I didn't have to. Other people did. So. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Scott, we were yeah. just talking about this like five or ten minutes ago. Is this not going faster, much faster than previous years? Because when we were texting, I I, I asked <sighs> you to come on at 7.30 because I was thinking the Jets would pick at maybe 8.30 at the earliest. Well, the way I think things are going, the Jets might pick yeah. at 8 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Eight's still fine, I guess. Eh? I mean, whatever. I'm, I'm fine with earlier because I still got to write about <laughs> all this crap, so... The what have your impressions been so far, Scott? Because obviously, um, you yeah. know, it was a surprise that Adam Fintilli went third overall. Not that big of a surprise because we thought Carlson was going to go third overall. But what have your kind of, right. you know, uh, macro level impressions been of the first 11 picks? Yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know. Is Mishkov falling that far that big of a surprise? I, I don't know. I mean, part of my wonder with him is, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things with Mishkov, right? I mean, he's... One, he's got a KHL contract. I believe there's some um, character concerns. And and so if, if that's the case with him, maybe I'm not surprised that Arizona, who took Mitchell Miller uh, what, in 2020, and that didn't work out. And then Montreal, they took Logan Mayu, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, 
so so I wonder if those teams those teams uh maybe just kind of steered clear but I mean I, I think the the one pick is the uh and I'm gonna butcher the name um Simishev Simishev mm-hmm. I, I think it is mm-hmm. uh Dimitri you know, Simishev yeah yeah like I mean Arizona <clears throat> that that's a weird one only because like you could have taken a lot of guys right I mean uh or you could have traded it you could have traded it to move down Right, exactly. I mean, I think, you know, some of the mocks uh, that I read from, from you know, even Sam Constantino, who's on here, had him, I think, I think going to uh, Toronto, uh, 28th maybe. The carpet did not move. It's still there. It's it's literally over, I guess, if you're looking at me, over my right shoulder. Uh, it's over my right shoulder. Um, I'm not good with the mirror. I think thing, it's but... fallen down a little bit. It's, it's, it oh, has it? I mean, I ha- Oh. The carpet's underneath you, Scott. That's where it is. Well, there is some carpet underneath me too. Yeah, that's the old carpet that used to be under here. So, anyways, um, yeah. I mean, you know, not, nothing else. So, I mean, I, I think if I was just, I mean, I'm looking at at Sam's thing. I, I've looked at a few of them now, but I mean, the, the 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 Carlson Fantilli thing. I mean, there was talk that that Anaheim would potentially not take uh, Fantilli. So, I mean, who knows? I mean. This is the thing with the draft, right? Every year there's something. Um, every year there's something. And we go all the way back to 2011. I don't think many people thought the Jets were taking Mark Shifley that year, right? Um, and, you know, Mark Shifley goes early in the draft there, uh, earlier than he was destined to be. Um, and, Do you think you know, he's, he's had a better player, NHL so. career than Sean Couturier? But, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. Do you want to go there? <laughs> well, I mean, Shifley's playing still, and Sean Couturier was out all year last year, I think, so... But yeah, you know, nothing really. I mean, you know, Zach Benson hasn't gone yet, although uh, Arizona's still up here. Uh, I'll see it. You know, the interesting thing with the Coyotes is they like their ice players. So when they, they didn't take them, it's, it's, it's they not, didn't it's take not, them. No. So I'm no. watching on my computer. And so, like, I hate Sportsnet when I'm watching on my computer because it's always like it, there's already a delay when you watch Sportsnet just live. Like, you know, we're at the games all the time in the press box. And anytime it's a Sportsnet game, it's always like 30 <laughs> min- seconds to a minute behind. But then when you're watching it on your computer instead of on TV, there's like another 30 seconds tacked yeah. onto it here. Daniel so, Boot. Daniel Boot. Yeah, yeah. So he, he was high up there too. You know, you know, what, you know, I'll say this. I think the one thing for the Winnipeg Jets here is that they're getting somebody good at 18, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. they're already on, what is this? This is the 12th selection. Yeah, I mean, Buffalo's so, up next. So Perot is still left. Benson's still left. Barlow's still left. Jaeger's still left. Uh, yeah, Oliver Moore. I mean, so. Axel Sandy Pelica. Right, right. Like he's, I mean, you know, if they can get him to fall, I mean, I, uh, this is the part where you wondered, you know, do the Jets start actually looking to maybe trade up for a guy that they want? I, I don't and know. That's what I was going to mention, away, Scotty. That's I almost wonder. the biggest surprise so far is that no teams have, have traded up, right? You heard Philly might, you know, make a move uh, to trade their 22nd overall pick and the seventh overall pick to Montreal at number five. Yeah. Um, but obviously, but then they found know, out they didn't need to because exactly. they wanted so you wonder if there's going to be a trade here. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you, you do wonder, right? I mean, I don't know uh, who's next. Who's next up? It's Buffalo. Next Buffalo up. at thirteen. Buffalo, yeah. Pittsburgh, Nashville. I mean, maybe Pittsburgh. It'd be interesting to see what they do with Pittsburgh. Right? We've heard Pittsburgh maybe in some trade discussions with the Jets. I mean, I don't know if you're going to see anything big here with it. Uh, with with I know Pittsburgh's in, interested in 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 obviously in, in maybe potentially in Blake Wheeler a little bit, but that's not going to. That's not going to make them trade down. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, that's the thing, right? At this point, this point, the Jets might know roughly who guys are drafting to still, right? right? Like, that's the other thing. I mean, heard Philly talk a little bit about it on the broadcast here, and, and part of their thing is, well, we kind of knew he was going to fall at this point. 
once a couple teams didn't take him, we kind of figured he'd fall to the seventh pick. So you didn't really have to kind of worry about it at that point. So perhaps the Jets know, um, you know, where it's going. But uh, yeah, uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know what they take. I mean, I honestly, I think if, if Sandy and Pelica fell as far as eighteen, they would take him, even if Zach Benson's on the table. I think, I think the idea of being a a, a big right-handed shot defenseman into the prospect system is exactly what this Jets team needs. And he if plays get it. And he plays with Elias Salmonson. Right. All right. So right. there's the yeah. So there's the connection there. Of course. I mean, they, they've taken Swedes uh, in in the past. Obviously, David Gustafson, Salmonson. Um, they got Simon Lundmark. There's other guys um, that I'm just not thinking of right now. Um, but yeah. So you know, just kind of looking at how this is going, it'll be interesting to kind of see who falls them. But but you know, I think it. I think, you know, the blanket statement here is they're going to have a good pick. And whether it's a big defenseman, like the right-handed guy there, and uh, uh, whatever his name is, the Swede. I'm going to call him the Pelican. Swede. I, Axel um, Janssen. Uh, Axel, so uh, this, uh, this is a selfish reason why I don't want the Jets to take him. Typing Johnson Fialvi all last season with the hyphen <laughs> was so annoying. Um, I, I don't know about it. it I was trying to do Dominic but... DiVincentis today, Scott. Let me tell you, that well, wasn't Well, I know that, that one's, you know, at least it's one one name. Like, once you finally figure it out, like, it's yeah. not that, like, you just like, you start getting the muscle memory, right? So it's just really yeah. easy to do. Well, Danil Butt um, would be much easier if he slipped to, <laughs> slipped to 18th. By the way, be. I was just looking, yeah. you know, speaking of, of, of the Coyotes, and uh, reaching at at sixth overall with Dmitry Simashev, most mm-hmm. scouts had uh, Danil Butt going late in the first round. Craig Button had him ranked thirtieth yeah. overall, but obviously, I mean, this is a crapshoot, right? Like, it doesn't matter where any of these guys are ranked. All that matters is where the, well, the respective where the teams NHL teams them. amateur scouting staff has yep. them ranked, right? Well, and it's interesting that Arizona is now taking. Well, where's Simashev from? Is he from? Simashev uh, is a Russian, Russian defense. Is he Russian? Yeah. So they've taken two Russians now. Um, so that's interesting. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what that means because they've taken two Russians that are sort of kind of off the board, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, so so what's the connection there? I mean, I imagine that gets um, talked about at some point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm it, it's gone like every draft, right? Like, there's always something in every draft that kind of shake up, shakes up, you know, what's happening, right? And and so you know, we've seen that. We obviously saw that. You know, with the fifth overall pick, who uh, what was his name? Uh, the guy that Carey Price couldn't remember, David Reinbacher. Oh, Reinbacher, um, yeah. Going, going there. So, so yeah. I mean, and then it's all kind of changed because Mitch Mitchkov didn't didn't go early. I mean, you know, obviously there's there's the fact that he might not play in the NHL for three years, which yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting because we we think that, and and because Mitchkov is so good, right, and 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 so highly touted, he's the type of player that maybe could come in at eighteen or nineteen. And play right away. He has that contract in the KHL. I don't know how if he can get out of it or not. But you, you, you kind of he think can. the guys that's, that, the, that's the craziest thing. But I don't think Philadelphia cares, right? Like I think they're yeah, prepared, well, right, well, right. Because some guys wait till they're twenty to twenty-one to get into exactly. the NHL anyway. So Mitchkov will be there. I mean, I think I think part of it is like we've seen guys come over from the KHL and really succeed at times. Um, we've seen guys come over and and not succeed in the NHL. But right. I mean. You know, it, what do you want this guy to come and play in junior now when he's tearing up the KHL? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if that would be the best development plan for him, anyways, other than him coming and playing in the NHL. Um, but maybe Philly doesn't see that as something that he, you know, is ready for just yet either. Who knows? I mean, it, this is the thing with all these guys. You, you, you never know what every, each team kind of thinks of all of them. So, um, yeah. So, uh, how, great, how great, you know, just yeah. to jump in here, Scotty, like, 
you know, we've got the 13th overall picks, as Dave mentioned, Buffalo Sabres here. And I'm going to keep talking about Zach Benson. Maybe it's the recency bias because he was here in, in Winnipeg <laughs> playing for the ice, putting up 98 points in the regular season. And I realize, okay, you know, Western Hockey League might be a little higher scoring, everything like that. But, like, wouldn't it be funny if Buffalo took Zach Benson? They've already they got uh, Matt, Matthew they Savoy. Did Zach Benson. Oh, there you yeah. go. Okay. Yeah. So there we go. they've already there got Matthew go. Savoy there, who yep. obviously was Benson's teammate with the Winnipeg Ice, and now Wenatchee Wild um are, are gonna have him so i mean yeah there you go yeah. i mean i just I, I couldn't imagine zach benson falling all the way to 18th overall he's just way too skilled yeah sorry i'm just retweeting your tweet so people know that i'm here yeah so, let's um, go scott yeah, get us yeah, up get those sure. numbers well, up. i just forgot about it now i try to remember that more and more but i'm on like sports i'm on a big sports talk or, or kenny and rennie or all those 13. things but yeah i think that's a great pick look at that mullet man holy smokes there we go what a beauty! But uh, you know, Scott, uh, we were talking about yeah. we were ca- talking about Zach Benson Sorry, before. Sorry, he asked a question. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's a good idea. Like, I mean, I uh, hey, if you like a certain program, and this is one of the reasons why I thought maybe Benson might go to Arizona because, like, if you you like Connor Geeky, I mean, right. you probably like the idea that that you know you have another guy that's been coached and developed and all that by the same team that maybe is. I mean, Buffalo obviously is happy about what they got here because I think they they've sort of seen the same pipeline out of out of the you know the former Winnipeg Ice now the was it the Winatachi, uh, Winachi, Winachi Wild? Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, I, I, I think oh, it, it's good. It's good for Buffalo. It gets two players out of the same program, two teammates, two guys who've played together. I mean, that's, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's something that you would obviously, I think, like as a team. And you know, we we've seen this in the past before, where where guys take players that are out of the same program or you know, teammates at college or whatever, right? So, yeah, it's interesting to see. Well, the continuation of the draft coverage here on Illegal Curve continues to roll on. We are uh, approaching the end of our second hour, and we're going to keep going all night long, Scott. That's what we do here on our draft Always coverage fun. show. We don't we don't end. We just keep it rolling. Of course, we know you're going to have some writing to do, but we're not going to keep you all the long, uh, that long. We'll keep you a little bit longer because the oh, Jets yeah, sure. still have Jets still have. A, uh, I think there's five more picks before they go. What and, a great jersey this this Sabres jersey. Oh, Sorry, amazing. I agree. I'm just off the cuff here, but like yeah. that old, like I like the old. Uh, I, I never liked the Buffalo slug, which was like the yeah. The, the I white never one. liked that one. Yeah, but uh, I, I I like I like I love the Demon Buffalo. I like the one that Hasek kind of was in all the time yeah. and all that. Yeah. I was gonna say like it makes you think then. of Hasek or Patty Lafontaine. Oh yeah, Patty Lafontaine for sure. Um, what's his name that got uh, uh Brian uh. Oh, the guy who just absolutely blew up R.J. Umberger that one time. Uh, Brian Campbell, I think it was. Maybe it was oh, Campbell. Yeah, 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 Brian Campbell. Yeah, anyways, Defense yeah. Man. So, um, yeah, but I just, yeah. I remember those days because I used to watch Buffalo quite a bit because I just loved Hashik, right? And so, yeah, um, yeah, I was a big, big fan of, of that growing up. But this jersey, this jersey that they've, it's, I want one of these jerseys. Like this, this blue, royal blue with the thing, like the, the, the old school kind of throwback. I love it. I love that old Sabres jersey. It's, it's would you put Hasek on the back or would you just put, go with Billick? I wouldn't put any. I don't put names on the back of jerseys anymore. I mean, I used to um, when I was a kid. Um, but now it's just like, eh, whatever. I, I'm just not that guy anymore. Like, I just, I mean, I, I you know, it's funny. And people are, oh, I, I still have people that are like, oh, it's so cool that you get to, you know, see these guys and talk to these guys every day and all that stuff. But they just become regular kind of people to you, right? Like, it's not. Yeah. And I just don't really cheer for anybody in the NHL, you know. Like I just have no. no of course not. No, no you got to stay no, biased. I mean, we, well, get that, like, oh, we get that as journalists, Scotty. Right? <laughs> we know that we have to be unbiased. Yeah. This, by the way, hold on. The, sorry, they're showing on the television. That was the the, the Saskatoon. Is this the, the 
the oh. play against Saskatoon that right. I talked about, yeah. where Benson went into the neutral zone, stole the puck, and then just scored an absolute yeah. beauty goal. The kid is the kid's got just. I know he's small, but he's got unbelievable desire. Well, that's to why score. a lot of scouts had him, you know, fifth overall, oh, sixth yeah. overall, seventh overall, right, Dave? So yep. I think at thirteenth overall, I mean, I it's kind of like Perfetti, a, right? You wouldn't call it a steal, but it's just it's uh, good value at number thirteen. Well, it's like Cole Perfetti. Cole Perfetti was seen as a top five player originally in twenty twenty, and he fell to the Jets at ten. And a lot of people were surprised that he fell, and part of it was because yeah, he wasn't I still big. Think, yeah, I still think size plays, and and for me, I, I thought. I didn't think Benson was going to go in the top 10 because of his size, right? Like mm-hmm. I just, we see this. I mean, I, you know, I think part of the draft always gets the recency bias of the, the playoffs that just ended and all that, where you're always talking at the end, you're always talking, Vegas was a big team. They had a big defenseman, a big defenseman, all that. And so you get to the draft and a lot of people are like, well, I don't want, you know, a small guy. I want, you know, I want big guys that help me win Stanley Cups, right? Um, but you know, we're seeing in the NHL that it, 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 you know, small guys are able to, to operate and, and look at the Cole Caulfields or, you know, the Jets obviously have Perfetti and we'll see how that goes, but, but yeah, but there, you know, but you know, there is still worry that these guys get, you know, hit around and it's difficult to get injured. And we've seen that with Perfetti now. That doesn't mean that, that they're bad players. It's just, you know, at times I, I still think there is a bias towards, take the bigger center, take the bigger defenseman, right? The, you know, take, take the six foot six goalie, not the five foot 11 goalie. Right. I mean, you know, we talk about the Winnipeg ice. I mean, Daniel Hauser is a good goaltender, but he's like five, nine, like he's not, he's not a big guy. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's just not how you draft goalies anymore. And, and so those guys, I mean, you look at, but you, you look, there's, there's outliers. UC Saros isn't huge, but I mean, yep. he's, he's arguably one of the best, well, arguably, I mean, not arguably, he's one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. So, yeah, it's interesting to see. We got Pittsburgh up here now. Yep. What are they going to do? Kyle Dubas, I mean, specifically. Kyle Dubas, yeah, yeah. They didn't trade down, that's for sure. No, they did um, not. They stuck with the pick, and they made the pick. Oh, Brandon Yeager. So, I like yeah. Yeager. Who's John um, Warrior? I watched him. Yeah, well, so I watched him during the series. And, you know, he was the reason why that the, the Moose Jaw Warriors were able to take games off of the the, the Winnipeg Ice. That I mean, he had a hell of a series. I think he had four, four goals and ten points in that series. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I had I had Jaeger on my list for for the Jets potentially. I mean, he's he's not the biggest center. Like he's a big guy. Like he's tall, but he he weighs less than some of the other guys. I think he, you know gives up about twenty pounds to some of the other guys around that 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 spot. But uh, yeah, I like Jaeger. Um, I thought he was really good. I thought the way that he played against the ice was, you know, they just didn't have anybody else on that Moose Jaw team to really kind of you know drive them kind of you know past uh, past the ice there. But you know, they gave them fits that in that series for, for a couple of games there that, that, that put the ice behind before they came. So yeah. And yeah, Jaeger bombs. Yeah. I mean, that's just a great okay, kid's got a bit of a heavy shot too. So it's, it's not just that, you know, it's, yeah, I like him. I, I think he's, he's a good player and, and he would have been a good jet, I think. So, but I was again, just going to say that Scott, you wonder, I mean, if that was what, I mean, the jets right now are for sure just going with the flow, right? Like they're going to take the best player yeah. on, on their list. But as you mentioned, Braden Yager, uh, 78 points with the Moose Jaw Warriors is considered to have one of the best shots in the draft. Mm-hmm. Just reading his scouting report, but yeah. like, when you talk about the speed, the skating, the two-way ability, um, I mean, this guy projects as a easy, uh, uh, you know, top six player, top six forward at the NHL level. He's a, a center, um, yeah. and obviously, we know that the, the Jets probably would draft a center if they could here. So, Braden Yager, and another thing too is that if you looked at the beginning of the season, Braden Yager was ranked kind of in that. 
Is it Yager? Is it Yager? Yeager. Yeager? I think yeah, it's Yeager. Yeah, Yeager. Yeager. No, no, no. I'm not trying to like. But he's actually, he's actually Yarmir's nephew. That's Either why way, Scotty, we could do Yeager bonds. There you go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off there, Izzy. But yeah. No, I mean, I still, uh, Axel Sandin Pelek is still there. Pelican. Pelican. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Four, they've got four and, picks. It's crazy. They've got Oliver yeah. Moore. They've got Col- so many. Colby Barlow. Col- Colby yeah. Barlow is a guy that I, I would have to think uh, out of the Ontario Hockey League. Is a guy. What was it? Uh, was it Owen Sound that he played for, Dave? Owen I'm Sound. Trying to yeah. remember. Yeah. 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 yeah, Owen Sound. Yeah. Owen, Owen Sound, Sound attack. attack. Seventy nine yeah. points last year. He's the youngest left-winger. captain in their team history. Yeah, and they love and, their and, and really one of the very few OHL guys that are probably going to go in this first round. And you know, I, I don't know how much you guys have talked about the OHL thing because this is really Missing, the first, yeah, the first year of you know the pandemic really affecting developments, especially in the OHL, which was shut mm-hmm. down completely. And this is why you're seeing WHL guys go high this year. It's because, well, they they got in that 24-game bubble season, right? And, yeah. and so that that's it, – it doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot, right? Because you're still playing. You're still training. You're playing hockey oh, yeah. still, right? And so, you know, the, the, obviously the U.S. players were still playing the European leagues. They had some guys still playing and that sort of thing. But the OHL is taking is taking a hit in this draft, right? I mean, and and it's not – you know, it's not anything that the OHL could, could deal This was, you know, I, I believe – Ontario sport minister was very against yeah, doing anything about that during that time, if I remember correctly, covering COVID for so long. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at the guys here. Yeah, Oliver Moore, Gabriel Perot is still there. Um, Samuel Horanzek, who's massive. Horanzek, sorry. He's, a, he's a, you know, I think he's 6'5", or 6'6", yeah, just, like just a tank, right? Um, Matthew Wood's still there. Colby Barlow, like you said. Uh, I mean, Axel I mean, Sandin Pelica. I still think they're taking him if he falls there. I mean, that's that's my guess because it, if he, so, I mean, you listen to Kevin Shovel Day off earlier. I don't know how much you guys kind of. I, I listened. I'm still trying to figure out. I'm still trying to figure out if they're in their championship window or not. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't really whatever. know what he said, Scott. We listened to it, but we're not sure. What, the one, what was the one interesting said. thing he said though, and, and to me that stuck out more than anything was the Cole Perfetti, and they're going to try him at center. At, at right? center, yeah. That, I and that so too. you know, like to me, that's okay. What does that mean then for this team, right? Like, I mean, obviously they still want centers in there coming up, but are they going to? You know, are they only really looking for one center now in the in, in free agency or in a trade? Obviously, with with Hellebuck or or what they do, but yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of big and good centers still left here. I mean, it, it it's it's quite interesting. Well, you are listening to Leo Curve's coverage of the NHL Draft Round One. We are Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsburg joined. We're, yeah, probably at the midway point. Joined by the Winnipeg Suns, Scott Billick. Scott has all your coverage for the Winnipeg Sun. Oh, Scott, we're, uh, uh Pepsi we're Pepsi. Zero sugar. Yeah, sugar but I'm, oh, you I, got, oh, I got a cherry. Got, where did you get that from? You went to the uh, States? Super, no, Superstore has it now. They get the cherry uh, zero sugar? Uh, was it, oh, no, wait, did I buy it at Superstore? I want to, uh, where did I buy it? This mm. is a great conversation. I love Walmart, it. Walmart, I think. Yeah, Walmart. I know it's not at Walmart, man. I've been looking everywhere for this cherry stuff. Where but anyway. Well, maybe oh, you know, Scott, Scott, I bought two packs. So I bought, so if you want, I've got some in my house. You can come here or I, I've got some at the office if you want well, some. Dave the invited office, me over. All right. All yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, if I like Ginsburg in my house, I'll let almost anybody <laughs> except for Mindell. But this is the, uh, oh, see, Joe from Winnipeg. He's got our back. It is Superstore. It is Superstore. Go. Okay. Yeah. All right. Scott, yeah, if you want you me to, I will pack a, pick up a pack of 12 for you. If that's what yeah. you're asking, if you uh, can't you find can it. You can always buy me a 12 pack. It all right. doesn't even have to be Diet Pepsi. 
So okay. I mean, it's all it's not good. Diet Pepsi. It's Pepsi Max. Come on, let's get it right. <laughs> zero sugar, actually. Yeah, zero really sugar. Zero sugar. Yeah. But yeah. anyways, oh, David Poyle is up. He's so making a selection for Nashville. This will be the last selection. Well, I, mean, I feel not, like this, this is going to be, be one of the Americans time. from the U.S. national program. Oliver Moore. I was going to say, this feels like an Oliver Moore pick. Uh, looks like Matthew Wood, actually. So, yeah. it's Matthew Wood. Wood. It is yeah. Matthew Wood. Matthew Wood. Okay, he's an American, so, right? University of Connecticut. He is. He is out of the university. Give us the four one one on Matthew Wood, has he? Yeah, you're gonna have um, to. I don't know. Matthew Wood. Hold on, let me pull him up here. If you give me a second here. <laughs> uh, I thought you Matthew. had this on the top of your head. Yeah, what's going on here, Ginsburg? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get Matthew Wood here. I believe. I think he's a bigger player, six foot four, right winger. Uh, Matthew Wood is a Canadian though, but he played for the University of Connecticut. Wood is a dominant player with impressive size and strength, excelling in offensive exploits and demonstrating a maturity in his game. A pro-style forward with a well-balanced offensive toolbox. Wood checks all the boxes for scouts, his ability to scan the ice well and maintain open body positioning for better vision of his options are valuable traits. So that's for our friends at Future Considerations with the right development Wood could become a modern power forward with a great shot size and a nose for the net, making him a sought-after asset. So he goes 15th overall to the Nashville Predators, which means we only have two more picks uh, before wood. the Jets. Uh, I had, pick an 18th. I had Are you going to be able to stay on with us, Scotty, for the 18th overall pick? I, I can stay on for the 18th, and then okay. i got to go. I, okay, so we've got Oliver more. Moore. We've got uh, Gabriel Perot. We've got Axel Sandin uh, Pelica. Barlow, uh, Colby Barlow, Col- Colby Barlow. Barlow. I There's mean, a lot of good the Jets players. Have like five or six really good players. I mean, this be able is to pick from. I said it earlier. I mean, I, I think I tweeted out this is shaping up nicely around the tenth pick, and now we're at what fifteen here. I mean, sixteen, this, sixteen, now. sixteen. Calgary's already done. Calgary, yeah, it's like sixteen, and they st- like this. this shape, it's even better than it was shaping up. No, before, this, this so. is unbelievable. I, as I said to before you came on, uh, Scotty. I don't know if you listen to Mark Hillier's. Uh, media availability did, earlier yeah. but it was funny because yeah. he basically said from yesterday yeah but he basically said yeah. you know well if our 9 10 11 selections are there we're going to be running up well, i suspect the jets are going to be running to the uh to the podium because they will be getting a player i can't imagine that they're not going to be getting one of the players that they would have highly ranked uh, oh because yeah. of all these, these teams going off the board yeah, I, I you know, I honestly wonder if they have somebody that's still first on their draft board in terms yeah. of you yeah. know, where they knew they were picking, right? right. Like, I mean, right. anything could yeah. change, obviously, but I do, I do wonder. I wonder if they're top player on their draft board. They're, of course, they're going to say, "Well, this was the top player that we had on our draft board," because they always <laughs> say that crap, right? That's always a lie. But I mean, <laughs> unless you're first overall and took Connor Bedard, you didn't get yeah. the player you wanted. Yes. Um, but I mean, in the, on the realistic draft board, yeah, they yeah. might actually have the guy that's still on there. So, yeah, um, Caitlin yeah, Ritchie, guys, uh, out of <clears throat> Oshawa, one of the best players in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, he's a guy, too, that I think could be an option for the Jets at 18. Again, I'm completely playing the yeah. guessing game, right? I, I'm he with was, Scotty. So he, I, the Axel thing with Sandy, was he was sorry, go ahead, hurt Scott. all year, right? Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to... I don't mean to uh, it's all I, good. All good. Was, go ahead, man. He was um, he was hurt all year. Like, he played... Richie played hurt all season long. Um, so that that's the interesting thing about Caleb Richie, right? Like, he's... I, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, right? Because, you know, a lot of people... Um, like I, he was a top 10 pick, I think in a lot of people's minds at one point, um, but didn't have the greatest year because he was playing hurt the whole time. Um, which is interesting. Um, so yeah, like, you know, I think some draft mocks have, have had him around there. Some have him later in the first, obviously he suffers a little bit from that OHL, uh, problem with, uh, you know, just with the pandemic and all that too. That's maybe why we haven't seen Barlow go, 
they must be taking a break here because oh no, they are not taking a break, but they do have Bedard on the on the thing. They're doing here, a little. So. They're doing a little chat. They knew yeah, that yeah. you know they this knew the show was going a little too fast boys. fast for us you know too we, fast. right they gotta get the ads in and all that stuff right like yeah they're like uh, well I mean if you think about it Scott though it's very unusual right there hasn't been a trade which is fine that doesn't always happen but everything yeah. ads before you came on it, another thing that these guys do is they tend to kind of make phone calls and then you see them they using their time allotment and we haven't seen that guys have gone right up and they're making their picks and I, I right. guess a lot of teams are happy with the way this is playing itself out, right? I, I guess the one of the things we're learning, and I, I think you're right, is that because of the pandemic, it did change the way drafting has, has done. And I know we're back into some normality, but mm. yeah, it definitely did impact it. And I guess some teams feel confident that they can do what, what we've seen, like the Arizonas do. And I, and I look, it's easy to mock them, you know, make fun of them and say, why do they do it? The only thing I would have suggested is I, to me, but again, is that I would have thought that they would have traded to traded down to acquire accrue more yeah. draft capital. But again, you know, like I said, it's entirely possible they knew two other teams were interested and they wouldn't have had that opportunity if they moved down, you know, five, six, seven spots. So again, there's a risk and yeah. inv- there, there would have been a risk involved to do that because you don't know what every other team is doing. And, uh, but it, again, if you're a Winnipeg Jets fan, which I would imagine uh, almost 350 of people who are currently watching uh, are the 500 who were joined us last night on our pop-up show. I, I would suspect that most of those people are quite happy right now, the way this is pl- this 2023 draft has played out, because you've got Calgary, and then you've got Detroit, and then you've got Winnipeg, and I can't see how the Jets are not going to get uh, uh, one of the players that they wanted with absolute certainty uh, with the 18th overall pick. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree. Um, yeah, it's interesting, right? We talked about you know trading up earlier. And right now, I mean, it just seems like there's less and less even incentive to do that because you probably, you know, you're looking at your draft board right now if you're the Jets and you're thinking, okay, well, there's going to be numerous senders available. Some of them all, you know, not all of them, but some of them obviously with a big size advantage and, and, and those sorts of things. But there's multiple of those guys too. And potentially, I mean, you still have the, the right-handed shot defenseman and Axel there. And and there's the other guy, uh, what's his name? I think it's like Luka Dragovic or Lucas. I don't mm-hmm. know. The, uh, the other defenseman who I think is projected to go a little l- higher. Isn't that the new head coach of the Raptors? Well, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just butchering the, the thing. But I think, you know, in some of the Atlant- analytics uh, draft mocks that I, I've, mm-hmm. I've looked, like that Dragovic guy is, is I, I'm probably butchering his name. But, um, and you probably can't find it because I'm butchering it so bad. I'm trying to look <laughs> it up here. It's it's yeah, it's Lucas Dragasevic. Dragasevic, Dragasevic. Um, I think Sam had him going 29th here in in the draft. So um, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, what are the, what do we got here? The I don't Calgary know. Flames I can't tell. The, I know yeah. the Calgary Flames have made their selection. The pick is in. Look, and, and now Brad Treliving can actually go to the Leafs table, eh? <laughs> you know, because like he's not allowed to actually join the Leafs table until after because he would have so Hanzik. much inside knowledge. Hansik, yeah, yeah, that's a big dude. I think yeah. wasn't Hansik playing out in that that way too? I, I can't remember. Where yeah, he's third from. in WHL scoring. Yeah, 56, but where, 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 where did he points. play? And where's he from? Uh, well, he's he's. Uh, hold on, let me look. He's Slovakian, isn't he? I was gonna say, he, like I think that. he's Czech or something. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Played, oh, the Giants. Gi- Giants. The Vancouver yeah, Giants. Vancouver Giants. Giants. And he's from Scotty Giants, Giants, and he was Slovakian. Just under six four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. And the so, closer yeah, I mean, we, sorry, I, I know I'm I'm skipping ahead here because there's only one more pick before the Jets, but yeah, I keep going back to Oliver Moore. Like Oliver Moore was ranked 
I think he was ranked, uh, what was it, number 16 by Craig Button, but I want to say he was uh, even higher than that by Bob McKenzie, 13th overall, right? So keep going yeah. back to Oliver Moore. We know he's going to play for the University of Minnesota, right? Like he's not the biggest guy. He's, uh, what is he, about 5'10 and a half, 5'11", but all the skill, like all the scouting reports I've read are just that he's got tons of skill, tons of speed. Um, Record McCordy talked about him yesterday, has he? Yeah, and, and you know, so I wonder, I, I don't know how the Jets pass up on Oliver Moore. Obviously, you know, we talked about how many other good players are, there are, uh, guys like Colby Barlow, Gabriel Perot, Axel Sandin, Pelica. But the, the guy that I keep going back to is Oliver Moore. I mean, if they could snatch him at 18th overall, Scotty, that would be pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's, I don't know where, where, where did he play Oliver Moore? You have the U.S. national program. Yeah, and so yeah. right, right. That's the one guy. So well, the same with Perot. I was thinking Perot at the same time. I think they're both mm-hmm. from that program. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I wouldn't be shocked. Right. I mean, this is somewhere that the Jets obviously love going to. Um. We've seen that with Chaz Lucius or Brad Kirk McGrory or Kyle Connor. I mean, all you know, almost every American they've drafted. Take of Truba out of that program. Truba, obviously. Um. I, I, you know, I, I am. Con- not concerned. I, I'm. I am curious. Is the word I was looking for. Yeah. Um, what they might do, though. You know, do, do they take another American, or do they look to the WHL? Because you know, this is a year where the WHL is strong, and you know, I don't know. Is there pressure to go out and get a WHL kid? Is there is there pressure to get a Canadian kid here? But you know, the thing is, there's a lot of them. Or, I mean, we'll see who uh, who takes uh, Detroit, Detroit, Detroit next. Detroit. We'll see what yeah. Detroit does next. I wouldn't be surprised if they take the the right-handed defenseman here and uh, Swedes. Um, we, we know how, the, how much they love Swedes there in Detroit, <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, but so we'll see. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who they take. But if they don't take him, I I, I thought he could have been an option. Sandy Pelica at ninth overall. The way Craig Button talks about him, he had him ranked fifth overall and on his uh, ranking. So I thought he, he could have gone ninth well, yeah. overall to Detroit. Well, this is the thing. I mean, so I'm looking at Sam's too here, um, and uh, he had him at ninth as well on his last mock year. So it's interesting, right? Like, I mean, and, and I don't know, we'll see. Um, th- I think uh, maybe they knew that he was, uh, we'll see what Detroit does here. Right. But maybe they knew. So um, I think regardless yeah. of who Detroit takes, we're still going to be maybe a little bit surprised because <laughs> there's four or five really good players, maybe more than that, maybe, you know, seven or eight really good oh, players. There's, that, yeah, wait, there's, did you say maybe right more, maybe more. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, no. Oliver Moore will be good if if they if they take him. I, Again, I'm with Ez on this know. one, Scott. I got to tell you, Oliver Moore has been a name. I mean, we talked to Craig Button about it. He mm-hmm. had him listed for the Jets. So Moore is a name that we've heard more and more. Axel Sandin Pelica, again, another right shot defenseman that folks were kind of excited about as the possibility, big guy. But the question was, would you be able to get him at 18? So, I mean, the Jets, and, and again, you got Barlow, you got a lot of tantalizing options here for the Winnipeg Gabriel Jets. Gabriel Perot, who Scotty Gabriel Perot, yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm just saying, like, the yeah. Jets are going to get a quality player, which is what they evaluated because this draft is so deep. And because we talked about it, the first, I think Hillier said it, but everybody's been saying it. Really, up until, like, 2023, you're getting a very good hockey player for your hockey team. So that's why there was yeah. so much excitement ahead of this draft but yeah folks folks who are following along this is of course the illegal curve hockey show we're doing our draft coverage we've got scotty billick of the winnipeg sun who's joining us until the jets make their selection then he'll go and he'll start buzzing along so you can read his work tomorrow in the winnipeg sun make sure you pick tonight, that up tonight winnipegsun.com 
I didn't get this Scott, is a come on. You let me finish. Don't don't for, don't forget who you're talking to. I promote.com like your biggest does. fan, Scotty. I was yes. gonna say we're in a commercial right. break right now. We've got one more yeah. pick coming up before yeah. the Winnipeg Jets here draft at uh, 18th overall, as Scott mentioned. Detroit pick 17th overall. I know you taught you touched on this in your article in Winnipeg Sun and uh, with jet setting. But just going back to Pierre-Luc Dubois, it seems like that happened uh, a week ago, uh, but it just happened yesterday. What were your kind of overall impressions about the return that the Jets got? I imagine, like a lot of people, you you like that return for the Jets. I don't know if you could have done better than three roster players in a draft pick, right? I mean, that's that's sort of you know how I look at it. It's like, okay, if I we separate this from the fact that, yes, another player wants out of Winnipeg and, and all of those things, right? Like, we just take that away for now. Um, you know, that it's been talked about a lot. It'll be talked about going forward, all that kind of stuff. But if you just like strip away that for now and just look at, you know, what Kevin Chevaldeov had to work with, um, based on maybe having maybe two teams really that were really in the running that, that, that Dubois would actually sign with, um, potentially a long term. I mean, the, the, it sounded like the offers for, um, from the Canadians just weren't good enough. And, and, but then you look at you, know, you get Gabriel Rafferty, who's a, a versatile player who's starting to come into his own. You've heard Kevin Chevalier talk about, you know, the, I mean, there's obviously the, the worry about his back and the injuries that he had earlier on in his kind of in his career or whatever. But I mean, he's a guy who broke out last season, can play on the wing, can play center, potentially could be your second line center here to, at some point. Who knows? Um, depending on how that kind of goes. But then you get Alex Iofalo, who is. Um, you know, a veteran winger. I think he's played 420 games. A good two-way player, right? So here's a guy that you add to your lineup that is actually responsible defensively, and, and you can maybe put him on that third line with with Adam Lowry and you know, uh, I don't know, Mason Appleton, whoever they end up playing there. Um, Morgan Barron. We'll see what what what, what happens. Um, and then Kapari is kind of a reclamation project, right? Like here's a guy in I believe it was 2018. Jets didn't have a first round pick that year. Um, I believe they traded in the Stasny deal, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Kevin Hayes. Um, that, or, no, Ke- no, 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 it would have been, no it would have been right. Stasny. Yeah, Kevin Hayes, Hayes was the year after. Yeah. yeah. Look at me, um, look at me butting in with the wrong information. Yeah, Jazzy, what's going on here? Fake news. I mean, this is yeah, this is nothing new, is it? Right. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, you know, I, 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 I mean, believe what we want to believe what, from what Kevin Shovelev said, but you know, they would have looked at him at that point. I think you know at that point they might have. I mean, Kapari, here's a Finnish player at the time. They were, you know, obviously looking at a lot of Finnish players. Year, you know, the year before that, they took Christian Vesselin in the first round. The year before that, they obviously took Patrick Line second overall. Uh, and then the year in 2019, they took they took uh, Vili Hainala. So, um, you know, they were in that kind of, uh, you know, Finnish uh, run of, Finny of, Peg. of picking players. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Finney Peg, right? So, um but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think I think you're fine with with a reclamation project in that, like you know, hoping a guy will you know turn out and and you know different opportunities afford him, um, you know, more chances to kind of maybe grow into a player. I, I, you know, again, I, I think you have got two solid players, one that'll help with your top six, one that helps out your middle six, um, that can move into a top six role in in, in ev- uh, event of an injury or whatever, and then you got Kapari, who you know there's still probably a ceiling. It's obviously capped on him right now based on. You know he hasn't really panned out there, and, and then you get yourself another pick in the in the in the next year's draft. The Montreal so, pick, Scott. So it's a little bit of an extra twist. I, I just always think that's so funny, right? I mean, it's just like 
the only thing that Montreal or that Montreal didn't get out of this deal was Pierre-Luc Dubois and, and, and still, um, you know, the Jets managed to, you know, get a, get a Montreal draft pick out of, out of it, which is funny. Um, by the way, did you, did ironic. you not find it curious? I don't know if you listened to Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, media availability, I did, yeah, but, I did. but did you not think it, did you not think it was curious listening to him talk about, it was almost like he was, like I said, he took those, the, the Montreal PJs and all of a sudden he had Kings PJs. He's like, I've always <laughs> dreamed about playing for this team. It was like, what? I thought it was like a week ago that you made that decision. You're and always, it was always happy. Montreal. You're all, it's always your biggest dream for the team that gives you eight years and almost $70 million, man. So I, it doesn't oh, matter I, I agree. what it is, right? And and who knows? I mean, maybe he ends up there. Maybe he pulls a Pierre-Luc Dubois, really, and, and ends up in Montreal in a few years. Or who knows, right? I mean, you never know. But, I mean, you know, one thing we do know about Dubois, he likes the big cities. Um, you know, he would vacation in in, in, in New York. He he, uh, he liked Los Angeles a lot when he was there, too. Um, I, I think he likes the idea of being able to – he's a big comedy guy, Pierre-Luc Dubois. He, um, he would – he was in New York rumors all the time. Hangs out with us. Uh, maybe not, but uh, <laughs> but he definitely goes to some of the comedy clubs in both cities. Um, and he's talked about that before a little bit, or I've talked to him just off the off the record. Uh, he was at the comedy club uh, or the comedy comedy store in Los Angeles the last time he was there, which is like a big famous comedy place there. Mm-hmm. Um, not not as famous as rumors, of course, but uh, but you know it's up there, right? And uh, so yeah, so. It'll be interesting. Here, here comes uh, see uh, Detroit, but yeah. So uh, you know, I didn't have, I didn't have, I didn't have an issue with. Uh, definitely didn't have an issue with uh, the return because yeah, I, I just think it was one of the one of the better returns you could have hoped for, given the parameters of yeah. of exactly what the Jets considering were that there were really only two teams that you were dealing with, right, Scotty? So when you think that, about, I mean, what know, else Gabe do you do, right? and, uh, Yeah, they, I, yeah. I, I think the return the sum Axel, of the parts were really good. Sandine. Pelica. Well, and, and well, look at us. Look how smart we were. That's what we predicted. Swedish defensemen, right? Well, and, you know, it's interesting because I think there's a lot of people that actually like this trade for the Jets, right? Like, I mean, we've seen the Truba trade and, and the return they got from that. And there was a lot of negativity after that. And maybe it wasn't big enough. And they're really kind of pigeonholed into trading them to New York. And that was it. Um, right. So, you know, you see uh, maybe didn't get what you wanted for Andrew Kopp. Different deal, of course. This one, you know, you got some good players, some young players, and some guys that are pretty good on a spreadsheet too, right? Like, I mean, they're good analytic players. So, um, two of them for sure, right? So, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Who did they take here? Uh, what am I saying? I didn't even see it. Uh, they took Sand and Pelica. So, the Jets won't have him. So, I mean, I, is it all over? That's why now? I said Axel. That's why oh. I said Axel Sanding Pelica because I said I was. Well, it's either him. It, or, I, it is a fun name well, to say. Scotty but was talking about the Dubois trade, Dave. So I, I mean, know, but I broke in to say I broke in to say I was. That's what we do. The breaking news, Drew. I'm. I mean, Desi, I'm hosting right now. So I said I got, Axel Sanding Pelica. That's not a surprise the that he went there. I got. I got to think. I, I'm curious. I'm going Oliver Moore. By the way, let's all make our you predictions are. right now. I'm picking Oliver Kobe Moore Barlow. by the Jets. Yeah. Kobe Barlow. Mm. Yeah, Dave, Oliver Moore, just because some scouts had him, you know, ranked 8th to 10th, and we're at pick 18, and he's, you know, out of the U.S. national program. He's going to play for the University of Minnesota. The Jets love their U.S. players. I think Oliver Moore, but yeah, Colby Barlow had really good numbers in the Ontario Hockey League with the Owen Sound attack. I'll tell you why I say Colby Barlow, and the only reason I'm saying it's it's because he also has the character. And if we know one thing about this, so funny thing about Carly Barlow, scholastic player of the year. In oh, yeah, the, I saw uh, you say that. OHL. Yeah. Who's the last scholastic player of the year? That the Josh drafted? Morrissey. There you go. And and so I, I think there's just, there's something about that, I think, with this team 
that they like to draft those character guys. And I think because they have to write the tests, is, the Jets make them write tests. Well, I, maybe, <laughs> but I think part of it is like, I mean, you got a guy like that who's like, okay, he can maybe see the bigger picture, right? It's not just like, you know, Josh Morrissey is a great example of a guy who's like, well, first, you know, the first chance he got, he wasn't trying to get out of Winnipeg, right? Mm-hmm. Um, here's a guy who's embraced the city and all that. Um, so I wonder, you know, do you take an Oliver more because you like the program and all that? Um, or do you take a Barlow because you like obviously the skill um, because Barlow at one point and has been in that top 10 um, consideration and still have them higher than 18 on most, on most mocks that I've seen. Um, it'll be interesting because I mean, I, I think Moore is going, where is he going? He's going to the Gophers, right? Minnesota, you can keep uh, yeah t- uh, tabs on him as well. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'm I'm curious because I think I think either one could go, and for different reasons, right? You either take Barlow because I think you like the skill plus the the person, and, yeah. and you might take all of them more because you like the skill and you like the program that that he's developed in, right? And so, um, yeah, we'll see. I guess. Okay, well, Han, we, the Jets are up right now, 18th. Mm. They're showing the Jets on the screen, although Elliot Friedman's talking to Steve Eisenman, so that might take a little break. So we want everyone in the chat, almost 500 of you, let us know who do you want the Jets to take right now. right now. Oh, that's right, Scotty. You're talking to a big Is audience. Is that including the three of us, though? Or we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't mess around. No, no, no get, we don't mess around. I, mean, you guys start I may have also rounded up by 70. I'll come over to this show, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, we want to hear what everyone thinks. You've got the Jets up right now with You're the 18th beauty, overall pick. You're listening to the Illegal Curve Draft Special Edition of our draft coverage, which we do each and every year here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you smash that like button and uh, all those other good things. We actually drafted Scotty Billick into Winnipeg (laughs) Sports Media, but because before Scott, I think we had Scott uh, when you were with Manitoba. Was it Manitoba Hockey now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we had you on back in like 2012 or 2013 before you graduated pre Oh, so gee, we were, I wasn't, we were, I wasn't we were, even going to school at that yeah. point. By the way, when Chevy is not, guys, for the record, forever. Kevin yeah. Dayoff is the, he's sitting there, he's put his glasses on, he's covering his mouth, I'm doing play-by-play right now, he's talking, I don't see him, I see Zinger standing up, and he's talking to Barrett, but I don't I'm, I'm see. I'm still walking, watching Iserman, so. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm a little Chevy, bit ahead Chevy of you. Chevy and Mark Hillier are still talking. But they're actually, actually, well, Kevin Dayoff's the only guy I've seen. Now, maybe it's because they're having a little conversation, there he's he got is, a little yeah. time, but. He's, he's definitely at the table there. He's not. He's not yeah, moving Joe, up quickly. Burnaby, Burnaby Joe, right behind them, though. There. Oh, now his head's in the way. But Burnaby no. Joe, Joe Sack was right behind him. There. I know, but this, this, I, this goes. I, to I just show saw Hudson Remus eating some barbecue chicken there in the background. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> but the that's point right. is, the point is, what's interesting here is that it just what goes to Rick show Bonus? you that the Jets are, you know, having a lot of options. I suspect. And Scott, that's one of the things we've talked about yeah. is that they they definitely know that they're going to get the play one of the players that they wanted, and now it's almost like it's. A, a, I, I actually think it's very similar to what you're talking about. They're probably thinking we got Oliver Moore, a guy we love that program, best skater in the draft, <laughs> versus a Colby Barlow versus a uh, Perot versus. Uh, yeah, I was going to say know, Gabriel Perot. Oh, here they guys. are. I'm, I'm just going to throw in as a bit of a long shot here. It's probably going to be more Perot they're, or they're walking uh, up or Barlow. He's shaking hands with. Gary Bettman, Get this is exciting baby. play-by-play yeah. stuff. Chevy's got his getting... point on. That's a guy who, who is, just wanted to do This is exactly how reporting works. You just hear your phone. And <laughs> yeah, you're watching stuff. Scott Billick right now. This is this is this <laughs> yeah, is live. This is, this is live. I'm waiting for somebody to tell the me what to do, and then I'll put it in. <laughs> the pick is in. 
There they go. Well, so they've already walked up to the stage, I presume. Yeah, uh, on my screen, there. they've already walked up to the screen. And then double day off sitting there. Oh, thank you, Nashville. Thank you uh, for yeah. your hospitality. Yeah. Congrats yeah. to the Vegas. He goes, he goes actually, I want another chance to answer that question about whether we're still in a championship window. Oh, we're yeah. Yeah, we're going for it. We're we all had a in. Great time at Tootsie's all last right. night. Uh, yeah. He's thanked yeah. the city of Nashville. And okay, now stop guessing, folks, as to what you think it's going to be. Colby Barlow. Breathe. Is that who it is? Yeah. Barlow. Colby Barlow. That's there we pick. go. The Jets have selected Colby Barlow with the 18th overall pick. We are discussing that. And uh, as tell us a little bit more about the Ontario product who's playing for the Owen Sound Attack. 59 goals, 59 games, 46 goals, 33 assists. Yeah, this is from our uh, good friends at FC Hockey. We picked up their FC Hockey draft guide. This Although is, uh, first off, 79 points. 79 points in 59 games, as Dave mentioned, for the Owen Sound attack. This is the scouting report from FC Hockey. Barlow is a big-bodied scoring forward with an elite shot and dangerous offensive toolkit. He is effective all over the ice using his powerful stride to gain speed in transition and proving difficult to knock off the puck when he cuts to the net. His foot speed is still improving, but he has plenty of top-end speed thanks to great extension on his strides and lower body strength. Great stick handler. He will be a top-six scorer who plays all situations if he hits his ceiling, and if he doesn't, his style can adapt to a checking forward who chips in defensively. I mean, so you're getting a, a good offensive player, a guy with some decent size, but also a guy who's reliable defensively. So, I mean, this looks like, uh, I mean, just a really good overall forward. Left winger. Yeah. I mean, to me, you know, obviously they didn't take a center or a defenseman here, but they took probably the best player still maybe left on, on the draft board for me in terms of how the Jets. Like, and he's got a great, he's got a great mustache, Scott. Well, he's got, I mean, he's got a nice beard and everything. Guy's got hair. I mean, but, but this is the thing Like, he's got NHL size. He's, he's, um, you know, one of the best players in, you know, left in the draft. I mean, ninety-three uh, percent average in grade twelve, Scotty. That's uh, well, about thirty I mean, percent better than is, I did. This, <laughs> that's about fifty percent better than I did. So, um, yeah, no, like I mean, yeah, I, I, I just think this is the type of player that kind of embodies the Winnipeg Jets organization, yep. right? Like, it, it, it's talent plus character, and sometimes, I mean, obviously, talent, you know, trumps everything, but I mean, character is is a close second for. For the, this Jets team, and then they went out and got him, and you know they get a Canadian player in the draft in the first round for for you know since Cole Perfetti, so it's been uh, in a couple of years now, but uh, not something that they they've always drafted highly um, in in recent years with their first round picks. I mean, other than other than Perfetti, but um, I think they like this guy. So obviously they do. They drafted him when there was other options, including including some big centers on there too. So, um, but I don't think they hesitated here with with Barlow. Um, I think they like exactly what he brings to the table on and off the ice, and that that's a big deal for them. Well, I think people are people me, are liking the pick, Azzy. Go ahead, yeah. no share share your thoughts. Yeah, no, I was just going to say another thing. Uh, you know, in a, in a in the scouting report here, I couldn't read the whole thing. Uh, I was just trying to give people kind of an overall view, but really, I mean, the scout the scouting report from FC Hockey, and I imagine from other sources like Elite Prospects, is that he projects to be a top six winger with thirty plus goal potential. Right. So he's got a really good shot and he's a guy who who has some tenacity to his game. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what stands out. Like this is a guy who, you know, he doesn't have the high end skill of, you know, a Connor Bedard or, or a Adam Fantilli. But he who projects does, to be a guy. Exactly. How many players do? Uh, but he has the potential to be a top six top line winger. As we yep. mentioned, he's a left winger, six feet, 
Um, as, yeah. as Scott mentioned, I mean, the Jets like to take players with that certain character, right? This is a guy, scholastic player, as Scotty mentioned, youngest yeah. captain in own sound attack history. Uh, My, so I think uh, there's, there's a lot to like about this pick. I, uh, can you still hear me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. My, I think my computer's done because my uh, I got like six percent battery life here. So, I, but I do need to run if that's okay with you guys. Yeah. No. 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 Thanks yeah. for for joining. I us might be frozen for... here. So yeah. No. No. You're know. good. We're good. But okay. we, you know what? You are frozen. But we're yeah. gonna send you off. Thank you, Scott Billick of the Winnipeg I... Sun. Thanks, Scotty. He, Scotty joined us. Yeah, I cut him off. Actually, he was going a little long. Uh, thanks, Scott. But Scott uh, stayed on with us for about fifty minutes there, Dave. So he's yeah, always no, very generous with the, with his time. He's a gentleman, and now he's got to bang out a little copy, as they say in the journalism. So, and does he give some people some more uh, insight into to Barlow and what kind of player he is? What what kind of is he a right shot, a left shot? Uh, he can grow a he can grow a serious mustache though. No, Holy he shoots moly. left. He's he shoots left. He's a left winger. Um, you know, as we talked about, this has been a, a very center heavy draft especially when you're talking uh, at the top with Bedard, Fantilli, and and Carlson. Um, that means, by the way, that Oliver Moore is still on the board, which is incredible, mm-hmm. um, at, at 19th overall. Who's got the pick at 19th overall? Chicago, and then the Seattle Kraken are at 20th. So I'd be shocked if uh, Moore doesn't go to either Chicago or Seattle. But back to Colby Barlow, I mean, we talked about it, right? He was the captain of the Owen Sound attack, 79 points in 59 games, uh, scholastic player of the year. They showed it there on Sportsnet, 93% average, which is just incredible when you consider how much hockey he's playing, right? Like these guys that play in the CHL, so that you're talking OHL, WHL, QMJHL, these guys are playing hockey five or six days a week, right? So that's really impressive that you, you can put together a 93% average in your grade 12 year. But I think what's uh, standing out is the elite shot, um, you know, how good he is on the hard on the forecheck. Here's the scouting report from FC Hockey. Finishes his hits hard on the forecheck, uses his strength to win battles along the boards. So we've talked about that a lot, right? The Jets want to be a harder team to play against. And when you think of Gabe Velarde, obviously, you know, Dave, his goal scoring stands out. But Gabe Velarde is also a guy that is tenacious and can turn the puck over. Alex Iafalo, again, a hard player to play against, a good defensive forward in addition to being able to chip in offensively, right? So uh, just reading the scouting part a little bit more here on Colby Bar- Barlow. Um, with his ability to play physical and knows for the high danger areas, he should be an effective scorer at the next level, both at five on five and on a power play unit. The consistency and skating are issues, but can be improved with the proper commitment from Barlow. When he is engaged, there are few better than, than he in his class as his high end shot and high hockey IQ make him a formidable pick in the 2023 draft class, despite his other uh, above average attributes. FC hockey had him ranked 13th. I think Barlow, with most scouts, they kind of had him in that you know twelve to twenty range. I'd have to check back on on Craig Button's list. Just checking here on Craig Button's list, he had um, where are we here? He had Colby Barlow at number ten. So Craig Button had him at number ten on his list. So in that sense, you know he might have dropped a little bit. But I think overall, you know, for people just tuning in now. What stands out about Colby Barlow, really smart player, both on the ice and off the ice, being the OHL Scholastic Player of the Year. Um, and, you know, just good shot, good overall forward, projects to be a top six winger at the NHL level with 30-plus goal potential and a guy, you know, that finishes his check. So this is a really good overall player. Um, you know, as Scotty Billick mentioned, he he just, uh, you know, had to run and, and do some uh, work for the Winnipeg Sun.com. And the newspaper, the Dead Trees edition. But you know what we were talking to him about is what stands out with him 
is, you know, he fits a profile and he's the first player that the Jets have taken in the first round from the OHL since Cole Perfetti, right? Because, of course, you had Chaz Lucius, Rutger McGroarty, uh, Brad Lambert being the Jets' last three picks. So 2020 was the last time that the Jets drafted a player from the OHL in the first round. And obviously, you know, Perfetti's trajectory in the NHL is looking very good. So Colby Barlow, uh, yeah, I mean, he's looking like a, a really good pick. And we'll wait and see. I mean, obviously, you know, he's not going to start for the Winnipeg Jets, but we'll see him next year. But we'll see him here in, uh, you know, what, a week to 10 days, Dave, at Jets development camp. So a smart player, uh, a really good shot, and a guy that put up really good numbers in the Ontario Hockey League, 79 points in 59 games. That was good timing, Ezzy. I was, I was banging out content. I was getting it all done. You finished it impeccably just as I hit publish on Colby Barlow's uh, profile on illegalcurve.com. So if you have any questions about that, hopefully to be speaking to Colby Barlow when uh, he's done his duties with the Jets media in attendance and other media who are there. And we'll have a chance to talk to, hopefully have a chance to talk to the Ontario product uh, from Orilla, Ontario. So uh, that'll be exciting for him and for us to get a chance to, uh, you know, speak to him and, and, and get some insight into him and know, find out, you know, if he's got any connections here in Winnipeg, who he knows, maybe he's friendly, familiar, you know, familiar with Dominic DiVincentis. Of course, the Jets don't have a ton of prospects in the OHL, uh, but uh, the North Bay Battalion, uh, Dominic DiVincentis, OHL player of the year, the goaltender of the year, I should say, sorry. And they would have seen each other because as you said, as he, and as you've described, uh, Joe from Winnipeg saying that Chicago just took the Oliver Moore pick. So they got a lot of speed. Right. And that's, uh, and that's what I just said, right? Like Oliver yeah. Moore wasn't going to, yeah. he, he wasn't going to fall to like, you know, 23rd or, or 24th overall. I thought that if Chicago didn't take more then Seattle was going to take him at, uh, at 20th overall. So, I mean, the, I'm, I'm sure the Jets amateur scouting staff uh, was considering Oliver Moore at 18th overall, but obviously they, they like Colby Barlow better. And that's the thing going back to what we were talking about, you know, in the first uh, 30 minutes, first hour of the show, Dave, this is one of the deepest drafts in recent memory, probably, right. you know, the best draft class since 2015 when you had Connor McDavid and, and Jack Eichel going one, two, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, Oliver Ward's a great player, but Colby Barlow's in a, a jet and that's who we're focused on. That's who everybody wants to talk about. Um, and I think, you know, I think a lot of Jets fans are going to love this kid. And I think when you consider, you know, Rucker McGordy last year, Brad Lambert, who obviously had a great WHL playoffs with the Seattle Thunderbirds. You throw in Chaz Lucius. I mean, a lot of the focus is on some some of the players that are leaving Winnipeg, namely Pierre-Luc Dubois and Blake Wheeler and maybe Connor Hellebuck. But I think a lot of Jets fans want to focus on some of these young players and, and, you know, what this team could look like two or three years down the road. And we expect Barlow to obviously play, you know, with the Owen Sound attack next year. Um, but then a couple of years from now, you know, you could see Barlow playing with the Manitoba Moose and uh, possibly the Jets for the 25-26 season. For sure. And I think that, you know, Ezzy, that's one of the things you're you're getting a sense of. Like, th- look at what you got. You got a big character guy. And, and Rumhut's saying it right now. I'm going to throw it up on the screen because I, maybe hopefully Rumhut's not at the Rumhut right now. I think Bomber Stadium's closed, but he's saying it's McGroarty 2.0. Well, you know what? A lot of folks are very excited about Rutger McGroarty and what he's going to bring. And the Jets don't really need another speed guy, right? Like the Jets already have Nikolai Ehlers. They've already got Brad Lambert. So do you really need to add an Oliver Moore type or do you want to add maybe a different element to your mix? And I think, and again, you're not projecting this guy, as you said, as to be in your lineup tomorrow or the, or the year after, but the, well, you don't know, but, but the, but the reality is you're trying to get someone who's going to create, you know, 
uh, a framework of a playoff team. And that's what you need in the playoffs. You need these types of guys. You can't just be all skill. We've seen it. Like, and, and, you know, uh, I think it was SK was saying that this is a, a Mark Stone 2.0 of some sort or a junior Mark Stone. And, and that's a high bar because we know that Mark Stone is, you know, an unbelievable player. But look, if you can get guys like that in your lineup, that's not a bad thing. And, you know, you, look, you can't suddenly become just a, a, a line, a, a team with no talent. But we're not saying this guy doesn't have any talent. It's just a function of what is, what kind of mix do you need? And that's what these teams, that's what teams are trying to constantly project is what is their mix going to look like? Because from the Jets perspective, you don't know, right? It's hard to know what the team is going to look like. As we thought we knew what this team would look like, you know, last year we weren't sure. This year, nobody has any idea. Is it going to be four guys gone? Is it going to be, and there's all the UFAs. I mean, it's interesting. One of the things that Kevin Sheveldayoff didn't talk about today was the fact that he hasn't even explained who he's qualifying. And I know we're going to focus on Colby Barlow right now, but we don't even know, you know, which players. A lot of teams have already said, uh, you know, put out who they will be qualifying and who they won't be qualifying. So uh, a lot of excitement here in Winnipeg. And, and again, the Jets got, had the chance to get a very good player. They took a very good player in Colby Barlow. I'm not going to pretend to be a Colby Barlow expert, when if we get a chance to talk to him after he's done with his media responsibilities, we'll uh, we'll have a chance to get some insight into who Colby Barlow really is. Maybe we should take a little break as get a chance to uh, actually hold on. If you got some more insight into Colby, well, Barlow. I was going to say, Dave, just quickly. I mean, sure. obviously, you know, we've only seen highlights of Colby Barlow. We haven't watched him live with the own sound attack. I was How many times have read... we said the name Colby Barlow in the last ten minutes? By the way, and I'll say it again here. I'll read a few more scouting reports on Colby Barlow here. Uh, from some of the guys that we've had on, on our show over the years, Chris Peters, Flow Hockey. Barlow is a legit goal scorer who also plays with a little grind in his game. Love that. Love grinders. He was a captain in Owen Sound this year. We mentioned that earlier and was a standout for Canada at multiple international events. Scott Wheeler from The Athletic, who we've also had on the show. Barlow plays a direct, intentional game built around great hands, a physically mature pro frame, and an NHL shot. He's also an able penalty killer, which would give him an in-all-situations upside at the next level. Corey Pronman from The Athletic. He is a strong skater who can transport pucks through the neutral zone. He's a hard-working forward who has some physicality, can kill penalties, and is quite physically advanced for his age. Stephen Ellis, daily faceoff, one of the few players to come close to hitting the 50-goal mark this season. Barlow has scored at all levels and is as confident as anyone handling the puck. Um, so, I mean, listening to that, he's a good overall player, a smart player. Right. He's not yeah. the fastest guy, uh, but he's a pure goal scorer, right? And who, who can play well defensively, right? Based on those scouting reports, he's a guy that you know can contribute on the penalty kill if you need that. So that's what I would uh, say about him: a smart goal scorer, good shot, um, and a guy who's got some physicality in his game. I don't know if you would call him a power forward. I mean, maybe if if, if we get Colby Barlow on the show, we'll ask him if he would consider himself a power forward. I don't think people are necessarily going to confuse him for Matthew Kachuk or, or Pierre-Luc Dubois or some of the other known power forwards in the NHL, but there's definitely some physicality to his game. And I like that. Um, I like what uh, um, Chris Peters said. Uh, what was that? He's got a little bit of a grind in his game. I think that was uh, the one I, I wrote there from Chris Peters. You mm -hmm. always like to hear that, you know, a guy's got a little grind in his game. Because even though there's recency bias, guys, uh, you know, he he is a guy that uh, you would say would be a playoff type of performer. And the other thing too, Dave, just walking him, watching him walk up to the podium there, he's got some, he's a thick guy. He's six yeah. feet, 190 pounds. Big so, boy. Yeah, he's a big boy. So you see some 18-year-olds that are, you know, 165, 170 pounds. This guy's six feet, 190 pounds. So he's got some good size to him. 
it's not the tallest guy, but you know, with that weight, you know, he's definitely going to be, you know, a 200 to 210 pound um, NHL player. So I think there's, if you're a Jets fan watching right now, or maybe you're not watching, you know, Jets fans uh, everywhere, I think have a lot to be excited about when it comes to Barlow. Well, and I, and I think, Look, the I I, put, I just had the comment highlighted. I'm going back to Rum Huts because I like this one as well. But I, I I think well SK SK is like head of you know usually we've got uh, um, T Conapoli as the head of the fan clubs. He's T Conapoli is the fa- head of the Tyrell Bauer fan club. But SK is beaming right now with the Jets getting Barlow. So SK is going to be the head of the well, of the uh, Colby Barlow sweepstakes. Well, and you, I mean, and you hear a lot, club. you know, especially with the amount of Manitobans on, on the Vegas Golden Knights, right? You mentioned Mark Stone, but, you know, you throw in Keegan Colazar, you throw in uh, Zach Whitecloud, right? You throw in even uh, Nolan Patrick, who obviously hasn't played uh, a lot, but he's still a member of, of the Vegas Golden Knights, right? Um, but you, you hear that criticism, right, that the Jets have maybe taken too many American players when you're talking about Chaz Lucius and, and Rutger McGrory. And obviously mm-hmm. prior to that, Jacob Truba, Andrew Kopp, Connor Hellebuck. I mean, the yeah. Jets have probably taken drafted, I don't know, 20 to 25 American players. Uh, and obviously Colby Barlow is uh, an Ontario boy, right? So mm-hmm. that I don't think that's necessarily a thing, Dave. I've talked to you about this before. I don't think the Jets need more Manitobans or more Canadians. They just need, you know, good players that are going to contribute at the NHL level. But for, for the, the Jets fans that believe the Jets should draft more Canadian players, I think this is going to be an even more satisfying pick for them. Yeah, and, and I think, look, you need the players who are going to fit the mold of your hockey team. And and their birthplace aside, the birthplace, of course, the, the idea behind the birthplace, if you have two even players, and like I said, Mark Hillier spoke, Jets director of amateur scouting spoke about that. And he said, look, if you got two equal players uh, on your on your list, then maybe you go with the kid who's local because the thought process is that he's going to stay. But I mean, we've seen local guys have the option to, to sign here and they don't necessarily do that. So it, it always, and, and again, how many Americans have signed and set down their roots here? Blake Wheeler, uh, you know, set, been here for 10 years, right? May, had his family here. Connor Hellebuck signed. He's been here for 10 years. Uh, uh, Kyle Connor. I mean, you've had these guys sign these contracts. So sure, there's there's the the um, Jack Rosvicks who who don't want to stay, but there's a lot of American players who have chosen to stay in Winnipeg. So so the birthplace is a lot less important to me than it is the. Of course, obviously, I'm not upset with having a Manitoban. I rep I rep the province more than most, so I'm not so uh, so worried about that. Let's well, the take only a break. Way the Jets were were going to be getting a Manitoban most likely was Carberry's Carson Bjarnason because unlike last year there aren't as many uh, high end Manitoban players right. Well, hold on, think of Connor Geeky, Denton Matejchuk, right? Uh, so we got some breaking news from T. Will. T. Will saying my brother just texted me. Apparently, my sister in law grew up with Colby's parents. He's a good kid, player, and leader. You'll like him. I like that. I like that breaking news from T. Will. Thank you, T. Will. And and the thing is, like everything, and obviously, you know, we talk about this every year. You, you got to remind yourselves: these are eighteen-year-old kids. The Colby Barlow is not going to be wearing a Jets jersey, you know, in an NHL regular season for at least a couple of years, right, Dave? I think right. you'd agree with that. Like, you know, you have to step back. Like, not every player is Patrick Laine who's going to step into the NHL at eighteen years old. Not every NHL player is Connor Bedard with the Chicago Blackhawks. He's going to play in the NHL next year, or Adam Fantilli with the Columbus Blue Jackets, right? Give Colby Barlow a few years. He's going to go back to the OHL, and then I imagine he's going to turn pro after that and most likely start with the, the Manitoba Moose. But all of so, the scouting reports, yeah. everything says he's a good character kid, a smart kid, uh, and 
look at when you're the captain of any Ontario hockey league team, you right. obviously possess great leadership qualities and you're a great character. And that fits well, the I'm, mold with, you know, the Josh Morrissey's and the Adam Lowry's, those types of players. I mean, that's the type of player Colby Barlow is a great yeah. leader and obviously, you know, a really skilled uh, winger. Sure. And I'm just going to read this and then we're going to head to break. Uh, TSN's Craig Button, courtesy of our friend Jamie, Th- Jamie Thomas from Jets TV. He, Craig Button on Colby Barlow. IQ off the charts. Him and Rutger McGordy are cut from the same cloth. You want to win, you need players like Colby Barlow. So uh, Craig Button, who we love to have on the show, great insight. Uh, he is raving about the pick by the Winnipeg Jets uh, with the 18th overall selection. You are listening to the Illegal Curve special edition draft coverage show. We're hoping to be joined by Colby Barlow probably in the next half an hour. So don't go anywhere. And we're just going to hear from uh, some commercials from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Keeping Winnipeg laughing for over 30 years. Rumors, Canada's longest running comedy club. Bringing you the biggest laughs from the best comedians on the planet. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, Jon Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the greats, and all the up-and-comers too. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party. Even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. Hi, Ez. A strange question for you. But why are you lying on the ground being crushed by a piano? Well, Drew, I definitely tried to carry this baby grand piano down the stairs by myself, and somehow I failed miserably. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. That was a silly question on my part. My apologies. Would you like me to call Rolly's Transfer Moving and Storage to help you move the piano? They are the most experienced piano moving company in Winnipeg, after all. Yes, please call Rollies and hurry. This piano is very, very heavy. Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage offers stress-free residential moving services while taking great care of your personal belongings, including your piano. At Rollies, no job is too big or too small. For more information, visit Rollies.com. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. Hey, Drew. Ezzy, whoa, what a smile. Yeah, I got my crowns done at Linden Market Dental Center, and they whiten my teeth. I see. They're so bright that every time I smile, they go, We have hockey tonight. Do you have a mouth guard to protect those pearly whites? I sure do. Whoa, they even ting through the mouth guard. Linden Market Dental Center covers all your dental needs, from restorative to cosmetic dentistry, and will fit you with a sports guard for that active lifestyle. 877 Waverly. See LindenMarketDental.com. Boston Pizza harnessed Fanalytics to help optimize no-look dipping. Ooh, making adjustments so you can stay focused on the game. The playoffs of Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve Hockey Show special edition of our draft coverage, the 2023 draft in Nashville. Cruising, just cruising by. Ezzy and I are sitting here, we're... Talking, we're like, this is shocking how fast and how smooth this is going. No trades, nothing of significance. And yet, 
Here we are as the Colby Barlow, the newest member of the Jets prospect pool, the 2023 first rounder selected 18th overall from the Owen Sound attack of the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, lots of praise coming uh, out in the hockey world, as there usually is. But, I mean, every player is going to be Wayne Gretzky and is going to make the NHL. So uh, you always got to take that with a grain of salt. But this seems to be a, a good pick, a solid pick, and hopefully we'll have a chance to talk to him once he's done talking to our colleagues that are in Nashville. Uh, you know, and, and we'll get to learn to meet him and, and learn a little bit more about Colby Barlow and what he is all about. Yeah, I'm sure Sean Reynolds is probably uh, circling Colby Barlow right now, right? And probably Murata Tesh of The <laughs> Athletic. He's down in Nashville. And so are Huss and Remus That's right. uh, down in Nashville. We had them on during the first hour of the show. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned it, Dave. Colby Barlow, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, has a, a lot of offensive upside. We talked about, you know, he's a left winger. He projects to be a top six uh, forward at the NHL level. Scouts believe that he can his ceiling is a 30 plus goal score. So if you can get a 30 plus goal score who also has, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of smarts and can basically play in all uh, situations. That's what I think stands out. Um, you know, he's a guy that's a physical forward. He's a guy that's responsible defensively. And then we talked about it, you know, captain of the Owen sound attack, uh, very smart player reads the game really well. So there's really not, I mean, the, the one thing was that he's not the fastest player and he could still improve his speed. But how many other 18-year-old players can you say that about, right? Most you know players. What? I got to tell you, if that's your biggest problem, speed isn't an issue. Guys can develop and learn and and train to become faster. And, and that so, doesn't mean he's slow, by the way. Let's no, not, I understand. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying in the scouting reports that we've read, that's all we've said is that he can still improve his speed. So you, you don't want to confuse, like this guy just went 18th overall in the NHL draft, right? So let's not confuse, uh, you know, could still work on his speed with slow. That's not at all we're, what right. we're saying. He's not a slow yeah. player. Yeah, exactly. And and again, like I said, from from my perspective, and going to Rutger McGordy, who seems to be probably a pretty good parallel the, between the 2022 first rounder, and the 2023 first rounder, one of the things he talked about when, it, when he was asked by uh, our friend Cameron Poitras of uh, 680 CJOB, Jets at Noon, he said, what did, what did you work on this year? And he said, my speed. And he was you know, a point-per-game player at University of Michigan for the Wolverines. He'll be heading back there next year. And he said, that's one of the areas I'm going to be working on. He's rollerblading apparently a lot in Michigan where he's training. Uh, but one of the things Brad that Bonk's was, kid, Oliver Bonk, by the way, sorry to cut you off, Dave. That's okay. Uh, Oliver Bonk just went to Philly at 22. Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, there they, I mean, again, that's when you start to feel a little bit older when you guys that you watched play in the NHL now are being, their kids are being drafted and that's obviously been happening for some time, but you know, Radic Bonk feels like Radic Bonk doesn't feel that old to have a kid old enough. I should say to have a kid uh, drafted in the NHL, but here Let me we are. tell you, Oliver Bonk has just as good a hair as his dad did. I mean, you remember really? his dad with the Ottawa Senators had great hair. Oliver Bonk's got some great, great lettuce as well. <laughs> well, the fact of the matter is that uh, right now, though, as we are focused on Colby Barlow, Murad Ates of The Athletic is talking to him. He said the first hug was with his mom who's sitting beside him. A good long one, he said. Thanked his parents, so many teammates for helping him get to this point. So, uh, I mean, it's not a surprise. This kid sounds like he has an excellent head on his shoulders. So I'm not really surprised that he's conscientious and considerate of the people who helped him get there. 
yeah, not surprising at all. I thought Murat was going to say he got the first hug from Colby Barlow after he was drafted 18th overall. So I'm glad that it was a, it was his uh, mom, you said, right? His family. family. So, um, yeah, hope, hoping to get, as you mentioned, Colby on the show. Uh, I'm sure, you know, he's a pretty busy guy right now uh, doing the rounds, meeting a lot of people, shaking a lot of hands, hugging a lot of people, possibly including Murat. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to talking to him. And also, you know, we talked about this a little bit on the Saturday show, I think a couple weeks ago, but when it was announced, but it's been a while since we've seen a Jets development camp. I think it was three straight years or four straight years that we didn't have a development camp. And I think Dave, I mean, obviously, you know, that's not going to determine whether a guy is going to play in the NHL or not. I mean, for the most part, it's all about team building, right? And a player getting acclimatized with the city and different prospects in the organization, management, coaching, staff, everything like that, right? But it'll be nice for fans to to watch Colby Barlow play. What is that? July fifth, July sixth, July fourth to the eighth. Yeah, so that's next Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken, right? So you're not going to have. I think it's Wednesday. I think it's Wednesday to Saturday or Sunday, but whatever. Yeah, so it's in a week, right? Yeah, you're talking about a week from now. So um, you know, it's going to be nice for you know Jets fans to see Colby Barlow play at. I believe it's Hockey for All Center, right? That they're going to yeah. have a Jets development. Well, I, don't, I haven't seen it yet, but I would imagine that's where it's HVAC, be. if you want to use a, an acronym, used to be called Bell MTS Iceplex, obviously. But uh, yeah, it's going to be really exciting to see him develop in the Ontario Hockey League. We talked about it, 79 points in 59 games. So obviously he missed a little bit of time. Uh, but I think you're talking about a guy that could easily hit 100 points, Dave, next year if he plays a full season with the Owen Sound attack. For sure. And and again, you're right, Ezzy. And I, th- I, I've mentioned this before on our show, whether it's a Saturday show, probably the Saturday show, I would imagine. But I think one of the things that has been lacking is that ability for fans to get up close and, and personal. And they did that last year uh, with these, well, they didn't have a development camp, but there was training camp at least, which returned a bit to normality. They didn't do the, the development camp last year because of the world, the summer world juniors. And so because of that, the Jets and the Jets had seen guys like Daniel Torgerson and, um, Henry Nickenin playing for the Moose. So they didn't feel a need to have uh, a camp per se because they were going to, a lot of these guys were either playing or they were dealing with some injuries and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it's not, not a surprise that they didn't do it last year, but again, it's an opportunity for, I think it's an opportunity for two things. I think these guys become familiar with the city. They become familiar with their teammates. And uh, I think those are both really important things for, for guys. You know, you don't want to, you don't want it to be a foreign thing and we take it for granted. These kids are 17, 18, 19 years old. They're coming to Winnipeg either for the first or second time. They don't really know, you know, it's a foreign city. It could be a foreign country. And we just take for granted these guys are just going to, you know, adjust. And you can talk to a guy. There's a reason why they hold these development camps, right? Like they, this isn't just performative, right? Like there's a reason why NHL teams do these development camps. There was reasons, obviously, you know, the pandemic being one of the reasons why they didn't hold development camps. There's reasons why teams don't, if it doesn't work with their schedule or whatever, but you're absolutely right, right, Dave. It's important for these prospects to get to know other players on the team, get to know the city. Like, you know, maybe, uh, you know, uh, he'll get to, um, Colby Barlow will get to maybe, you know, pick up a burger at uh, VJ's or, you know, go check out Assiniboine Park or maybe. More importantly, as he'll be here when it's legal curve. I don't know. He'll be here when it's not minus 40. And I think that's, that's also a good selling feature because, I love Winnipeg in the summer. It's a great place to be. So I, I think that's just one of those, those other things that people, you know, again, people here, Winnipeg, you know, Oh, it's so cold. It's so cold. Let them come here. Let them understand that there's things to do. And, and, and it's beautiful weather and it's a great time to be here. Show them, take, take them to the lake, take them to Lake of the woods, take them to the interlake, you know, wherever it's going to be. Uh, there's always great things to do here in summer, whether it's festival, whether it not festival, sorry, uh, uh, the fringe, sorry, 
The X, I think, Best maybe still Voyager, on. Best of Voyager, though, was great in the winter. Well, it's, that's a winter thing. But uh, I meant uh, you got the Red River X, I think, is on right now. Jazz Fest, I think, was on. And maybe it's over. You got Fringe Festival, which was one of my favorites. Dave Perot just wrote. went 23rd overall to the to the Rangers, Dave. So there, that's a pretty good pick. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a lot later than I think he was anticipated. So, you know, good for the New York Rangers. But uh, as he, one bird, fun bird, wants you to take them to the zoo. So I, I don't think the Jets are going to I have a lot of relatives at the zoo, actually. Yeah, they have a lot of other silverback gorillas there. Some of my uh, <laughs> second cousins. Folklorama, Spency, almost yelling at me in the all caps, Folklorama. Well, it's, it's still ridiculous that you've met Spency, Drew's met Spency, Sheldon Mandel uh, has met Spency, and I haven't met Spency. I mean, Spency and I, we don't just need to go out and have a few beers. We need like a, a full weekend together. Oh, there's no question about it. You guys need to, believe me, and we need to like film that whole thing. It'll be beautiful. But uh, no, I mean, look, we're not going to give you any more really um, insight into what Colby Barlow is uh, going to bring to this Winnipeg Jets club because of Ken, again, sorry, we don't have a tremendous uh, background on the player. We'll again, get to know him next week at the development camp where he'll get a chance to mix and match with guys like Rutger McGordy, Brad Lambert, um, all sorts of draft picks and prospects who are going to be here in Winnipeg and maybe some invitees. I think there's some college invitees that were, uh, we're on the list and and look every once in a while you get those guys like a Christian Reichel who uh, gets invited to camp after camp. He played for Red Deer as you'll remember that. And then he kept getting invited. He got invited so many times. I actually thought he was a Jets draft pick for the longest time, but he just kept getting invited to camp after camp. And then well, eventually... I don't know. I don't think you just mentioned that. Sorry. I was uh, reading uh, Gabriel Perot. I still can't believe he went 23rd overall. A lot of scouts had him going in the top 15, but Carson Kuhlman, remember he was another guy undrafted, yeah. Um, yeah. came to Jets development camp and then obviously, you know, was signed by, uh, I believe it was the Bruins first that signed him yeah. and he went to Seattle and then came to Winnipeg. Right. So the development camp, again, it's not going to determine uh, much in terms of a player's development. Um, but you know, it's, it, it, it plays a role, a vital role, um, in terms of players, you know, getting familiar with the city and the organization. And then also other players trying to make an, uh, making a name for themselves who weren't drafted. Yeah, and just looking at the reaction from the from the folks who are at uh, Canada Life for checking out their uh, draft party. I mean, I'd rather be here with you as in my maison. Yeah, we're having a party in River Heights. We got it. We got it. We got a draft. We got a draft party here. We got everyone over three hundred and thirty of you right now currently in the chat. We lost. We lost some numbers. I mean, I don't want to say it was Billick maybe sticking around a little too long, but you know, yeah. we we were trending up, and then Scotty maybe trended us down. Regardless of that, as I mean, look, there's there's. I think there's some cautious optimism in the Winnipeg market. There's still a lot of uncertainty. We don't know what's happening with Connor Hallebuck. We don't know what's happening with Mark Shifley. I suspect that what Kevin Sheveldayoff's comments were, weren't directed towards the folks like us in the media or the fans. They were directed to his fellow general managers, say, essentially saying, if you want these players, you're not getting them for a hill of beans. So you're going to have to make me a good offer. You're going to have to put something on the table that's worthwhile. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting what's going to happen, but I really think, like, I agree with Scott. I thought the most significant thing that, that Kevin Sheveldayoff said was the idea of Cole Perfetti potentially at, at center or even Gabe Velarde, although Gabe Velarde said, and it was, I thought, again, his comments today at Jets at Noon were interesting, how he talked about how he learned playing on the wing. He, he's very comfortable in the, either position, but he felt that he created more offense as a winger than he did as a center. So uh, depending on which the Jets need, but look, the Jets could use another right shot uh, winger as he who can create offense 
on either their first or second line. Well, the thing with when you talk about Gabe Velarde, I, I know you talked about Perfetti there and Velarde, both OHL mm-hmm. guys, by the way. To, to our friends, our, our, our friends Frank, the Frank and Mauro Zappia and Dom Zappia are going to be very happy about the high level of Italian uh, uh, draft or not draft picks, but uh, players who are going to be part of the Jets organization. Absolutely, uh, I worked at Mona Lisa for three years, so you know that I love uh, I love Italian people and Italian cuisine alike, and Italian cappuccino, uh, which we've uh, enjoyed uh, courtesy of Frank and Mauro Zappia, right? Uh, but you know, just going back to Gabe Velarde, Dave, and yep. talking about Cole Perfetti, I mean. Just because these guys haven't played a lot of time at center at the NHL level doesn't mean they still can't be centers, right? Gabe right. Velarde's 24 years old. Cole Perfetti's 21 years old. Or Velarde's turning 23. 24 years yeah, old. Yeah, he's going to say he's 24. 23 turning 24, right? Yeah. The thing with LA, though, is we've talked about this, right? Like, you had Kopitar there. You had Philip Deneau there. You had Quinton Byfield there, who's obviously a natural center. But mm-hmm. So Velarde has played some center at the NHL level, but he's primarily played on the wing. So, right. again, just because a guy... You know, if you're drafted as a center and you play on the wing, you can still play center. That's always an option. And I think that's what a lot of people were talking about, in addition to the good call that Chevy got with Velarde, Iafalo, Kupari in the second round pick. I think, you know, there's always the chance that, you know, if you have Mark Shifley as your first line center, which again, I mean, Shifley could always be traded. I mean, it's looking more and more likely that Shifley is going to stay a member of the Jets organization, but you could have Perfetti or Velarde in that second line center role. Again, Velarde and Perfetti could both be used on the wing, but it's not out of the question that one of those two players, by the way, get, great to see Trotsy up there with the Nashville Predators, the new GM, um, Pride of Dauphin, Manitoba, about to make their pick at, I believe it's 25th overall at this point. Is it, or sorry, 24th overall, Nashville Predators well, have the pick. So Barry Trotz was on the 32 Thoughts podcast, and I was listening to hear what Jets related things they were discussing, but it was hilarious because they told, um, they clipped it from the interview, but they did a little chit chat with Dennis about De- He said, do you know Dennis Bayak? And then uh, I don't know if you saw my tweet as he, but it was a little Dennis Bayakism. And I, I, whenever I get a chance to, to tweet about Dennis Bayak, I'm always going to take that opportunity. Uh, I actually tried to get Dennis to come on because I, I sent him the tweet after, and I tried to get him to join on, join on. I said, Dennis, everybody would love to see you and hear from you. So he said, he's, in, he's busy. He's in Saskatchewan right now, but he promised that he would, try and make it on with us sometime in July. So I said, okay, well, I'll see. I'm going to hold you to that, Dennis. We'll see what uh, we can do. Hold on. This is the, uh, the comment they had on the 32 thoughts podcast. Funny Dennis. Oh, this is my, this is me. Funny Dennis Bayak memory to start the 32 thoughts podcast. This is him talking to Jeff Merrick. Jeff, I'm from Winnipeg, Osis, Manitoba. Merrick replied, what can you tell me about Winnipeg, Osis? It's the birthplace of the toothbrush. So Jeff said, yes, or sorry, really? And then Dennis said, yeah. Because if it were anywhere else, they'd call it the teeth brush. Got it? That's Only hilarious. One tooth. There you go. Come on. Yeah, Come on, I, I know. I, I know. I did see it. Sorry, I'm just uh, following here. The draft is in Nashville, of course, as everybody knows. Tanner Melendic, a good Saskatchewan boy, led all Saskatoon defensemen with nine goals in 22-23. So Melendic's a little bit maybe off the board, um, but you got to love it every time a Saskatchewan boy is drafted, right, Dave? I, I agree, but I mean, come on. I was in the middle of telling a Dennis Bayak story and I could tell you weren't paying attention. Anyways, I was expecting- well, I saw your court. tweet though. I saw your tweet. I know, fine, fine. But yeah, I mean, and, and by the way, the, the, chat could, the chat could give a little more love to Dennis Bayak and my comment about Dennis Bayak. But regardless, it's not my joke. It was Dennis's. But anyways, Dennis is doing well. He says hello to everyone. And uh, hopefully we'll have him on sometime next month to uh, to catch up to him and catch up with him and see what's going on, get his thoughts and uh, 
See, thank you, Phyllis. Phyllis gave me a smile. And thinking, seeing Phyllis's name, it reminds me of something. Have people smashed that like button? We're hoping to be joined by Colby Barlow, but he's not going to be impressed if there's over 300 of you right now in the chat. And we do not have close to 300 likes. So, I mean, please, let's get those, get those likes up there and make sure you're subscribing to the Illegal Curve channel on YouTube because this is, of course, where we go live every Saturday morning, 9 o'clock, after every Jets postgame show. Jet schedule just came out. 82 post-game shows with the three of us. Not necessarily all three of us all the time, but the fact of the matter is we will be doing 82 post-game shows. Probably, maybe, hopefully a new format. We'll see. But uh, should be a lot of fun. And we're going to... Uh, uh, we'll try and see what happens in that regard with, with, the, with all of the exciting illegal curve action coming your way. Just coordinating with the Jets to try and get Colby Barlow... Sure. The 18th overall selection on with us uh, momentarily, but we'll see if we can get him on the internet. Of course, as they know in Nashville, unfortunately, isn't the best. So uh, we, and we don't really have that capability of phone calls as we should maybe figure that out. But we are going to try and work to see if we can get Colby Barlow on for a little bit just to introduce him to the folks here in Winnipeg. Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to correct myself there, Dave. Tanner Melendix actually from Kamloops, British Columbia. So he played for Saskatoon. I made a mistake there. He's not a Saskatchewan boy. So uh, as anybody who's watched the Illegal Curve Hockey Show over the years knows, I make a lot of mistakes and a lot of guarantees that turn out to haunt me. So again, not a Saskatchewan boy, but he is a Western Canadian boy who played uh, from BC, who played for the Saskatoon Blades. Um, and looks like he was uh, a little bit off the board there because I was looking at Craig Button's list. He had him ranked uh, 52nd. Elite Prospects had him at 40th. Uh, Bob McKenzie in his final rankings had him at 62nd. But again, all that matters is who the National Predators uh, amateur scouting staff, what they think, right? And they obviously like Melendic. They like what they saw out of him with the Saskatoon Blades of the Western Hockey League. And now we're going to be waiting for the 25th overall pick, which belongs to the St. Louis Blues. And as you know, Dave, they have another first-round pick at 29th overall. And I go back to what I said. So the Blues have three first-round picks. And obviously, the Montreal Canadiens had two first-round picks. They traded one to acquire Alex Newhook from the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Shout-out to Joey Sackick, by the way, somehow giving up nothing to acquire Ryan Johansson and then flipping Alex Newhook for a first-round pick and a second-round pick. So I think Burnaby Joe's done a great job there uh, addressing his center ice position because, as you know, Dave, Gabe Landeskog's going to miss the entire season, which is crazy. Um but going back to what we were talking about before, focusing on Colby Barlow, I mean, I think this, and, and you know, some of the draft picks that we've seen that have been completely off the board, uh, starting with number six, which was Dmitry Simashev, Russian defenseman. I had to scroll up, Dave, because I'd never heard of Dmitry Simashev. So I, I had to look at the uh, NHL.com draft tracker here. But there's been some surprises, right? And whether it's Dmitry Simashev, whether it's even the Habs taking David Reinbacher, the Austrian defenseman, over Matt Vay-Michkov, um, or even Nate Danielson, Brandon Weeking, right? Ninth overall. We thought he might be an option for the Jets at 18th overall. But reminder that this happens every single year, right? Moritz Sider going sixth overall back in 2019, Dave, or 2020, I forget. Remember, by the way, just, and that, that's why I just want to remind everyone, as a cautionary tale, Ezzy, that before you pan every pick, you're like, oh, this team's stupid. Right Sider looks like a pretty good pick. And Steve Eiserman was kind of like, he was, he was maligned a little bit because of that selection, because everybody's like, this is so off, far off the board and da, 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 da. 
Well, he, and again, that's why I said, so I know we, we laugh at he teams 50 sometimes. points in his rookie year. I mean, Moritz Sider is a guy that would you be surprised if he wins the Norris trophy one? No, day? I wouldn't. And that's the whole point. But, but again, he was panned for the selection by a lot of folks. And again, I don't pretend to be an, a prospects expert by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, I don't try and be an expert on anything other than a little site called the Of course that I'm an expert. in. I think you're an but expert I, in looking good as well. Oh, thank you, Ezzy. Well, I've got to thank my, my Manitoba shirt, my Legal Curve hat. Switch it over here. What's up? Legal Curve, no big deal. Sharp. But I just think fresh. like, yeah, a little fresh, a little fresh. But no, I, I think that what we've got is uh, you've got to be, you've got to take it with an understanding that these take guys. Take with a grain of salt. Take every single pick with a grain of salt, unless it's Connor Bedard, Dave. Yeah. Not every player. You can't, like, Connor Bedard is going to be an exceptional generational player, whatever word whatever superlative you want to use, Connor Bedard's most likely going to be a hundred point plus player at a certain point in the NHL, right? Um, right. Adam Fantilli, he's most likely going to be an 80 to 90 point player for the Columbus Blue Jackets. But most players, you're not going to be able to say with certainty, this guy is going to score 35 goals and 70 points every single year, right? Uh, so yeah, I mean, these remind yourself that these kids are 18 years old and you know they project all players are unique. Dave's working the phone lines here, so maybe we uh, maybe we got the Winnipeg Jets in contact with Dave. Might be hoping to get for everybody watching. Smash the like button. Thanks for joining us on our special round one 2023 NHL draft coverage. We're hoping – I'm taking over the hosting duties here, Dave. Hoping mm -hmm. to get Colby Barlow, the newest member of the Winnipeg Jets, taken 18th overall. If you're just joining us, Colby Barlow was the captain of the Owen Sound attack. Scholastic player of the year, 93% average. In grade 12, this is a very skilled left winger, left shot, left winger. He's a guy that projects as a top six forward at the NHL level, and he's got some some grit, some sandpaper to his game, likes to get in on the forecheck, likes the physicality, and according to Craig Button, is cut from the same cloth as 2022 first-rounder Rector McGroidy. There you go. Well, I mean, that will be – It's. it, it sounds – I'm a little concerned. It doesn't sound like it's so good. We'll see if it uh, – the Jets can make it work, but uh well, if we don't get Colby tonight, Dave, we can always get him on Saturday show if if that's a possibility. So I mean, look at he's busy, right? Like, yeah, and there might be some sure. some other technical difficulties. I'm not sure what you're what who you're texting with or what's happening over there, Dave. But if we can't get him, hopefully we'll get him Saturday. And if not, we'll get him the following Saturday. There you go. That's that's what we that's why we bring you on as you're a, you're the the fountain of positivity on this show. Drew is the fountain of negativity. I'm kind of the guy in the middle, and that's why we. Well, Drew's uh, that's just why a we, curmudgeon. Oh, for sure. Well, we already got Winnipeg Joe gave us about a, everything. Yeah, he said without Grandpa around, the show seems to be moving very smoothly, very smoothly. So uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate all of your comments. You are of course listening to the Illegal Curve. Draft special. I, I think I should have just called it the illegal curve draft special. That probably would I keep inserting hockey, but I think the illegal curve draft special with Ezra Ginsburg. I am, of course, Dave Manuk. We've been here since six o'clock. It is now nine o'clock. So three hours as I think we've taken a grand total of two breaks. So six minutes of breaks. Otherwise, we have been talking nonstop about the 2023 NHL draft. The Jets, of course, selecting Colby Barlow with the 18th overall pick from the OHL. And uh, again, a lot of people raving about what kind of player the Jets have brought in. Sounds like, again, like a high character kind of guy. We'll see if we can get him on the line. But again, it just seems that the Jets continue to build up that prospect pool because remember for a long time, as the Jets had a very envious prospect pool, right? They weren't going into it. They weren't dipping into it. They were allowing it to, you know, develop, build, and then they then they raided it a bit. They needed it to uh, start to pay off. 
And so those guys started to, you know, jump up and start playing in with the Winnipeg Jets. And then ultimately they became a little more threadbare because they were reliant on them. So good word. Like I, what's that? Threadbare. Good word. Yeah, there you go. So the point is that the Jets uh, are building it back up with guys like Brad Lambert, Record McGordy, Chaz Lucius, and now, of course, Colby Barlow. And they don't have a second-round pick, Ezzy, and I don't think they have a fourth-round pick, but they've got a third, and they've got two fifths. And uh, they, they have they two second-round picks in 2024, don't they, Dave? No, one. No, because remember they lost the. Because remember they gave up the Nito Niederreiter one oh, for right. this year at the trade deadline. So, right. so Kevin Sheldayoff has his. I just full wanted contingent. to stick it to Habs fans there. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but yeah, just going, going, getting back to what you were talking about uh, about sure. the prospect pool for the Jets, Dave, and and that had a lot to do with players that the Jets drafted coming into the NHL quickly, right? So you're talking about 2014 when they took Nick Ehlers, 2015 when they took Kyle Connor and Jack Roslovic. Connor and Roslovic obviously spent some time in college. Um, but as these first round picks two or three years after they're drafted, get into the NHL. And then what happens the next year, they get Patrick Lyon, a second overall, and he steps right into the NHL. So you're right between kind of 2017 and 2020, um, you had, you know, what, seven or eight, 10 first round picks in the Jets lineup. And then now starting with Cole Perfetti in 2020, and then maybe even throw Vili Hainola, who was drafted in 2019, of course. He's still a prospect, right? Like, you, you forget that Vili Hainola is still a top prospect in the Jets system. Is he going to play in the Jets' top six? Well, you have another guy in Declan Chisholm, who you've talked about a lot, watched a lot with the Moose, Dave. He's 23, 24 years old. He's yep. pushing for an NHL spot, right? And then obviously you've got Dylan Sandberg there, who solidified himself in the Jets' top six. So when you've got Morrissey, Dylan, and, and Dylan Sandberg, Sorry, should you know clarify that Brendan Dillon and Dylan Sandberg on the left side there? It's going to be tough for Vili Hainola to crack the top six, but he still is a prospect. And you're right, Rutger McGroarty is going to play another year of college hockey. Then he's going to turn pro. We expect, and obviously Chaz Lucius, he's missed a lot of hockey. And so Chaz Lucius, I, I think you would agree, Dave is going to play in the American Hockey League. I don't think he's going to step right into the NHL mainly because of injury issues. But when you throw in Brad Lambert. Mm-hmm. Um, who I think probably doesn't have much more to prove at the WHL level. Um, you know, he's probably going to be in the Jets lineup, what, a couple of years from now? So I think there's a lot of things to be excited about. Yes, the Jets had to trade Pierre-Luc Dubois because he didn't want to sign long-term, and they might yeah. have to trade Connor Hellebuck because he also doesn't want to sign long-term. Um, but the Jets have now rebuilt that stable of prospects, and you can, you're can you starting to see what this Jets lineup is going to look like a couple of years from now. I don't think there's any question. and and. That's why, you know, as you were talking about it yesterday, it's like almost like the Jets 3.0. You've you've had your run with the kind of resuscitating the team after Atlanta and kind of purging a lot of the the players that you had brought over with you from Atlanta into Winnipeg. And then, of course, you had your chance to put your stamp on the team. You did that. And now, of course, that core group is 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 essentially gone. And look, Blake Wheeler, we talk about it. I mean, these are his last days with the Winnipeg Jets, it's rather remarkable, right? The guy played, uh, again, you don't have to like him. You don't have to say he's the nicest guy ever, but he certainly, one thing you won't really ever question is his effort on the ice, I don't think. And so um, uh, it'll be weird to not see Blake Wheeler on this Jets team anymore, but clearly that had to come to an end based on the end of season media avails. Uh, and not not the comments. I actually don't care about his comments uh, so much. It was more just the fact that every player 
essentially swore fealty to him and said, Oh yeah, we still see him as a leader. So, so to me, Blake Wheeler leaving, you know, not a huge surprise in that regard, but still an end of a, of an era. It's time. And, it's, it's just, well, it's time, the end right? of an era, like but sometimes... it's, Eddie, it's the end. It's the end yeah. of an era. And it's the end. He's the last like vestige of their Atlanta, obviously aside from folks who are in the scouting staff or, or like assistant general managers or what that, that sort of idea. But he is the last of the players who uh, come from the Atlanta were part of the Atlanta thrashers. And we talked about that. That's one of the things I like the most about the return that Chevy got for Pierre-Luc Dubois from the LA Kings is that Gabe Velarde, I mean, he fills, he does a lot of the things that, that Blake Wheeler does on the, on that right side. Right. So could Velarde play up the middle for the Jets? We talked about that. Yes, sure. Because he was drafted as a center out of the Ontario Hockey League. Yes, he could play up the middle, but most likely he's going to be on the right wing. And so now you've, figured out who fills that hole that that Wheeler left. So are we going to see a trade? It's possible. I mean, we've we've thought all along that if the Jets were going to trade Blake Wheeler, most likely they were going to have to retain some salary, most likely 50% of his salary, right? Yeah. So what can you get for Blake Wheeler? Well, I mean, I think considering his his age and his salary, you're probably looking at, you know, a third round draft pick or something like that or maybe uh you know, a C-level prospect. And that's no disrespect to Blake Wheeler. That's just kind of what we're talking about. I don't think anybody expects Blake Wheeler to be traded for a first-round draft pick, right? You know like what, it's, as, just, it's just not going to happen. No, and, you know, one of the things I thought was interesting, and I, I, I'm curious to get your take because it was something we talked about very briefly yesterday on the show, but I thought it was very interesting given the Jets had, I think, $13 million in cap space that the insiders were saying the Jets are going to have to buy out Blake Wheeler in order to make this trade happen. And I'm like, why? In what in what world? First of all, the contract is not even going to be here because you're trading it with LA. So, I mean, obviously you have to be compliant when you sign a contract. So Pierre-Luc Dubois would have to, but the contract wouldn't be in effect till next year because it, he's got a contract till July 1st. And so then he would be, a, it'd be a contract starting in 23, 24. So it just didn't make any sense to me. And the only thing I could think of, and it's something I kind of highlighted from Darren Dreger's uh, comments earlier today uh, was that, Maybe there was another move in play and maybe the Jets were trying to do something very big, whether it was with the LA Kings, maybe trying to make something significant happen, or maybe it was with another team, but it just didn't make a lot of sense to me that they were talking about the idea of needing to buy out Blake Wheeler in order to make the Pierre-Luc Dubois money work. Cause I'm like the Jets have $13 million in cap space for next season. It just, it didn't make sense to me. And so I was trying to figure out where they were going with it. And I suspect again, maybe it had something to do with a bigger move. Because that's what Darren Dreger said, and I should find the exact quote just to give you some context so people don't go, the hell's well, what you're talking well, just about? To, just to clarify, Dave, as you know, you can go, what is it, above 10%? 10% above, yeah. Above, but it's only for, I think you can only be above for a month, if I'm not mistaken. And it's, it and be- it's a finite 10%. It doesn't like go, I don't think you can, you can't go, it's not like you can go, okay, I'm, th- I'm 5% over, then I go back to 5% compliant, then 5%, it's 10% total. Right, so the not Jets, that we're going to turn this and, into and an accounting. I think, I think what people were talking about, maybe there was a little misunderstanding, Dave, because the Jets actually technically signed Dubois, yes, right, and and traded him. The Kings didn't trade for him and then sign him. It was actually the Jets that signed him. Yeah, um, so he get that I, I don't know What his cap hit would have been for this year if it would have been eight point five million, or I'm not sure how the AAV would have worked in the first year. Uh, uh, I can't remember deal. how it's broken down. It was. Right. It was. But, uh, but regardless, the Jets had the cap space, so I think it was eight the, and a half. To, to basically go back to what you were saying, um, so much has happened. There's so many dollars that have been floating around. Yeah. But even with Dubois making $8.5 million t- and, and being on the 
the books technically for the Jets. The Jets still had cap room to still have Blake Wheeler. Yeah. So there was, I think there was just a misunderstanding. Basically, the Dubois trade and the Blake Wheeler buyout aren't related to each other in that sense. Well, so, but here's the comment. Here's the thing that I, that I said that was the most, so this was Dreger with Jay Onright. He said, he's trying to do business, talking about he being obviously Kevin Sheveldayoff. He's trying to do business in a number of different areas, not just the pieces that have been, that have acknowledged that they won't re-sign in Winnipeg. Meaning, obviously, we're not just talking about Connor Hellebuck. We're not just talking about Mark Shifley. And obviously, he's not talking about Blake Wheeler specifically. So, to my mind, that meant that the Jets were trying to do something else and trying to be creative. And that would have been the reason that they were doing a buyout. And it's entirely possible that maybe they were going to do the buyout to make Blake Wheeler easier to fit for another team, right? We don't know exactly how it was going to work. But, you know, again, like I said... I, I, that's the behind the scenes stuff as that's constantly going on and you never really know what's happening. But I just thought it was rather peculiar that they were saying this needs to happen. And I'm like, why? Regardless, this is I the think it was just hockey misunderstanding, show. Dave of Dubois contract, like him getting a raise from what, what was he making last year? 6.1 6. million or yeah. something. Yeah. And then uh, it, it going up to eight and a half. It was just a misunderstanding. I think of how much cap space, as you mentioned, the jets had. Well, and and, I, and it's funny, Rob Mahoney's saying, wait, Dubois signed with the Jets? Because he said if he had a contract, he wouldn't leave. Said that just yesterday, big fat liar. But I said what the Jets, and I said, that, I've already used this joke as you, but it was kind of like the Seinfeld where uh, George, the girl wouldn't break up with George. So after Dubois signed it, I'd just say, okay, well, it's too bad. You signed it. You're with us for eight more years. Live in Winnipeg. Buy a place in St. Boniface. Be happy. Regardless, this is the Illegal Curve Hockey Show draft Caleb Ritchie, special. by the way, sorry, Dave, just went 27th overall to the Colorado Avalanche. So we've only got five more picks left in the first round. Yeah, this is I'm this is unheralded, unprecedented to have a draft. And after only maybe three and a half hours, Ezzy, no trades, no thoughts. I think, to be honest with you, the guy who waited the longest was probably Kevin Dayoff when he hesitated for a second at the draft table to talk most likely with Mark Hillier or maybe Zinger or one of the other guys in the organization. But look, all we know right now is that the Jets have, uh, you know, Colby Barlow in the stable. They've got a number of picks tomorrow. And remember, we won't be live, of course, doing the show unless there's something major that happens that we require a pop-up show of some sort. But if they don't, if we don't require a pop-up show because nothing has taken place, the Jets are drafting once in the third, no second round pick, once in the third round, no fourth round pick, they lost. Does anybody remember why they lost the fourth round pick as 2023 fourth rounder? That was because I don't No, I don't remember. I was, I was trying to think of who it might've been. Andrew they traded Foster. it. Uh, no, that was when they acquired Mason Appleton from the Seattle Kraken. They've go. got a fifth rounder. They've got uh, the Rangers fifth rounder. Do you remember why they have the Rangers fifth rounder as he uh, Truba trade? Andrew Kopp, that was a conditional pick. They got that one. They do not have a six-rounder in this year. Why don't they have the six-rounder? I, I forgot that Andrew Kopp was on the Rangers. He was on the <laughs> Rangers for, what, like three weeks? Yeah. Do you remember what they gave up in the uh, – why they gave up the six-rounder? Uh, Sixth-rounder, Nemesnikov? No, Andrew Kopp. Nemesnikov well, that's what I said before. Yeah, I know, but but they no, they lost their sixth rounder. No, I know. They, I they know. gained. Just, yeah, okay. yeah. And then, I'm just and then at this point, and they've what got did, a seven. They they've got a seven Mesnikov. rounder. Was that a fourth rounder? Fourth rounder. Yeah. yeah. So so, anyways, the point is that uh, yeah, that's a fourth rounder in 2025 for Nemesnikov. Hollywood in telling me that we have 211 likes, which is pretty good actually. That's pretty much a one to one ratio. 
for, well, not really, actually. My math's a little bit off. I need to go to um, more like a one to two ratio, given the fact that we had over 400 people here at one point, maybe even 500. Who knows? The numbers are inflated. This is fake news with illegal curve. But I'm Dave Manu. He's Ezzy Ginsberg. Just wanted We're to mention this show. too, our, our good friend, Andrew Hustler Patterson, yes. who is uh, on with us uh, yeah. about uh, three hours ago with Michael Remus, yeah. uh, tweeted this out 49 minutes ago. Just saw this now. You probably already saw it, or you might have mentioned it earlier when I was scrolling through different scouting reports, Dave. Just talked to Craig Button, and he, to put it mildly, he absolutely loves Barlow. So, I mean, Craig, obviously, you know, he he's a very positive guy. And last year, you know, at, when the Jets drafted Rutger McGrody in the first round, he loved that pick as well. Uh, but you remember back in 2015, we were at that draft in Sunrise, Florida, and the Jets took uh, Kyle Connor 17th overall, um, and he was ecstatic uh, for the Jets organization. So Craig yeah. Button doesn't say he loves every pick. But look, I think Colby Barlow, uh, we've talked about it. I mean, what's not to like about Barlow, right? Like he's a scholastic player, captain of the own sound attack. He's a great goal scorer. He's got physicality. He's good defensively. Um, you know, so I, I think Jets fans are, are going to love this guy and they're going to get to see him as we talked about play uh, for, uh, with, as part of Jets development camp next week. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, again, it's going to be, well, we're not, we're working with the Jets staff to try and get him on the show right now, but uh, we'll see. He's got a lot of friends and family, of course, that he's probably going to want to get to and, and celebrate with. So if he does jump who's, on, who's, with on, us, we'll who's do a- on the, the phone right now, are you talking to Gregor? I'm talking to Gregor. Yeah, that's who I'm talking to. So hopefully Gregor, we'll, uh... Gregor obviously is, is a busy guy. And, you know, as you said, it's not like Colby Barlow is just, you know, sitting down by himself right now. And he's, <laughs> he's, he's, you know, looking at his phone saying, when are the illegal curve guys going to send me the show link? He's well, I mean, to be honest with you, there's a lot of precedent. I mean, it's, I'm not going to say it's, it's, it's exciting to be on here, but Chaz Lucius, he had a pretty good time when he jumped on with us in yeah. 2021. His phone was you blowing know, up. We know Rutger McGordy, his he was having a lot of fun with us when he jumped on. Uh, so there's there's these guys. The precedent is there that that draft picks have a lot of fun when they join the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. There's something and, and illegal. you don't have to worry about having to talk to Drew. You get the two most handsome exactly. members of Illegal Curve here. <laughs> That's a rare thing, right? Drew's been on oh. every draft show that we've ever done. As he, you know what, interim coach has it. Now I understand why he can't be on. He says he is studying right now for a math quiz. Oh, good point by right. interim coach. Yeah, makes, that makes yeah, no, exactly. no, probably not. If he was, if he had a ninety-three percent average in grade twelve, he's probably taking regular calculus. Look at you. Well, it's good. No, no big deal. John Ginsburg's a math professor, retired. Remember, math the math professor. gene skips a generation. <laughs> it skips two, actually. Sorry, Ruben. <laughs> no, it only skips one. It only skips one. Oh, it only skips one. Okay, no, Ruben was go. counting to twenty the other day. He's good. Really. And the problem was you kept screwing them up. You're like 16, 12, 13, 45. Yeah, it's true. Whoo, Ezzy, where does the time go? We have flown through the show. What draft pick are they? Quentin, your boy Musty went. The, a lot of Jets fans were kind of interested in him. Yeah, Quentin Musty went, went to, to the Sharks, San Jose I believe. 26. Then we talked about Kalen Ritchie, uh, went 27th overall out of Oshawa. And then Easton Cowan uh, from the London Knights. A Is he a winger? He's a right winger, Easton Cowan. To the Leafs. To the Leafs, yep. There you go. There you go. Silence. <laughs> well, anyways, we appreciate you joining us here on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. We've been uh, rolling along. We're at three three hours, 15 minutes. Not that I'm counting down. Mindell, you know, can you imagine the gall on that guy to not be here on the draft special? The most important show, I would say, as he of the year. I mean, he'll be on the he'll be on the I have no problem. Show. 
like I said with Hassan Remus when we had them on in the first hour, Dave, it's just more mic time for us. Oh, I agree. The Ginsburg I agree. Luke experience takes over. No, I agree with you. There's no question about that. And remember, of course, that our next broadcast will be on Saturday, bright and early, right at nine o'clock. And that will be, of course, a lot of fun because I believe free agency starts to start at noon as. So we'll have uh, free agency starting right at noon. Uh, so we'll get to kind of preview things. We'll see. Of course, we'll hopefully know by that point whether the Jets have qualified uh, which players. We could have a buyout to talk about with respect to Blake Wheeler because that has to be con- uh, concluded by June 30th. Uh, we should have the schedule for the upcoming uh, development camp. We'll know the players that are coming. And as I said, we already know the regular season schedule, including da, 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 some Boston pizza uh, appearances with the illegal curve folks. Drew is going to set that up. Uh, and uh, of course, our friends at We're Betway. Bringing the show to the public. Bringing the show to the public. Yeah. Maybe once a month or a little bit more, a little bit less. Well, we we'll used figure to do the out. show back in the day at, at Boston Pizza downtown. So it's going to be. Well, that wasn't our, but that wasn't our show, though. That was just that was just the Jets post game show on TSN twelve ninety. That no, no, no. We did the illegal curve hockey show at Boston Pizza. We used to do it on game days. That might have been prior to your time, Dave. That's Jesse, what are you talking about? I've been on the show the entire time. That's why what you're the hell are you talking there was about? There's a guy. You know, we just talked about the Toronto Maple Leafs draft pick uh, yeah. taking Easton Cowan. There's a guy that used to be on with us that I think he might be a pro scout for the Leafs. Really, uh, Richard? I think. Ah, there you Shout go. Shout out to Richie P. By the way, you you mentioned you mentioned BP, and of course, our friend Spencey Sutton says fish bowls. Fish bowls, baby. He's getting ready for some fish bowls. So, yeah, it's going to be well. It's a long weekend for everybody, Stacey, here in Canada, of course, because uh, Canada Day, which I actually hate, is it a decide? This is going to be a little bit of a, a rant. I, I hate that free agency is on Canada Day. I think it's uh, annoying. I think that Canada Day should be a day where you can be with your families. And I don't like that they do it uh, on July 1st. I, I kind of find it a little bit disrespectful personally. That's just my, uh, an aside, I think that it's better, better. You can do it July 2nd. It's one more day. Give everybody the opportunity to, to, to ha- celebrate living in this country and, uh, and being with their family. So I, I don't like it. I, I've never been a fan of it. We do it obviously because that's what it is. They don't, they don't stop for us as, but I, I just don't like the fact that they do um, free agency on Canada Day. They, they and they always try and they to me they always try and act like it's the, too cute about it. They're like, oh well, it's a national holiday and hockey's a national. No, 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 no. Don't tell me what it is. You know, there's a there's a time and a place to be with your friends and your family, and then there's a time and a place to to cover hockey. And I just don't like how they link it between Canada Day and uh, um, free agency. So. Yeah, we'll I'm see with what... you on that. And the thing is, like, you know, I don't want to go there, but like, if you did it on July 24th, no, July. 4th. Or, pardon me, July 4th. Whoa, July so 24th is my birthday. birthday. I'm like, July, I'm like, is it, would that be disrespectful if it, they did it on your birthday? I'm, I meant to say July 4th, Independence no, Day, right? So, I, I mean, uh, yeah, Fourth of July. I, 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 you know, look at. I mean, there's, the, it is what it is, as you said, Dave. Even though what is what is what is what is is. Jerry Seinfeld, if you've ever seen his stand-up routine, he says, "What are pe- why do people say it is what it is? What is, is. Um, but yeah, I think ideally it wouldn't be on Canada Day because look, at Canada Day, um, you can say whatever you want, right? And there's, the, don't get me wrong, we have a, you know, a part of our history that is 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 not something to be proud of. Um, but I think, you know, on, on July 1st, we celebrate everything that is great about Canada. That's mainly right. the diversity, right? Diversity is the strength of our country, right? Um, and yeah, it's we were the strength of the country. Well, yeah, us too. But I think most people would say diversity and you know all the great people that we have 
you know, coming from all different countries in the world, coming over to Canada. I think that's what makes Canada, in my opinion, I'm biased because I'm Canadian. I think we have the best country in the world. So yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, um, but it is what it is. And we're going to have fun on Saturday and, you know, talking about, you know, Colby Barlow and possibly Blake Wheeler being bought out and maybe some free agents that the Jets might sign. Yeah. So anyways, we'll, uh, we will be talking about that. And of course, getting some insight into the Moose team, of course, because the only player, they, uh, they've been losing players, a lot of players going to the DEL. So we'll see what's happening with the Manitoba Moose uh, as well as they might get some players uh, here in the, as part of the organization, as part of the signing. Although the Moose we know Ashton is- Sautner is going to play for the Moose next year. He re-upped. He did, but he signed a Jets contract. He's he's on a on an NHL contract. The Flynn Flon product. Very happy, very proud to be back in Winnipeg. He grew up in Saskatchewan and Alberta, I believe. But he he was he was in Flynn Flon, I think, till he was six years old. And his mom was a teacher, so he would come to Winnipeg quite a bit with her. Very proud uh, of his Manitoba roots and his grandparents, I believe, are still in Flynn Flon. So um, he talked about how important, how much it meant to him to be here in Winnipeg. Uh, as part of the organization last season. And uh, I know they, I know they liked him a lot and they saw him in kind of that leadership role. So yeah, he's the only one so far and you're right as he is most likely going to be a, uh, a moose player next season. But Hey, but- I mean, if injuries happen, right? Like, I mean, you look at a guy like um, Kyle Capobianco, right? Like I don't think a lot of people thought Kyle Capobianco was going to play a lot for the jets. And what did he end up playing? 15, 20 games for the jets, many? 10, really? 10 games, something like that. Just saying, I mean, Ashton Sautner, if there are injuries, could end up playing a little bit for the Jets. That's all I'm saying. But yes, he's more likely going to be a moose defenseman. Just a little a little news from our friend Dave Pagnotta at the fourth period, bringing it back to the Jets. You know, we were just talking about the Jets slash moose. said, on Winnipeg, things have been quiet on the Hellebuck trade front since it became known he wants $9 million plus on an extension. Why are people surprised about that? Not much this week on Shifley either. Not yet anyway. Well, and maybe that's the reason why Kevin Sheveldayoff said what he said. So it sounds as he... Capo Bianco played 14 games for the Jets. You made it seem like what I was saying was ridiculous. What did I no, say? I was, 15 to 20 games. No, you said you actually said 15 originally, and I was thinking it was closer to you know seven to ten. But look, you're 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 accurate. I don't I don't question the Ginsburg. Well, I do question the Ginsburg, but you have to not you in have this to question everything. We we often have to get Daniel Dale on to fact check me. Oh, all the time. He gives he sends me notes. He's like Ginsburg got like 30 things wrong on the show. I'm like. Daniel, what do you want from me? I can only do so much. I can Flint only. Flint to Betty Flonitan. Only... That's right, Dan Jets fans. Flint to Betty Flonitan. I believe the only town in Canada or the world that's named after a fictional character. That's a fact that you would have to check. Wow, that's a good... is named me... after a fictional character, and I would know because a... my dad's from Flint Flon. I'm going to ask Ashton Sodner about that the next time I interview him. I'm going to be like, Ashton, is it in fact true that Flint Flon is the only town named after a fictional character? At the very least, it's the only one in Canada, I believe. Well, that, that makes sense. I would I would think that it's probably not the only one in the world, but I think you know maybe the one in uh, in Canada. Anyways, Ezzy, where are they in the draft right now? What are we What are we looking at? We are looking at right now Theo Lindstein, who's a Swedish defenseman, went uh, 29th overall to St. Louis. So three picks left, Dave. We've got Carolina at 30th overall. Colorado has another pick at 31st overall. We talked about they took Kalen Ritchie. Uh, from the Oshawa Generals at 27th. And yeah. then the st- reigning Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights, featuring Ooh. a plethora tra- of Manitobans. They select 32nd overall. Ezzy, more importantly, though, I, we didn't get... Did you? What did you think of their trade today? Uh, did, what trade? I don't even know if I saw it. 
The Golden Knights made the trade? One of the original misfits was sent to the Pittsburgh Penguins for a third rounder. Who's that? Well, I'm going to ask you to guess. Well, just tell me. (laughs) Why don't you Uh, tell me? The original misfits for a third rounder. Mm -hmm. uh, Braden McNabb? Riley Smith. Oh, right. right. Was Braden McNabb McNabb an original misfit? Uh, no, because he, he was no, he's with the Kings at the time, wasn't he? Sure Anyways, Riley is original. Well, I, I, I wasn't. They weren't going to trade Jonathan Marsh or so, but no, but Riley, Riley, Smith, Riley Smith for a third round pick, and then they signed Barbashev for a, to a five year deal. See, that's exactly like. See, remember what we were talking about earlier? Well, of course you remember. You're on the show, um, <laughs> but it's been a uh, what are we go, pushing three and a half hours here, Dave? Yes, but yes. um, we were talking about how. The Jets didn't need to buy out Blake Wheeler to make the uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois money work because they signed him and then traded him. But yeah, I think when you're the Vegas Golden Knights, we know they're right up against the cap. If they were going to sign Barbashev, which I think is is the right move, because as you remember, the top line for the Golden Knights in the playoffs was Jack Eichel, Jonathan Marcheseau, and Ivan Barbashev. But still, Riley Smith for a third rounder, Dave. Mm-hmm. Like Riley Smith is a you know perennial kind of 50 to 60 point guy. So uh, Kyle Dubas did very well there. Yeah, no, it is a nice move by the, uh, by the, uh, by the, whatchamacallit, by the um, Pittsburgh Penguins. Cause look, I mean, with that group, you How have did to... I miss that, by the way. Obviously, there was a lot more going on today. Well, I, mean, I could kind of tell that you stuff, didn't, I, could, I definitely did not see that. I, I could tell because I made a comment earlier and it kind of, you didn't pick up on it. And I was like, all right, whatever. Uh, I will get into it later when we talk about it. But yeah, no, they did, they made a trade. They wanted to, of course, get Barbashev signed for five years. I think it was five times five. For Barbashev, so he'll uh, he obviously liked what he saw when he signed with the uh, Vegas Golden Knights after winning a Stanley Cup with them. And one thing about Vegas, you want a Stanley Cup for us? You're one of the original misfits, but hey, we got to cut, we got to fish or cut bait, and that's one thing that Kelly McCrimmon and that uh, brain trust haven't been afraid to do is uh, is is change their team when they see an opportunity. Wow, like if you're Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, like. That is a like I mean Riley Smith immediately slots into your top six, right? Oh, like immediately sure. he goes on top six on on the wing, right? So yes, you're right. Kelly McCrimmon and the Vegas Golden Knights have been cold blooded in terms of you know how they make their moves, and um, that's really impressive that that Kyle Dubas was able to acquire Smith for, and only give up a third rounder. I'm really impressed yeah. by that, actually. By the way, it's it's it, Eddie. You know what the craziest thing you just said is the fact that you just said Kyle Dubas gave up, and I'm thinking to myself, but it's we're talking about Pittsburgh. And then I had to think Crazy. about it for a second. I was like, well, wait a second. It feels like Kyle Dubas has been the GM for a long time. It's been like four weeks. Yeah. No, I know, I know. And it's like, well, he's not even the GM. He's the president. Sure, you're right. President of hockey. Although he might yeah. be, I might he might be interim until he actually uh, hires the GM. But 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 the yeah, fact I guess because Spets is not the GM. He's the uh, assistant to the. Or what's it? Is he assistant secretary. general manager? Yeah, because he yeah, brought Spets over with him. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. It, it, it's it's some it's some title to say I get to hang out with an NHLer and uh, and and he gives me coverage. So, um, why is Barlow getting interviewed by Huss? Is that what's going on? Kenny's water bottle is Huss taking up all the the uh, Huss? I think I already spoke with him, but uh, yeah, I well, mean, we'll he could, well, be, like he I could said, be we'll, talking, but I believe Huss already spoke with him, and you can catch that on Winnipeg Sports Talk tomorrow. Yeah, and we'll hopefully have, I mean, look, we're going to have the video up available on IllegalCurve.com. Even if we don't get him, and as, as he said, we'll try and get him another time if we can't still do it. But hey, we're still going on. We still got another, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour left in this show. We'll uh, break down all the moves by the Winnipeg Jets. Just kidding. They didn't make any moves. But all the stuff that's going on in Jets line, because as, like I said, it's interesting to read what I read to you. I, well, at least I thought it was interesting. 
because that's kind of the general sense I've been getting is the fact that that Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck, and I was kind of on that board. I was I didn't think I again I didn't think Mark Shifley was getting moved. I didn't wasn't certain about Connor Hellebuck. I mean I said that a couple of weeks ago back on our Saturday show when we talked about it, and uh, I knew Dubois would be gone, and I and I was iffy on Wheeler, but it seems like Wheeler is going to be gone. I would imagine by. Um, what is today? Tuesday is Wednesday by Friday. Yeah. So Wheeler, I suspect will be gone, but you know, whether, whether, whatchamacallit, whether, uh, Shifley and, and Hellebuck and look, it's a tight rope to walk, but I mean, if you're Kevin Shovel day off, you can't give them away for nothing, especially Mark Shifley, but especially Connor Hellebuck. And at the same time, what do you do? You keep them, you work them towards the, tra- the trade deadline when a team could acquire them. But then what happens if you're in a, positive spot what happens if this team is gelling and i guess that becomes well, also the has 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 you know mark shifley's mind or has connor hellebuck's mind changed a little bit i, I mean i would think more likely you know hellebuck is still a guy who's going to be moved i don't know when that's going to happen right dave but you yeah. wonder if you know mark shifley clearly at this point in his career he's 30 years old 29 30 years old right i forget um he doesn't want to be on a rebuilding team but now 30. that pierre-luc dubois has been traded and Gabe Velarde and Alex Ayafalo have have uh, are coming to Winnipeg. Not to mention Rasmus Kupari, but obviously yeah. Velarde, Ayafalo, those are the big ones. Now you know that you've got you know some pretty good talent there on your second and third lines. Plus, Connor Hellebuck might be starting the season with the Jets, right? So that yeah. maybe changes Sh- changes Shifley's mind a little bit. But I, sure. I'm not I'm not Shifley. I don't have a good read on because it seems like the you know the the trade scuttlebutt has been minimal involving Mark Shifley. Boston obviously is a team because they're going to lose Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. Shifley makes a lot of sense as a center for the Bruins, mm-hmm. but Hellebuck, I'm not too sure what's going on there. I mean, I, I'm still not I'm still not confident in saying that Hellebuck will start the season with the Jets because yeah. as we know, the Jets have talked to other teams about Hellebuck. So we'll see what's what's going to happen. But yeah, it looks like there's a strong chance that Shifley at the very least will remain a Jet next year. All right, well, let's take our final break of this Illegal Curve Hockey Draft Show. Hopefully Colby Barlow will be able to join us relatively soon. It sounds like Huss is hogging all the airtime, but yeah. we're going to send it to break. Uh, you bear with us. Listen to our sponsors. Please give them support. This, of course, is being brought to you by our good friends at Betway. Okay, as one last commercial break, and then we're going to do the final segment, which is still going to be about half an hour. So don't, don't, don't fret, folks. We'll be here for a little bit longer. Keeping Winnipeg laughing for over thirty years. Rumors, Canada's longest-running comedy club, bringing you the biggest laughs from the best comedians on the planet: Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the greats, and all the up-and-comers too. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends, or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. Hi, Ez. A strange question for you. But why are you lying on the ground being crushed by a piano? Well, Drew, I definitely tried to carry this baby grand piano down the stairs by myself, and somehow I failed miserably. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. That was a silly question on my part. My apologies. Would you like me to call Rolly's Transfer Moving and Storage to help you move the piano? They are the most experienced piano moving company in Winnipeg, after all. Yes, please call Rollies and hurry. This piano is very, very heavy. Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage offers stress-free residential moving services while taking great care of your personal belongings, including your piano. 
at Rollies. No job is too big or too small. For more information, visit Rollies.com. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. Hey, Drew. Ezzy, whoa, what a smile. Yeah, I got my crowns done at Linden Market Dental Center, and they whiten my teeth. I see. They're so bright that every time I smile, they go, We have hockey tonight. Do you have a mouth guard to protect those pearly whites? I sure do. Whoa, they even ting through the mouth guard. Linden Market Dental Center covers all your dental needs, from restorative to cosmetic dentistry, and will fit you with a sports guard for that active lifestyle. 877 Waverly. See LindenMarketDental.com. Boston Pizza harnessed Fanalytics to help optimize no-look dipping. Ooh, making adjustments so you can stay focused on the game. The playoffs of Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. Three hours, 32 minutes, 17 seconds. That is how long Ezra Ginsberg and I have been rolling along here on the Illegal Curve Hockey Draft Coverage Show. It's been a long night already, Ezzy. We're not done yet. We're still rolling along. One more pick. Some- One more pick. The Colorado Avalanche just just took defenseman Mikhail Guleyev, who's obviously Russian. It's lots of Russian. Well, not obviously he's- Russian, but he's yeah, not he's obviously. Russian. It could be Belarusian. Belarusian. Yeah. Belarusian. Yeah. I.e., like who's who's from Belarus, Ezzy? Mikhail Grabowski. No, Dmitry Kuzmin. But also it's Mikhail Grabowski. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. Anywho. Lots of, uh, uh, is your boy Bruce is telling us to keep it rolling. And by the way, just as an aside for, uh, folks who are still waiting on their Jets merch from boy. this, from this contest, it's funny. I got, I got an email from someone saying, how did you deliver it to this person? I live like two blocks away. Well, I, again, I try and have it all geolocated and done. Um, but you know, I, I I'm only one person. As he not help. Is. If, if Dave's in the north end, he hits the north end. He might, you know, venture over to Transcona. But if Dave is nestled into the south end in River Heights, you know, he might go to St. James, maybe Crescentwood, Osborne yeah, Village. Yeah, but my office, my office is in Elmwood, so I'll stop. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll have no problems dropping into Transcona or, or anywhere along North K, any of that sort of thing. Don't spend a lot of time in St. Patel, but unless you, Spencey you invites me. St. Paul. I do East St. Paul, yeah. West St. Paul? Well, Headingley. Eh. It's a little too bourgeois for me, Ezzy. It's a little too fancy. It's more of Oak a Mandel uh, hang-up. By the way, shout-out to Oak, the great folks at Oak Bank. I have family in Oak Bank. Chicken Days, uh, what was that, three weeks ago, four weeks ago? Yeah, I you saw you kids, at that. Or if well, well, you don't I saw have, to have kids. If you just like to, to party and like to have a good time, Chicken Days was a really good time. Well, nobody nobody likes to party like Ezra Ginsburg. Yeah, love to party, especially when there's chicken involved. Speaking of issue well, boy Bruce, we ran into him at the the Bombers game. Uh, what was that? Three weeks ago. Um, great to run into issue boy Bruce. There you go. Is your boy Bruce okay? Well, now I'm seeing that the the interview with Huss, so we'll we'll be able to throw that up on the website after the show, and we'll see if we're waiting on the Jets. See if we're going to get him to join us. He's got a lot of friends and family who are in attendance, and uh, it's tight to the to the timelines. So we'll see if we can get him on for five, six, seven minutes. 
Uh, if not, again, like I said, it, it won't be the end of the world because that just means more time for, sorry, Colby Barlow, more time for Dave Manuk and for Ezra Ginsberg to keep this yapping on. SK may have gone for his run. So uh, we'll see if that's, if that's happening, but no Darwin Moore, no, no unique code words uh, anymore. No Colby Barlow, but uh, yeah, Rob, I know St. Vitale is nice. You've got a park. It's beautiful. Kings park. Uh, is is the park, park is a beautiful park. We've taken the kids there several times. As we wait, wait for Colby Barlow, we might as well talk about how beautiful St. Vitale Park is. And, and in general, the entire area of St. Vitale, Windsor Park, uh, Dakota Community Center. Uh, I love all of it. <laughs> it's like, are you just going to name every area in the, uh, in the city with that has a park? Look, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting uh, time to be, covering the Winnipeg Jets or for fans of the Winnipeg Jets, seeing what's happening with this organization. You know, the draft, hope springs eternal. There's a lot of optimism surrounding all 32 NHL teams, maybe not the Leafs. Folks are questioning what they're doing or the Arizona Coyotes. But for 30 of the 32 teams, there's a lot of optimism uh, surrounding the draft as they acquire new players, new blood, adding it to the uh, stable, if you will, as of uh, their prospect pools. And, and again, we'll see... It's amazing to me. It's like, it's kind of like what I was talking about yesterday on the show. We're already declaring people want winners and losers, winners and losers. I'm like, we don't know. And even today we're going to hear about, oh, this is this, this, this guy's going to be absolutely, you know, a home run. And this guy, oh, well, they, it's a reach. Well, again, like I said, these guys are 17 years old. It, it's going to take years and years and years before we actually get any sort of insight as to whether they are uh, going to be significant pieces for their respective organizations. So you just celebrate who they are and, and the fact that they got drafted. And for the ones who don't get drafted, it's not the end of the world. We've seen a lot of guys, Brendan Dillon, Nate Schmidt, are guys who never got drafted by NHL organizations and have carved out uh, roles in the NHL. Oh, hold on, we're seeing some uh, stuff. We'll see if we got anything from the Jets. Okay, no, we're not going to get Colby Barlow on, unfortunately, tonight. So uh, we will have to throw the Huss interview on. Going to be thanks. I'm going to tell Hustler. I hope he appreciates that he told, stuck our stole our time. So uh, no Colby Barlow for a legal curve because of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Looks like we got beef. We got beef. So uh, no Colby no, Barlow no for beef. us. We got barbecue chicken. That's what they're eating in Nashville. Yeah, that's the problem. They were eating barbecue chicken. Anywho, so the point is that uh, we'll we're we'll going to play you. play the video live right now. Uh, I could try doing that. I'm not entirely certain. Drew does it with his stupid little second screen. I don't think I have the ability. As why don't you talk for a few minutes, see if I can uh, figure that out while you're yammering. Yeah, I don't think it'll be. I, I think we'll be able to do it, but a couple of minutes, Dave. I'm not sure if I can do that. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. But um, you know, Colby Barlow is a guy that we talked about has the IQ off the charts and is a guy that I think you know many people. Um, expect to be a prolific goal scorer at the NHL level. 30-plus goal scorer is what we saw from a lot of the scouting reports. Um, and when we talk about Colby Barlow, I think the thing that also stands out about him is that he's a great overall player and a leader, right? Captain of the Owen Sound Attack, youngest captain ever in Owen Sound Attack history. And I think a guy that has some sandpaper to his game. We talked about it uh, when Craig Button was giving his analysis of the Jets taking him at 18th overall, cut from the same cloth, as Rutger McGrody, we talked about some of the other scouting reports that we read from Stephen Ellis and Ryan Kennedy and Corey Pronman and others that, you know, this guy is a, a good all-around player, a really good shot, um, you know, not, not necessarily the best skater, not the fastest skater, but also not a bad skater or a, a slow skater 
or anything like that. So just a really good overall player, a guy that projects to be a top six winger at the NHL level, and obviously a really good character player who's got, as I just mentioned, sandpaper to his game. So I'm not sure if Dave is having any success trying to pull up the Colby Barlow. Here we go. Maybe we're going to have it here. I think we've got a nice little uh, ad. There's a lot of things going on. Um, Dave, what do we got? What do we got going on here? I'm not sure what you're playing, uh, but hopefully we're going to have Colby Barlow talking to us here in a second. Forget that noise. That didn't work. I get, I, I will tell you though, having listened to Colby Barlow for t- two seconds, he's he's excited, but there's no sound. I don't know how to make the sound work, guys. You know, this is the problem without Men- without Mendel. I was trying to make it happen. It's true. As- Drew knows how to do those fancy technical things, right? Yeah. So, I mean, if I can figure this out, I will, uh, I will figure it out and I will, uh, let me just see if I can make that happen one more time. And if I can't, then I will, uh, I won't. Looked like so he had a he... big smile on his face. And it looked like Huss was having a good time. Yeah, no, it seemed like they were, uh, they were good, but, uh, you know what? I just, I don't, did I delete it? I don't know what happened to it. Well, we'll see. I think I must've deleted it as he, so we'll, uh, We'll forego that. We'll have to have everyone go to the little site called LegalCurve.com. I've got a post with Colby Barlow on there already, and then uh, uh, you can watch it there. I'm sorry I was not able to make it happen. I will uh, see it's all good, Dave. We had a great show, three hours and 40 minutes, and uh, the draft is now officially wrapped up. Vegas selected. Who did they select? David Edstrom, Swedish center. Oh, really? Okay, well, there you go. So round one is officially over. Wow. Well, I mean, I got to tell you, under four hours, as that's uh, that's pretty remarkable, especially given the fact that um, that I'm still trying to make this happen. So hope, bear with me, folks. Uh, but it's kind of weird. I don't know why the I don't know why it would have been muted. I could hear it in my headphones. Hmm. Folks can go check it out at uh, on Winnipeg Sports Talks YouTube page. Yes, absolutely. And then and again, like I said, hopefully, hopefully I can try and make this work. But if it doesn't, you know, we had we had a good run. And, uh, no, you know, Desi, I'm not going to try this. I'm going to just, uh, just, we'll just finish off the show and we'll do, we'll try and get the Colby Barlow feature on Winnipeg little site called legalgirl.com because unfortunately folks, I I just don't want to, I don't want to start screwing things up and making a mess here of the show. So, uh, T will's telling me I have to change the audio feed. Well, I don't know, folks. It's uh, it's not going to happen, I don't think, unfortunately. But again, you know, you're not going to hear it live here on the show, but you're going to be able to hear it as soon as we end our show. You can go to AleoCurve.com, and I'm going to have all the interviews that Colby Barlow did with Huss and with uh, the Jets people and with the media and all the all the interviews will be on AleoCurve.com under the post for Colby Barlow. And uh, of course, tomorrow we'll be back to running a, a smooth operation. And of course, we may be doing a pop-up show as who knows if something happens. Sounds like that doesn't seem like it's going to be a very distinct possibility. But you know, we're not going to necessarily end the show just a second. But what are your final thoughts here, or your some thoughts now that we've gone almost four hours of talking here, Ezra? Yeah, well, I love the pick for the Jets. I mean, I just talked about it as you were trying to get that uh, interview up from Winnipeg Sports Talk. But you got to love the pick. Um, just seems like a, a great Winnipeg Jets player. I mean, macro level thoughts of the first round. I mean, starting with Leo Carlson going second overall to Anaheim instead of Adam Fantilli, there were definitely some surprises. Fifth overall, David Reinbacher, and then sixth overall, the biggest surprise probably in, in the entire first round, certainly in the top 10, was Dmitry Simichev, Russian defenseman, going to Arizona instead of Russian forward Matt Mitchkov, who obviously went the next pick, seventh overall, 
to the Philadelphia Flyers. So yeah, there were some uh, surprises in the first round, but that happens every year. We've been covering these drafts since 2011, and there's always a lot of uh, surprises in the first round. Some guys who go later than you thought they were going to go, some guys who go earlier than you thought they were going to go. So uh, love the pick from the Winnipeg Jets perspective. And as you mentioned, Dave, a lot of moving parts. I mean, there could be a, a trade tomorrow from the Jets. There could be a buyout tomorrow from the Jets, or it could happen Friday. But one thing is certain, we're going to be back on air Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, breaking it all down. There you go. That's what we'll. That's what we like to hear, Ezri, Ezra. Ezra. Oh, okay. I'm, I, I can confidently say, while we aren't going to get Colby Barlow uh, tonight. I have tentatively tried to arrange for Colby Barlow to join us Saturday morning on the illegal curve hockey show. So uh, he'll be able to actually, it'd probably be a little bit better because while you get him in the initial rush into the excitement, we'll be able to have some calm energy and he'll be a able to bring her Colby Barlow. There you go. A calmer, calmer Colby Barlow. And uh, you know, it'll be nice because we can talk about calmer Colby Barlow, <laughs> but we can, the point is that we can have a opportunity to have him, uh, you know, relaxed and reflect on what it's meant to, you know, have a couple of days now as a Jets draft pick. So we'll uh, see if we can arrange that. And if, uh, if I can, we'll make it happen and he'll join us sometime, hopefully on Saturday, David's Rick saying, get him for a longer interview. That's uh, I will try that. And Donnie boy is telling me good recovery. It's what I do folks. It's what I do. It's what Before I try and wrap do. up though. In all honesty, great job hosting, you know, tonight there's, it's not easy. Like, uh, you know, we give drew a hard time, but, you know, it's not easy to to go almost four hours and you have a lot of moving parts. And obviously Dave M is the editor of legalcurve.com. So he's posting stuff on our website. He's posting stuff on, on social media. So there's there's a reason why we call you the heart and soul of Illegal Curve, Dave. And you did an awesome job hosting. Hopefully, you know, I wasn't too big of a jackass uh, providing insight and analysis. You're great. As your uh, co-conspirator here. And one thing's for sure. We're not going to have as much mic time on Saturday when Drew the Bear Mendel returns. Oh, dear God. There is there is no chance that Mendel, having been deprived four hours of microphone time, is going to let us speak for the first hour of the show. That's my that's my that's my thought. So I I wonder if that'll be a reality. We'll find out on, on Saturday morning, bright and early at nine o'clock here on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show YouTube channel, which is where we broadcast from every Saturday morning, every post-game show every pop-up show that's where you can hear Ezra Ginsburg Dave Manuk Drew Mandel Drew the Bear Mandel although David Rick saying Drew who so we'll and thanks him. everyone for watching as well like you know for the people that have been watching the whole show or parts of the show or you know maybe only watching five minutes whoever's watching the show on replay on YouTube uh we always appreciate it as Dave mentioned the draft is always our, our favorite time of the year. It's it's chaotic, but it's good chaos. You have a lot of things going the on. There's always mystery around, you know, every single draft pick, except for obviously first overall. Everybody yeah. knew that Connor Bedard was going to go first overall as soon as Chicago won the draft lottery. But thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody watching. We don't do the show unless we have great folks like you tuning in and watching on on YouTube and you know, Twitter and and wherever you're watching the show right now. So thanks to everybody for, for sticking with us. And uh, yeah, as Dave mentioned, we're going to do this all again in three days. Well, and Jet Oil Tom, we appreciate you being here the whole show. A lot of folks have been here the entire show, and that's, you know, a testament to the dedication you guys uh, have as both Jets fans and fans, I guess, of this program. And we, as as he just touched on, uh, really appreciate that. And everything will be on allelecurve.com. I've got 
pretty much everything that's up until I started hosting. That's also the reason why selfishly I enjoy Drew being on the show because when Drew is on the show and Ezzy is here to take up some of that airtime, that's when I kind of... Wait, do you have four arms, Dave? Like, I don't even I'm know like, how you were posting stuff while, while we were on air. I was trying to fill in those two to three minute gaps, but... Yeah. Uh, I'm starting to lose my voice a little bit here, but yeah, I think we, uh, I think we filled in admirably in the absence of, as you mentioned, Drew the Bear Mandel. It's true. Although Rob Mahoney saying Drew Mandel bought girl guide cookies from intern. So he is a good person. According to Rob, the only problem, Rob, he was supposed to give me the girl guide cookies as well. He chose to eat the girl guide cookies. Now they, he had paid for them. I was going to pay him, uh, as well. Uh, once I exchanged them, a little exchange for the girl for said girl guide cookies. And then Drew said, I've already eaten them. So a lot of people don't know this. I'm sure Rob doesn't know this. Drew, not only does he like girl guide cookies, he actually was a girl guide as well. That's true. Although I don't think we're allowed to make fun of him now for that. But back in the day, we did because he was. The best is the best is on Saturday. Everybody's gonna be asking Drew about being a girl guide, and he's gonna have no idea. Uh, anyways, I can go um, for some of those girl guide cookies right now. It's been a long show. See, is our boy Bruce wasn't he? The, that's the kind of support you appreciate. Still went to the draft barbecue at Canada Life Center. As an aside, I didn't even know they were doing that, but uh, he went there and uh, couldn't hear it, but he read the chat. So we appreciate that. Is your boy Bruce? And well, it's your boy Bruce is a beauty. He's he's always tuning in. Um, good friend of the show. So I'm not surprised at all that it's your boy Bruce was tuning in with us the whole time. Well, I mean, I got to tell you the fact I, I I didn't even tune in with us the whole time. I'm exhausted just from being here for almost four hours. I was kind of hoping we could do another nine minutes as I mean, if you want, I'll do it. We can just keep rolling. We can talk about the Jets cap situation. I'll go to a legal curve. I'll just start reading things off illegalcurve.com. John Shannon's comments, Kevin Sheveldale. Share some of our favorite recipes. Well, I will say just as an aside though, because you know, I, 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 I've been so focused on this. I do want to tell people though, if you do want to see anything from the draft, that is posted. I will have it on this website. So uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff spoke earlier today in advance of the draft. He'll speak also after the draft. Gabe Velarde spoke both on a Zoom call, which I was on at 1030. And then he was also on Jets at noon. So I've got both those. Um, but one's video, one's audio. You can listen to that. Jets setting Ted Wyman and Scotty Billick. They did kind of an analysis of the Dubois trade and the pieces and looked ahead. So we've got about... 10 posts on illegalcurve.com right now that if you are lacking Jets content following four hours with Ginsburg and Manuk, then you're welcome to uh, to join illegalcurve.com for the after-after party. Make sure you hit that, uh, you know, just keep refreshing it. Get, give me all those impressions. We like it. Make sure you visit our sponsors. We want to thank our sponsors. Where's uh, where's um, uh, Frosty? I need I need some help here. My brain is not functioning enough to remember all the sponsors. So if Frosty isn't gonna provide same as he, we're just gonna have to wing it. I don't think right. Frosty's I don't think Frosty's here to provide it. And and again, we want to thank all of our sponsors. This of course this special show is brought to you by our friends at Betway. Uh, they are a title sponsor of the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. We appreciate all the support that the folks fine folks at Betway have been with us. They've been a, a great friend to the Leo curve hockey show and the Leo curve.com. So thanks very much to Betway. And of course, all of our sponsors, I'm not going to, not going to go through all of them because I'll probably forget one. And then I'll be insulting as we've been talking so long. My, my TV was ready to shut off. It's like, clearly you've fallen asleep because the TV should be off by now. No, you haven't changed the channel. I'll bail you out here, Dave. I've got the sponsors, uh, I've got all of our sponsors, and I agree with you. We thank our sponsors. 
uh, each and every one of them. Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, as we just mentioned, Betway, Dr. Les Rikus and the team at Linden Market Dental Center, Grid Park, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Rolly's Transfer, Zapia Group Realty, and Seagram's. So thank them because through the support of them, we have our show. So we appreciate everything that they've done for us and we appreciate everything you've done for us because, again, like as he says, each and every time we go live, the show is is taken to the next level because of the chat. Actually, as he didn't say that, I just said that. So uh, I'm thanking you from on behalf of Ezzy. And I think that's going to wrap it up. So uh, like I said, join us on Saturday for nine o'clock. Hopefully Colby Barlow will be part of our show. We'll let you know tomorrow because I'm going to text with the Jets tomorrow. So we'll know. Donnie boy wants me to go that extra eight minutes. But Donnie, I'm zonk. I'm out. I'm done. My, uh, I got, I still got like four hours of work. People. Hey, that's, that's close. Three hours and 53 minutes. I'll take yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And and I've still got a lot of work to go. So we're going to, we're going to have to cut it here, but again, we're hopefully going to have Colby Barlow on with us Saturday. I don't know who maybe we'll also speak to on Saturday to assess the Jets draft picks, maybe Scott Wheeler, someone like that. That's always a good guy to have, to have some sort of an assessment. We'll figure that out. We'll let you know tomorrow is Thursday. So stay tuned to illegalcurve.com for all the Jets news. I am Dave Manuk, your host for tonight's show. He is Ezra Ginsberg, my main man. Drew Mandel is not with us, but he'll be back on Saturday. So if you've been listening to the show, you know it is the Illegal Curve Hockey Show draft coverage of 2023 round one. Good night, everyone. I am done. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, Follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.